everyone and welcome to Comics from the Multiverse episode 216. I am Peter and joining me as always is Matt. Hey, hey, what's up? Connor's here too. Yeah, I'm bringing all the spicy opinions this week. Oh no, that's a bad sign. We Just all know gingers can't tolerate spice. <laughs> very good with spice, thank you very much. Okay. Uh, I enjoy doing a lot of spice in that. <laughs> uh, another reference for you as a DC Comics podcast we comic books every week coming up on this week's pretty packed show we will be talking about Batman 3 Jokers issue 1 we also finally. have yes finally it's a fair point and we also have Wonder Woman 761 The Flash 760 Suicide Squad issue 8 Action Comics 1024 and Connor had to read this one too Justice League Dark issue 25 Batman Superman number 11 Legion of Superheroes issue 8 The Question The Deaths of Vic Sage issue 4 and the final issue of Plunge which is issue 6 so uh, that is the pretty full slate because mm-hmm. uh, DC for some reason like overloading week 4s uh, yeah because you look at next week and there's not much yeah this... so you could have spread changed, some of these out I know I know um and I'd like to think it's just because, oh, maybe it's just because all the books that we don't like just are spread out in the other weeks, and then this week mm-hmm. just happens to be like a, you know, a weird coincidence that all the ones that we like are. Like, no, it's not. If you actually look at the uh-uh. shipping schedule, there's more shipping this week. Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, but yeah, so that is what we're going to talk about. We got a little bit of news though. Uh, we have some leftover fandom stuff from last week. A couple of little tidbits here or there. Um, so not, not too much though, because they didn't really have a lot of comics news. I think they, they they're saving it all for part two which i think is september i want to say 12th not a lot of comic book specific stuff no but i mean there's stuff still very related i mean we, we talked about some stuff last week uh as it was breaking and you know in between things and some stuff was there for the start of the show trailers and stuff like that uh so i think what i'll, I'll do is i'll start off and i'll just because luckily ign i don't say a lot of nice things about ign but they do have an article summarizing everything that came out of fandom relatively in order so i'll just kind of Without talking about it, just recap kind of what was already talked about last week. Just here's a rundown mm-hmm. of the things. So there's a new Wonder Woman trailer, 1984, mm-hmm. uh, revealed Cheetah, you know. Jury's out and how good she looks, to be honest. It was kind of quick and hard to get a good Yeah, well, we'll see. Uh, we got the Gotham Knights game announced. Uh, there was a lot more interviews and stuff about that during the week. Jason Todd looking like a big, thick boy. <laughs> I just, I've not made it yet, but I'm, I'm really tempted to make an image for Twitter where I'm like, I can't wait to play as all these great back characters. Nightwing, Batgirl, Robin, not you. <laughs> <laughs> Fake Bane. Uh, um, so we had that, and then we had the full cast uh, roll call for Suicide Squad, the Suicide Squad, uh, which looks very promising. So that's cool. Uh, so John Cena as, as Peacemaker was a surprise because... If I had to guess, Peacemaker's not a good guy. So, mm-hmm. you know, Cena fulfilling finally what all we've been wanting for the heel turn almost 20 years. Yeah, it's always good. The heel turn. Uh, so, and then we got the probably the one bit of comic book kind of really things that came directly from the thing was, was the milestone, the, the static shock, mm-hmm. which I also did say there's a movie coming. They also casually just mentioned, oh, there's a movie in development without much details, really. It was just kind of a vague. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they they give us a few bits on this milestone thing, right? On the on the comic side, but not in the movie. It was the the static shot movie was just oh, there's a movie in development, and that was yeah. asking about. Uh, the comic book stuff is that there's going to be a digital first series launching in February, uh, 2021, and then an original graphic novel later in the year. 
I'll be honest, they've been kind of mumbling about relaunching Milestone for a while, and I, I don't know if a digital first series and a graphic novel at some point, and there'll be other There's, things maybe later. Well, they, they mentioned uh, Milestone uh, co-founder Dennis Cowan is illustrating a team-up yeah. series uh, titled Icon and Rocket, which will be written by uh, oh. Reggie Hoodland, who's also writing the Static Shock series, I believe. I did right. not see that at all. And Reggie Hoodland has familiarity with Milestone characters, I believe, too. Mm. Um so yeah and yeah. i think that they're actually releasing a, a 17 page sampler on the uh part two of the the fandom called milestone so, return issue zero so i th- i think this is the the better track than they tried for new 52 when they just threw all of them in there you know like static was suddenly a member of the titans and there was no explanation of kind of where have they been and then there was rumblings because i think there was a static book in the new 52 it was early yeah. on yeah, yeah, and so they, they've I been know, trying. Uh, I think Dennis Cowan has spoken about this relatively recently, because obviously he's the artist on the mm-hmm. question, Deaths of Xage. He did, he did mm-hmm. you know, a bunch of you know interviews and stuff for that. Um, this milestone revival has been in the works for four or five years. However, there was a bunch of legal issues which tied it up, and they've only just kind of resolved those in the past six months or so. Mm. Uh, so this mm-hmm. is as soon as it could happen, um, really. I wonder. I wonder what it had to do with. If, yeah, you know, I'm not entirely rights sure. Or I think I think it... the details are there. If if you want to look into it, I just yeah, yeah probably. Uh, so and then even though this felt like it was earlier than this because it leaked right before the whole thing started, then we had the Snyder Cut uh, trailer uh, with the reveal that it's going to be a four-hour miniseries at least to begin with. Maybe they'll do like a super movie I... cut after the fact. I can't wait for this thing to be done. I'm so <laughs> done. I am tired of it. <laughs> Reevaluating. I, I, just, and... uh, I just muted it on my uh, on my Twitter. It's, well, it's no, and that and that, but that's fine. But still, it has to be like the, you know, no, not to change child subjects, but you know, Chadwick Boseman passed away yesterday. So I went through like the best Black Panther moments, and it still upsets me that we can get something as cool that happens at the end of Endgame that I will never get as a DC fan. I mean, never say never. And the never. fact that that we're we're relitigating the Snyder stuff when we should just be moving on to whatever this post Flashpoint multiverse thing is. Now we have to go go back, and it just it irritates me because I'm done with the conversation. You know, mm. it's just noise at this point. Ugh. Yeah. Uh, so we talked about the teaser last week, though. Uh, that's what it is. Um, can't see. I'm trying to say. Uh, Black Adam had some like concept art or or whatever. But the the main thing here is the they revealed some GSA members that are going to be in there, and also the Rock kind of without directly saying it, basically yeah. confirmed Superman was going to be in the movie as Which well. Which is, I think, interesting given that, and I think along those he said it, or at least heavily alluded to that it'd be Cavill playing Superman in that yeah. role. Um, but which is interesting because. Uh, all the JSA concept art is very traditional JSA mm-hmm. in their prime. Uh, so you would assume well, set, you know, in the past, not necessarily present day. Yeah, but at the same time, if you want to work with Legacy and whatnot, you have Black Adam there. And, you know, he can work with Kondok and they, they put him away. And that's the first part of the movie, right? Yeah, now, I'm, not, I'm not saying that Superman's the co-thing, but the fact that we get a proper Henry Cavill appearance... In a, I mean, Black Adam might be a dark, actiony movie, but you know, something akin to, to Shazam, 
right, with that lightness that he hasn't really got to play around with is very exciting, you know, because um, I like Henry as Superman and I want him in more things. I'll be honest, I know people are excited about these GSA members being revealed. I'm mm-hmm. kind of conflicted about it because I feel like it's kind of a weird, like it's a small team. It's it's not exactly all the characters. I didn't say I'd that want. would be all of the GSA. This is just what they announced so far. Uh, okay, but I, sure. I, it's very interesting though that Cyclone's in there, and Cyclone's not a traditional member. I mean, that's my uncle traditionally, right? And and Cyclone came from the John's second run, right? That was post. I think so. Yeah. Yeah, where she's the, the like the great granddaughter of Ma Uncle, and she has, you know, Red Tornado esque powers, which is mm. cool. But yeah, you can work that in with whatever. But we got a Hawkman, which we kind of expected. Which that again, if you want to talk about legacy and rebirth and yeah, and also the 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 Hawks have a lot of links to Adam's origin stuff. Yeah, well, that's what I was gonna say. If you want to do a movie that's about you know, because to me, Black Adam always works best as the you know he's redeemed. As he's a member, you know, of of the Justice Society, you know, kind of with that sketchy past. So if you want to do a story about redemption, then yeah, you I, work the Hawks I, in there. I, even if it's not a story of redemption, I like Black Adam where he is still a villain, but he's mm-hmm. very much, um, in in many ways, he's kind of similar to to Doctor Doom, right? And yeah. he has his country, like and he does he does genuinely care about his country. Mm-hmm. He just maybe goes about it in the wrong cool. way, but his people quite like him. And we saw in Doomsday Clock, too, he seems to care about the state of the general world and doesn't want it to all go to shit, but in his eyes, you have to follow him. He's the only way, which that's what makes him which, toward, uh, towards yeah. the side. He's yeah. one of my favorite villains, though, because he's quite nuanced. Yeah. yeah. So, but yeah. I, I made me very excited. It, seeing, seeing Dwayne say, you know, like, yeah, I can't wait to work with Henry, and everyone was like, wait, what? And knowing The Rock, he could have just thrown that out there without any, you know, yeah, I yeah I don't know how I, feel, I honestly don't know how to feel about this one yet. I, I I've never known how to feel about this Black Adam movie. Uh, I, I don't know if I ever ever necessarily. I mean, it may be great, but I, I've never necessarily had like a an idea of wanting a solo Black Adam movie. Uh, it's kind of kind of a weird thing, but um, you know, it gives me vibes of not that it's going to be anything like it, but in the same way, that, you know, a Walking uh, Phoenix Joker movie or or even like the. Uh, who is going to be in Gambit? Chain Tatum? Like, Rock, yeah. Rock Black Adam has felt kind of in that genre of, you know, obviously some of these have happened, some of them haven't, but this idea of this big actor's been attached to this thing, but it's not necessarily a character, even though we all like Black Adam, we don't necessarily always rooted for a solo Black Adam. We always kind of wanted him to be the villain in the, the, the Captain Marvel slash Shazam movie, right? It's always kind of speak, been the thing. Speak for yourself. Yeah, because again, I, I love the, the dynamic between Billy and him. And that when he is more of the the champion that went bad, but we're giving him another chance versus Savannah, you know, like at the end of that first movie where he's kind of Black Adam adjacent, like and, we kind of already have gotten that. So, you know. Yeah, but it wasn't. Know. Yeah, but it was kind of the worst part of the movie though. So I'm I'm kind of good with a proper version of sure. Shazam versus Black Adam at some I'm, point. I'm trying to see who's directing this again. Hey, for me, it's like fine because this doesn't rule out having the black adam versus shazam movie still oh, i'm not but... saying it does I, I, that's not what i mean at all i just mean that this movie feels like a weird it feels like it exists because the rock wants to do it not because there, it's the natural idea or the like there's because there's a another you know I think reason for it that's probably true that it's because he wanted to do it um much like the the gambit movie uh, it, which will never exist now but no. it was only for as long as it was because of tatum 
However, I feel like there is potential. That like, I think there's more potential in a Black Adam movie than there is a Joker movie because I think Black Adam has a lot of uh, nuance and sympathetic qualities that make him not just pure evil and chaos. Whereas the Joker, you know, I I, I, I can see a movie for Black Adam for a lot of it until things go wrong. Well, Whereas and, and don't, I, you can't do that with Joker. I don't necessarily disagree with that. I I, I just. Right now, DC movies don't have the cred yet for me to assume this is going to be good. It doesn't necessarily mean I'm assuming it's going to be yeah, bad. No, that's true. But there's but nothing, I, you know, there's nothing but, for me to be. But I, I don't know how you feel about the director. I just had to look up who it was again, and it's uh, the Koyet Sarah, who did The Shallows and Orphan, and um, the Liam Neeson action movies. I mean, I, you know, <laughs> it's not a so, great. Tra- I mean, I enjoy The Shallows. Don't get me wrong, yeah, but it's not exactly but at someone. Same time, I'm, for the movie that Carter's describing, rock? for the character that Carter is giving me here and describing, yeah. this is not a director I put with that nuanced take on a Shades of Grey character. I mean, sure, but prove right, me wrong. This is the director you, who you want Blake Lively to spear a giant ridiculous CG shark on her own. <laughs> this, isn't, this isn't Black Adam. But I mean, I mean no, it may be great. I, I don't want to be touched for Downer, but as some people get excited for this, and I just... I, it just it feels like it feels like an old school kind of we're trying to get people excited because we're making a comic book movie but we're in a world now where comic book movies are made all the time and a lot of them are made very faithfully and a lot of them are, are very very good so that's alone just seeing some concept art for some JSA characters doesn't move my needle that much uh, mm-hmm. Suicide Squad killed the Justice League uh, which I actually still haven't watched this to be honest it looks dope <laughs> it's um it's a lot of fun, the trailer. It's yeah. it, it plays just you know straightforward. Um, honestly, there's a there's a line at the end from Boomerang which made me laugh so much that it's like in my top five it, Boomerang moments. It might be the best Boomerang moment that I've I've said. That's not like I'm trying to think back to the comics, like the the John's run of Flash, where he was a, a lovable rapscallion of a character, right? But yeah, it's it's really solid. I went in with no skin in this. Like I don't care about the arkham games i never played them apparently this is set in that universe so uh-huh. um but yeah. what's what's funny shark, is King that Shark's having some moments right like what was funny is i actually saw a lot of the people the panel talking about this which was obviously after they showed the trailer uh because it was on before the batman uh panel which i thought oh I'm, i can catch that because it's starting in like 20 minutes or whatever it was so i put it on and this was playing still so I actually heard a lot of the conversation about the, the you know, what they said about the gameplay, what they said about uh, the, the various features. I just, I never went back. Because I heard so much about it, I never felt the need to go back and actually watch the trailer. Um, so it's four-player uh, co-op if you want it to be. You can play single, and if you play single, you can swap between the characters as much as you want. Uh, it is a mix of Arkham style with gunplay, uh, although one of the things that I I did not see in the the tra- I've not seen the trailer, but from what I've heard is that apparently all the characters have a gun of some kind. Which uh, yes, because you got Deadshot, obviously. Uh, King Shark had a minigun. Harley had revolvers mm. or something or other. And boomerang. well, I mean, Boomerang has a, a boomerang, which it, it's a ranged weapon. Does he need weapon. guns? Yeah, yeah. He's got I feel like King Shark doesn't really need a gun either. But yeah. I mean, that's. You know. I, I suspect this is an option, so every character has a ranged and melee option. Mm. Um, and that, that makes sense. Although with with King Shark, I'd like it to be something like a lunge, like a rush attack, right? Mm. He's a big monster. 
May yeah. Maybe that's not representative of gameplay, and come the actual release, he won't True. have a, a, a minigun. It was just kind of for the tone of the trailer. Yeah, that's yeah. possible. And this is one of these conflicted things, because between this and Gotham Knights, like, everyone's obsessed with doing co-op shit, and it's like, hey... It's like, I just guys. want to be by myself yeah. talking shit about Black Adam. And they both claim that you can play it in single player, and I'm like, okay, that's great, but so many games have claimed that, but they're actually boring as shit to play. And because they have to function with the idea of co-op in mind, the stories tend I'm to not be as uh, focused. In, in that regard, I'm slightly more optimistic about Gotham Knights, just specifically on the co-op point, mm -hmm. um, because Suicide Squad is the four-player co-op, where it sounds like you're, the four squad will mm. always be there, whether it's player-controlled or AI. actually... Whereas Actually, I agree with what you're saying. What's funny about this is that it actually makes me more confident that Suicide Squad might have the better story, because in Gotham Knights, they confirmed that you can play any mission as any character, which to me says that the story won't actually be as well-written, because they'll have, it'll have to fit whatever um, character you're playing as. Possibly, because uh, that is only two-player co-op as well, yeah. um, so you can only have two at a time, and I don't know if there's always a second person with you. If, if No, there's not. A, right, okay. Yeah. Um, however, you know, the, the story itself, maybe it'll be a kind of almost a slightly older style of gameplay or game storytelling in that the player character is kind of a blank slate almost. And then just it'll be everything in the world tells the story and, you know, and what you encounter. Uh, but maybe we'll have, obviously, you know, if you're playing as Batgirl, you'll have Batgirl react to things as opposed to, you know, Dick reacting to things. Yeah, uh, that, they might not be as essential in the story as a individual. I, I think that's inherently less interesting than a, a weaker form of storytelling, honestly. But uh, which is why I'm a little bit concerned about that. Whereas Suicide Squad, while the gameplay sounds like it's more focused on the co-op, the fact that all four members of the team are there all the time means that they can all write the story beats to fit the characters that are there and have them. Like you know, that's that's going to be very important for King Sharp because he's going to react to this thing and it's going to be a big deal for his character and so on and so on. They can, I, yeah. I suspect because uh, in Gotham Knights you go to the the Belfry. That's your your hideout, right? Uh, where yes. everyone is. Um, I suspect you'll have big story beats between missions with all four of them in there, having you know doing things. Mm -hmm. Maybe you'll hear if something's going on and you know the character that should be reacting to something isn't there. Maybe they'll say something over <clears> the comms. <throat> I, I I don't know for sure. Yeah. Um. So yeah, it's evil Superman. Uh, he's uh being obviously don't like that. controlled by something or. Uh, Whatever. Presumably Brainiac, let's be honest. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Given that yes. the, the, the trailer starts with the big and Brainiac for, ship crashed in Metropolis. And for the record, yes, there is uh, potential leaks slash spoilers of who the villain in the Suicide Squad movie is. We mentioned this last mm -hmm. week, uh, mm -hmm. but I showed the, the proof uh, backing up from, yeah. the, the, from the... Because there's a couple of clips from the movie from behind the scenes that were playing during yep. some of this stuff. Uh, and there is a small snippet of a screenshot that you can kind of see something that confirms... What the rumor is, so won't yeah. spoil it. it. Could have overlap with the game as well, though, too. It right? could, yeah. It. There, there was you some know? speculation before those screenshots leaked that 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 villain was actually the villain of the game. Mm -hmm. um, and given the premise of the game, would mm -hmm. it would still make perfect sense for that for that to be the villain there as well? Yeah, yeah, it would. So all 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 good. Uh, so then we obviously had the big uh, the Batman panel with. Uh, uh, Matthew uh, Reeves or Matt Reeves, Reeves. yes, I, I went all formal there for some reason. Call him Matthew. Yeah. Uh, but Matt Reeves was there talking to Asia Taylor, and yeah, he was talking. About, I mean, it was, some of it was kind of fluffy and and, and whatever. Uh, what was interesting is that he mentioned that they've only shot like twenty five percent of the movie, uh, and the trailer that we got was made out of that twenty five percent. 
which is Damn. which is interesting. There's so much more. Yeah. You know, there's so many like parts of the movie that I've not even looked at yet. So they could make adjustments based off of reactions now too. They, they could. They've only shot twenty five percent. To the point where there's a bit of narration in this from Riddler, uh, you know, basically saying like a really mm-hmm. ominous riddle that I'm convinced that just to give the trailer some like extra flavor, they got him to record mm-hmm. just for the sake of the trailer. Yeah, uh, because they probably didn't have enough to like. Hey, we've it's got enough to build. Pretty a story. easy to just do a couple little voiceover bits for a trailer. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, if he's not got a mic well, at home, post him a mic <laughs> and to make yeah, him yeah. record some. Yeah. I forgot Paul Dano was in this until this started going around. Hey, um, I forgot Colin Farrell was in this. And even after yeah. I watched the trailer, I still forgot Colin Farrell was in it until someone that's pointed it. out and said, that's Colin Farrell. Yeah. <laughs> I um, don't believe him. <laughs> there was a, a story from uh, Jeffrey Wright the other day uh-huh. came out where he said he passed, you know, on set going to shoot, you know, he passed him. Didn't realize it was him and said, hey, have you seen Colin anywhere? We're supposed to be shooting in like five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jeffrey Wright. Uh, has there been a more, I mean, I, I loved uh, Oldman. Mm-hmm. as gordon but as soon as i saw jeffrey Wright, i was like this makes he, so much sense he, he might be the best gordon ever like just the quiet confidence that jeffrey Wright always has i mean that's right? just, let's be honest like i i summed up all the fandom stuff but really what we're here for is talk about this batman trailer because this is the big new thing that's yeah. got, got he is vengeance yes he is vengeance yes uh so this is our first look at Robert Pattinson. This is the first look at Matt Reeves' film. The the, the look of it, the feel of it, uh, super industrial, super obviously as grey as dark and grey. So, you know, it starts off like a serial killer movie, like Seven, where you it, got it, yeah, it feels like a David Fincher movie. Yeah, it? Riddler's yeah. taping some victim, <laughs> uh, and Batman's there at the crime scene. Uh, you know, with with Gordon mm-hmm. looking at the things. Um, I think the big points here, obviously, the Nirvana songs gives it a lot of flavor, but they. The big things here is when the, the thug asks him who he is, and we get essentially a... If it's not a single shot, it feels like a single shot of him just mm-hmm. brutalizing this guy uh, by grabbing his well, fist, basically breaking his arm and punching him several times in the head. Yeah, yeah and so what I saw is, you know, the whole 2020 culture and how things are changed, and, you know, there's a whole people out crying about Batman. However, someone pointed out, and I wish I could give them credit, that it was like, no, this makes way more sense that Batman would take out one of these guys as an example to the rest of them, right? And it was actually hmm. it's something that I can't recall seeing in a Batman movie. Now, I could be wrong. I could be forgetting stuff. But him just singling out one dude instead of fighting, you know, the group of them, I think that was pretty cool. Yeah, even if half of them piss off in fear, that's, that's yeah, a result. Right? Yeah, right, and that's... That, to me, fits in with the character of Batman, right? That he's this larger-than-life character, you know, um, instead of them all surrounding him to attack and, and whatnot. Well, but, two, yeah, um, well, two questions I have, then, uh, just on Batman himself, is mm-hmm. how, how do you think of this suit, and what do you think of Pattinson so far? <laughs> he looks like he should be fronting as Bruce Wayne. He looks like he should be fronting a My Chemical Romance cover band. <laughs> um, like, jo- hey, Joe, um, I, I appreciate it, though. And I saw yeah, people making this comparison. Sorry? I, I thought you were going to say the eye black, but go ahead. Well, well I am, but more so yeah. that he still has it on after he takes the mask off. Because yeah. people are pointing out, see if you go back and watch Batman Returns, there's a moment mm-hmm. towards the end where he takes the mask off and his makeup around his eyes magically disappears. But because he's right. about to take it off in the shot, he's actually missing it with the mask on and it looks really stupid. Um, so 
even though yes he looks really really an emo at the end of the trailer it actually yeah. it, it just it feels it like it, yeah it makes sense like and it feels lived in that was always one thing for as real as the nolan movies felt at times it was a hyper reality to where you know if bruce really was running around alfred would have had to do his eye makeup right well like so I the feel fact like that here you could say the same thing about this I, you know like i mean yeah, Bob... but they're showing it here right they didn't talk about that in the nolan for how real it was like there's always the reality of that happening no no, no Matt, here, I'm, Matt, I'm saying the opposite i'm saying this is equally uh, hyper real it's just hyper real in a different way well sure because i'm just but... saying the fact that they're pointing it out i do like you know like it's it, it it's a practical for, for as impractical as batman can seem right rich guy with a bunch of toys the fact that he's wearing you know almost football eye black to blend in with mm. his mask is super cool. And I feel you. like uh, I like this suit more in the context of the movie than I'd ever did in the stills or that little teaser, mm -hmm. like, you know, clip they put I, out. The high collar reminds me of, of uh, Jean-Paul, of Asriel, a sure. little bit. But I'm yeah. sure, I'm sure they'll explain that away in the in, in the movie or, or through whatever. I that mean, it's a, I've it's seen it's Bruce designed for its protection. Bruce yeah. with a collar. Uh, Batman Noel has a, has a collar. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I think it's a it's a good example to me about. It's not even because obviously I remember like way back when the Amazing Spider Man was getting made and there was like leaked set photos and the suit looked like crap and I was like, well, no, once it's under the proper lighting, it actually looks pretty good. It's just it's just mm -hmm. because it's a you know a, a candid shot that's taken in improper conditions. Which always looked terrible. Every yeah. Single yeah. Time. Same, same with the Flash suit. I but, felt I felt the Flash suit. He looked uh, for the TV show. But this this he looks like. Th this right. isn't just that though Th this is this mm -hmm. is an example of the world that the movie created because 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 the first time we saw the suit for this it wasn't a controlled environment it wasn't a candid shot it was a, a, a you know a lit thing that was was you know the way it was i feel like this is an example of like when you see the grimy you know david fincher-esque looking world around him and you see him walking in in this kind of homemade looking i mean more high tech than the hockey pads of course but right you know it looks kind of industrial and sort of like put together same with the car it looks like it's just a car that's been souped up with an extra engine and it, it, it is yeah yeah I like uh, yeah i like that too I, uh what did you think of uh of the snippets of Catwoman that we get in this it she uh, looks great i, I mean, mean it doesn't look that cat y but i mean it's a tiny My... little trailer with nothing really to show. So, well, I'm yeah, going to I'm going to counterpoint that a little bit. See if you pay attention to the scene that she's in. We can see her sort of cracking a safe, and then Batman shows up, and there's a bit of a I, fight. I meant visually, sorry. Right. Um, the way she reacts because she actually she tries to fight him a bit, right? And it's like a proper back and forth for a couple of seconds. And basically, she tries to use her speed and whatever, and it doesn't work. Batman blocks her and knocks her back. There's a great moment at the end of that little scene that you see. Where she starts to sort of sleep back, like 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 an actual cat, like an actual cat woman ass. Right. Where she sort of slinks back because she realizes that she can't take him on in a fight, and she's like, she's you know thinking, okay, how do I deal with this now? Because I can't do a one on one fight with him. Yeah, if if we're ever gonna get my favorite costume for Catwoman on screen, it'll probably be this version, which is cool. Which is that during the Brubaker run, you get the the goggles and like the jumpsuit kind of mm. look, where she looks like a thief. You know, like it's multi-use. It's not the yeah. We had that Batman kind of returns. In the, the Arkham games, right? Yeah, well, that was more or less the Arkham games. Yeah, yeah, it was pretty close. So, so I, I, again, I like that it's it's practical and functional. You know, it's not just there because and you know in comics sometimes stuff's just there because it looks cool. 
you know? Um, do you know what this, but... this whole trailer makes me feel? Uh, and I've been saying this for a long time with the movies, that eventually we're going to get so many movies and so many reboots and trilogies by one director, mm-hmm. then another trilogy by another director, is that eventually we're going to look at the movies like we do with the comics, where, like, you know, a director comes in and they have their run, they have their trilogy or whatever, and this feels like it's going to be Matt Reeves' run, and I think, especially this one, it feels like it's a Black Label series. It feels like, instead of trying to adapt the main continuity DC Batman, he's saying, no, this is my Black Label movie. That's actually one of my biggest problems. And not that it's a a different take, because that's I think that's what you're getting at with Black Label there. Yeah. It's, 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 it's not a direct adaptation sort of thing. It's kind of a, a take, a different take on it. That's that's fine. And it's, in the same way that like, Batman. In the same way like Criminal Sanity kind of turned it into a serial killer thing for Joker and Harley, where there's different yeah. versions of those characters. Yeah, yeah. That that element of it isn't my complaint here. Uh, what I'm kind of getting at is there's, there's a lot of rumors that it's going to be R-rated. And I'm like, eh, I don't really need an R-rated Batman, like, at all. I'm quite happy I mean, with I... I think it'll boil down to what they do with the Riddler, because if you really want it to be Fincher-esque, it's got to be ghastly, you know? Like, it's got to be yeah. some true crimey I just... type stuff. I don't necessarily think that we're going to have Batman yelling profanity, you know, no. or, or, Maybe. I just, or a bat I sex scene. I, I don't think I need any Batman movie that's more than a PG-13, honestly. I don't I... think I, I think they'll get it down. It's Warner Brothers. They're not going to want to isolate, you know, my my... Well, you say Dead that, Matt, but for... in a post-Logan, Deadpool, uh, Joker. Joker world... As much as we don't like Joker, in terms of... Yeah, you know, money. Yeah. True, I mean, don't let me know. I... This has a much bigger budget than Joker, though. Let's make that clear. Yeah. Right. But it also... would not be as profitable, even at the same amount of uh, yeah. know, net income. I... No, and that's what I think. So, I, if they want PG-13, because I have a hardcore Batman dead set friend. Like, that's his entire you know, frame of things, and he's going to want to take his kid to see this. And if it's rated R, that's going to, you know, kind of want to quench that. And I, so I, well, I feel like you can do that with Daredevil in, in, um, and Logan. I don't know. I feel like some of the Batman, the more serious you take it, the less, less, well, it turns out, I don't know. So again, I think it really depends on how much they want to show with, with Riddler or Penguin and, how brutal you want to make Gotham around there, it. There is a part that you, you mentioned your friend you wanted to take his kid to it. Mm-hmm. I think kids should be able to go see pretty much any Batman movie. It's it's Batman. I, I agree. And that's why I think that's it, it's going to depend on how far they want to push that. But I don't... So that's why I don't see I don't, Warner Brothers wanting to let them do the R, you know what I mean? I don't think we need R-rated Batman by any means. Uh, I never need one. Uh, I'm not necessarily like upset at the idea of them trying it though like I, I don't necessarily necessarily mind especially like if it's because batman's slitting throats and whatnot then yeah i've got a problem yeah. but if it's because riddler is a complete bastard of a serial killer because right. you know because because dark knight was borderline right dark knight like they, they went as far as they could and i'm not gonna lie like those things that they had to try a couple of scenes you could tell they had to pull back a little bit I yeah. wouldn't. I would have kind of liked to see them. You know, maybe on the Blu-ray. So, that, you know, just the director's cut. It just doesn't like add yeah. tons of stuff. Just those couple of moments they had to pull back on with Joker. Just put it back yeah, in. Yeah, mind you, I'd love to have seen Dark that. Night features uh, Joker killing a dude with a pencil on a table. Like, yeah, I, I, I'm okay with a like a separate cut released later. That's the the unedited mm-hmm. cut, so to speak. Yeah. But I think mm. anything you're releasing in in theaters assuming theaters are still alive in a year's time. Um, I, I think it has to, 
or should uh, for me be uh, no you can take your kid to it it's batman uh, any new batman movie y- your kid should be able to go to see it that's how you get new fans yeah well i mean think yeah think about you know pete seeing batman begins right and that's what got him in the comics yeah how old I'm, repeat i was 16 i mean it's not yeah, I mean, it's <laughs> okay, you're a bit later there, but yeah, yeah. The, the the point is, I'm I'm sure, you know, especially if you go back to like you know the and the the Burton stuff is a mm-hmm. good theory in in terms of this as an example. Although there, I remember Return scaring the shit out of me when I was a kid. Uh, uh, no, like when, you know what I mean. It, kids so, movies can still scare kids, and and when yeah. I say kids movies, I mean movies that kids can see yeah. can still scare kids, and that's well, okay. But I'm just you saying, can still be excessive. Yeah, penguin biting a dude in the nose and That's eating demented. raw fish. Yeah, like as a kid, I watched through my eyes, you know. So, uh, although, notably, notably, that movie was a 15 in the UK when it came out. Was it? It was, yeah. Although that was weird over here on that one in particular. Yeah. I'm, I'm pretty sure that's been downgraded now, though. It probably has, but at the time it was a 15. Uh, there was a couple of other weird examples of that where movies got higher ratings. Now another big thing we have to talk about with this, I would say, the tra- I mean, I just, I mean, just to sort the thoughts in the trailer itself. I like the trailer a lot. I, I think it looks like a good movie. It's a different take on Nolan's, and I love Nolan's trilogy. Uh, like you know, it, it's going to take a lot to like unseat that as the, as my favorite cinematic version of of the, of the Batman kind of mythos. But uh, there's definitely things about this that I like potentially more than Nolan's, like details wise, mm-hmm. right? You know, there's details that I might like. Like, I might like the combat, for example, is the one that sticks out in that that one little tease we get of the combat. I'm like, oh, hey, that looks yeah. really good combat wise. Yeah. I can see myself liking Pattinson more than Bale. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. I mean, um, obviously, there's very little to see yet, but I, I can see the potential. He's. That's another thing that I liked seeing come out of last weekend is the people being like, all right, guys, we get it. He was in Twilight. He's done. A hell of a lot more since then. So like, yeah, I, just because you don't like that. Yeah, he let's, he let's dodged he dodged uh, William Defoe's jizz in the lighthouse. <laughs> I, I think that might be the only thing I've seen him in since Twilight. But I know he's done other. Well, see, I need stuff. I still need to see Good Time because I really enjoyed Uncut yeah, Gems. I've heard good things about that. Um, I don't want to ever watch Uncut Gems that again. Netflix movie coming up, right? Yeah. Yeah. He's obviously also, also in, in Tenet. He's also in Tenet. Yeah. Yeah, which. I, uh, I haven't seen yet because I think I think be- I think between Tanette and the Batman, he's kind of. I mean, obviously for the indie crowd, he's already started to shed that Twilight like uh, history. But I think and for the mainstream, the yeah, yeah. He'll, yeah, he'll always be Cedric Diggory to me, though. So I'll piss oh. off. I assume that was a Harry Potter reference. I'm not entirely. It, it was. But it, it was. Yeah. I just assumed uh, it was. So, and, and also, I just like just throwing that um, over. Yeah, it's not it's not that good, but um, you know, uh, he was good in it. But uh, I know I, I I like how it feels like its own thing, and I know some people are like, "Oh, we do have to do dark and gritty Batman." Here's the thing: dark and gritty works really well for Batman, as long as and Matt Reeves is a fellow maker that I trust to have something to say because Matt Reeves made Dawn of the Planet of the Apes, which is one of the best movies of yeah. the last ten years. So oh, I, I trust him. Dark, yeah. For as dark as as that movie gets, there's still a sense of hope. And you you need that sense of hope in Batman because that's why he's doing this, right? The whole reason he dresses up oh, as yeah. a bat is I mean, so no one the, ends up like him. The ending. I think sh- Reeves can handle that tone. The ending shot of this with like just his face after the the mm-hmm. beatdown scene makes me feel like, you know, I, I don't want to get too specific with my guess here because I, I don't know exactly what they're doing, but it does feel like the whole point of this movie, the character arc for him, 
is going to be questioning just how far he's willing to go. In fact, I, I wouldn't be surprised if the question of will he kill someone might come up in this movie and like how Reeves is going to address that and like do a story with that. I I, I can see that be the thing. But so the other thing I want to mention though that you mentioned before the trailer played is uh, two key details. One is that this takes place during Batman Year Two, uh, meaning that the origins happened. Uh, you can just sort of, you know, roughly assume what it was based on maybe some context in the movie, but also just generally what you think of as, you know, it, w- it won't fit after Batman begins, but you can kind of take the, the, yeah. the loose beats of it and just kind of I know go they did it. describe it as a year two story. Yeah, that's what I just said. Yeah, yeah, they, they did officially say that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I know, that's what you said. He said it on the panel. Uh, sorry, I, I, thought you, I didn't hear you say they said that. Sorry. Yeah, I might have yeah. said that. Um, and then more interestingly, though, is that the one season TV show they're doing on HBO Max is going uh-huh. to be set during year one and it will focus on a corrupt police officer who i think he mentioned some sort of redemptive story over the course of it uh-huh. uh, sort of against the backdrop so i assume that if we watch that we're going to hear like a news reports about the batman appearing and there's like a mysterious figure beating and up criminals and stuff i don't know and i, and I love that because that gives me a gotham central vibe it, does, it, so does. it might not be a direct gotham central it's batman was never the star of that book and he was always on the outside so when you did see him it was a big deal um but yeah so if if that's the that, track they're going to take on that it makes me want to check out the show more i think that's a yeah. case where uh, being an original character will work out for the i mean i'm sure we'll probably get some cops mm-hmm. we recognize around in the show you know we'll probably have a montoya somewhere I, or whatever but a bullock yeah you know almost certainly so, yeah um you 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 want those characters you don't have to have gordon i mean per, per se i can see you jeffrey can... right on a tv show no problem you could guess yeah star. but i yeah he can guess star. it's not his show is what i'm meaning though yeah. like um, yeah. I mean, um, hell, you could do this story with Billy, but I suspect they're probably going to do like an original character who's going yeah, to. Yeah, that's. Yeah. I I would love to see Bullock as that guy that is still towing the line, mm. you know, and that's who this guy's kind of. Almost like Bullock's the tragic figure, kind of like don't end up like this guy, and then that's what's so great about Bullock is when he does make the turn, and and you want to root for him to to be the good guy. Uh, I think that works. Also, we deserve a good Renee Montoya. Not nothing we against do. Bird, but but that's not the Renee that I know that becomes the question. Uh, also, and, uh, Gotham you know? had a really weak version as well that was just kind of there. Did she? Did they? Yeah, she was like a minor character who I, I don't even know what happened to her because I stopped watching her before. That's because <laughs> Renee's such a great character that you almost would want a Renee Montoya show. I know. You know what I mean? Like, or at least an arc on the show. Yeah. Why can't we get a Renee Montoya show? That is the question. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> I've just got uh, two, two more things to say on this. Uh, one, sure. yeah, Pete, you, you talked about you know what the arc would be. They did openly talk about this being based on a uh, Batman Ego uh, by Darwin Cook, which oh, is, is very much yeah, yeah. Which uh, I don't know if you've read that or not. No, no. no. Um, but the the point of that story is Batman is essentially the villain. There is very much Bruce and Batman, and it's about Batman's brutality and if he goes too far and if he's a symbol of hope or fear or which... both. Yeah, so I, I imagine by the end of the, the story, I don't, I've not read this book, but you know, ultimately he's going to come down the side of being the Batman that is going to go forward and yeah. whatnot. Right. Yeah, pretty cool. pretty much. Uh, that's that's kind of what that story is. And that's cool. Uh, it's, it's, a, it's, it's, a, an, it's an interesting choice for them to base it on. I think that's that's very Darwin, who also had the rights to Parker. Right? Yeah, like, it's a, know, well, I like that it's a stories. it's a lesser Similar. known story, right? It's not one you hear about as much, and I think. It's nice to have a sort of character-defining movie. So it's not about okay, the origin. Like he gets, we know why he's in a bat suit. We know why he has these things and why he's doing what he's doing. But this is kind of the character-defining moment where he kind of solidifies what his moral compass is. And like, 
Uh, and it's kind of it's kind of one of the things that I love about Dark Knight Rises is the idea of challenging the because Batman like he he becomes he believes in his own shit too much, and has to ultimately kind of humble himself again. And I, I I'm sort of getting senses of like though this this idea of the brutality in him finding mm-hmm. himself. You know, well, can... and that's and and maybe that's what he learns too is like maybe crippling thugs isn't the best look. You sure. know, <laughs> yeah. maybe you catch more maybe flies with honey, and maybe that's you know? intentionally the point is that it's going too far. Yeah, right. Yeah. And the further we get away from the Frank Miller version that uses Robin as a decoy to be shot at, <laughs> you know, the the better we're off as a society. Just here's a know. question: Do you think? Oh, I mean, assuming this is successful, and it probably will be. Uh, do you think this is the one that finally does a Robin or a Batgirl uh, in a second and third I, movie? I do. If even yeah, maybe you build up to Robin. Um, I think. I think Warner aren't necessarily afraid of doing that anymore. I think they're more open to it. I'm not sure if Reeves wants to tell that story. That's the problem. I feel like a lot of directors just don't want to do it, which is why we seem to just never get it. So I hope they do because I, I really want the legacy. I, I do. I do feel like if they do do it, it has to be an older like him putting a kid constantly in danger. Not, not a- <laughs> It could be luck. a teenager, so, yeah. It could be Yeah, so 15, it's gotta be someone older that's 16. making that decision, you know, that they have agency in it and I don't know, I could see him doing it as a I need a partner. There is the the reason why, why I think the, that, the, I am just gonna throw this out there. The only Robin that fits the description for that story, you know, that that, that can come in later and be mm-hmm. like, Hey, you know, y- 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 we need help here is is Tim Drake. And I know Pete's uh, like, I'm... No, you can't skip over Dick. No, you but, can't. Um, but I think by the time you, by the time you do Dick's origin, if you do that, oh, his parents die when he's sixteen, you can't have him go to turn to Bruce and you know, and do that path. I don't think it only it functions as well. Well, enough for the Tim propaganda. The reason why I asked this question, <laughs> the reason why I asked this question is because every time we're talking about Batman finding himself, one of the things that I love when they bring up about Robin as a, as a concept. Mm-hmm. Is the idea that Bruce takes him in because he doesn't want him to become like him, and he doesn't want this kid to repeat the same dark path that he did. So even if Batman's in a better place, the idea that he recognizes this kid might go well, where he went, and that and that fits in with with the the Darwin Cook story with Ego, from what you guys are saying, because in, yeah, yeah. in New Frontier, that's why Robin gets brought in, right? And it's also to soften Batman and to remind him of you know. That, well, that's, what, that's, especially, what, that's especially Tim's origin is he sees that oh, and it's like, hey, you go too far. Connor, shut up! Right. But that's what I'm saying. Based on what this movie potentially is doing, the idea a follow up to that would include the idea of uh, the, the the younger yeah. character would make sense. And that, that's why I feel like Barbara makes a little bit more sense. And this is you have Gordon, right? So, and I, I might just be because I I'm watching Harley Quinn season two, and that's something that occurs through through that season is you get Barbara showing up and Do you know what? you know. It's all so, talking about legacy. Like, even though I have a lot of concerns about various things about Gotham Knights the game, I do love mm-hmm. the we're at a point now where we can have a major piece of media that focuses on the legacy characters and mm-hmm. you know, all three of those good ones and then the other one too. And we can give I'm them sorry. the spotlight. I'm here for Bane for Bane Jason. <laughs> like I I'm sorry. Like I hey, just I can't. It didn't occur to me though. If that game is successful and there's either DLC or a sequel uh uh-huh. then you get to bring in stephanie and kate and uh and damien and some of these other ones you know there's a whole there's a whole other you know there's a second tier of bat family members we can bring in for mo- game number two yeah so cool 
Oh man, they're, they're, you do a Batman and the Outsiders too. Oh, you could, yeah. That type of thing. Break you know, Katana. You break Katana. Yeah, yeah. There you go. There's man. options. There's options. Uh, but yeah, so. Yeah, I'm just trying to think of anything else to show you. Talk about. No, but Catwoman, we talked about Riddler and his serial killer ways. He doesn't really have much of a Riddler suit. I imagine he may get something by the end of the movie, mm. but not like, you know, not the Jim Carrey stuff, because obviously. Yeah. Yeah. Or he carves a question mark into his face because he's insane. I'm okay with that too. Actually, although that might give him our rating, so maybe not. I don't know. Actually, uh, Joe, I don't know if, I mean, there's no indication in the movie that it's there. I wonder if, like, the movie will lead to the creation of the bat signal. I wonder if that'll be like kind of like mm. you know solidifying the symbol and what it means to the city at the end as the idea of yeah. the signal. I don't know. Maybe has there ever been a story that talks about how Gotham feels about Batman? Like, do they look at him as a menace that's making things I mean, worse? Do they look at him as hope? Because because we've got that with Superman numerous times. Like, what Superman means to Metropolis? It's sprinkled. I don't, I, I, don't, I don't know about why the Gotham, but Gotham Central yeah. kind of covers a lot of those beats. Is that... Yeah, but I'm talking about Gotham itself. Like you're yeah. you're living off of Crime Alley, and you're just like, well, no, mm. Batman's agitating Two Face, and it's making it tough for my family to make. I it think it's work. it's sprinkled in like all over the place. I don't know if there's a specific story that directly makes that the focus of the whole thing, though. Mm. Off the top of my head, oh. I mean, maybe there is. Yeah, if there is, let let, let me know because that's a story I'd definitely be interested in. Yeah, uh, checking out. Yes. I, I, so I'll just to wrap up the uh, fandom stuff here. Joe, I'll say about it is that a couple of years ago, I was like in a really bad place with DC movies, and I came out of this event. Yes, the Snyder Cut's happening, but Wonder Woman eighty four, you know, they'll probably be solid mm-hmm. at the first one, and both the Suicide Squad and the Batman both look great. Like I'm actually excited actively about both of those. Uh, so, and I, yeah. I think just as another note on fandom as a whole, I think they handled it really well. In no, terms yeah, it was well put together. Yeah. In terms of the, Apparently it was the a digital hit. experience, yeah. I think it's the mm-hmm. the best I've seen anyone. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and, a, and they, weird... they ironed the kinks out as it went, from what I hear. Yeah. And that it was it was a hit. They got the you know the attention and movement that they were looking for. Yeah, because so. it it's it's the kind of thing we miss from like not having E three right as gamers is that we like that 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 barrage of news where we get all this stuff really quickly mm-hmm. over a couple of days, and I think fandom. Did a really specific thing for us because we like DC. So getting DC mm-hmm. movies and games, and obviously not really comics yet, but that's yeah. coming in the twelfth. So they're, we'll get there. Yeah, they're, they're just on part two on the twelfth. They're treating it slightly differently. Mm-hmm. So whereas this was an eight-hour schedule of of panels that were mm-hmm. you know, repeated three times or whatever it was, uh, the part two is a bit different. All the panels are available to access at once. They've all been filmed. Okay. And you just pick and choose what you want to watch. So what you're saying is, is that when it starts, there's going to be a barrage of news in the first half hour as everyone gets all the the bits and pieces. I I hold news uh, sites have their staff organized. Right, you're doing this panel, you're doing that, you're doing that, and then all just go, go, go. I like that too because that means, you know, someone's working the Superman beat, someone's working the Batman beat, (laughs) you know? And that, why not, right? Because we're still to come in part two, we have all of the, well, almost all of the comics news. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, we have animated shows, uh, other TV shows. Because I know the CW shows had their panels, and they had like the trailers mm-hmm. for the next season stuff. But mm-hmm. uh, the DC Universe shows, for example, or soon to be HBO Max shows, yeah. I should say. <laughs> what DC Universe shows are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, um, but we got those to come. Um, other HBO Max shows, I assume we'll hear something or other. Uh, you know, like the the Green Lantern show, maybe we'll hear something. 
Yeah, if we don't hear about the Green Lantern show at this, I'm going to be sort of like in the. Oh, it's probably that's not happening. Like, or, or at the oh, very okay. least, I'll, I, you know, yeah, it's, it's, yeah. At, it's at that point where if it doesn't, we don't hear about it now. It's like, well, it's probably just a figment of someone's imagination now. That's not going to happen for years. Yeah, and I'm assuming we'll hear a wider stuff about DC Universe in that part. I mean. The funny thing is, is no, I don't think anyone was concerned about the movies and TV and the games anyway. Like the, when all the staff layoffs happened, it was the comics everyone was worried about. The movies, TV shows, and video games were always going to go ahead as planned because they are the big money making, you know, enterprise. And also, you can take off ten percent of your staff on a on a movie and still make it. Whereas, you know, the comic yeah. is made by you know less than ten people usually. So I mean, including all your editors. Yeah, I mean, I think generally speaking, the, the the it's very positive. And as much as I hate to say that the 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 Snyder Cut stuff served a purpose, like it did satisfy a part of a DC fan base that doesn't obviously appeal to us, but it did mean that most DC fans came out of this thing relatively happy. Unless you're just so jaded that you're mad that uh, that Batman and Suicide Squad were hogging a lot of the big news, because obviously the games were both Bat related and Suicide Squad related. And, but at this point, what do you expect? I know, I know. I, I think that's a bit like, of a weird coincidence as well, because obviously that Suicide Squad game has been in production for like five years. That's not true. Yeah. Is it no? not? No, well, there was a Suicide Squad game by WB Montreal that cancelled. And Rocksteady was working on one point. But it no, I think WB Montreal also was working on a Damien game that also got cancelled. Uh, there was a Superman game that got cancelled. Uh, all the insiders say uh, the Suicide Squad game that they're working on now. They've been doing since no sooner than twenty seventeen, which is still three years, admittedly. But yeah, okay, three, that's still before the announcement of this Suicide sure, Squad yeah. movie. It's after the last one that no one gives a shit about, admittedly. I think Joe, I think it's not, because they've both went through multiple projects that they've cancelled. I feel like th- they've kind of engineered it a little bit because it's. I don't think it's a, a coincidence necessarily that they're they're aiming for twenty twenty one with this this Gotham Knights game where the movies coming, you know, the Batman movies coming out, and then the Suicide Squad movies coming out. You know what twenty twenty two and the game's supposed to be or the, was the movie twenty twenty one? I don't know about the the movie. The game's definitely twenty two. Yeah, so if the, even if the movie's late 2021, it still sets them up nicely for the game in terms of interest. If people are into Suicide Squad stuff at that point. And it's not the same cast, but they'll be familiar cast. Yeah. And, uh, so there is some synergy there. Uh, obviously, honestly, I think the happiest people are, are King Shark fans and Harley Quinn fans, specifically. <laughs> King well, Shark? I've gotten more King Shark in the last two weeks. Have, have you done the King I've Shark episode at the, near the end of season two yet? No, I haven't got there yet, but oh my God. In, in season one where he talked about he has a problem with blood, and then you see what happens with his problem with blood, hey, I well, lost it. I am down, a lot of that is... I am yeah. so down for King Shark uh, media. I, and yeah. Harley, let's be honest, Harley looks great in that new movie. She looks like Harley Quinn. None of this yeah. stupid yellow thing. suit thing from the Birds of Prey movie. None of this stupid Daddy's Little Girl t-shirt or whatever, the crop top that she was wearing in the first series. Daddy's Little Monster. Yeah. Monster. Right. It, um, it, no, it's... Harley Quinn, it's, 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 it's kind of like a slightly evolved version oh. of the Arkham City outfit, but it, it red and black, Harley Quinn, it it's also, this easy. It it's this easy, people. Of, Once again, of, of Taylor's. Yeah, yeah. He, just, he showed. Um, sure, yeah. Real quick, though, I just want to thank uh, uh, Sajik for, for breaking my will on, on Harley Quinn, because that <laughs> Harleen book really switched me around. And now I'm not as, and it's nice. You know, I'm not as annoyed when Harley pops up. 
you know, I can take her in small doses. Hey, she, she's in a lot so. of good things right now. She, she's in a James yeah. Gunn Suicide Squad movie. She's, she's in, in a, a good Tom Taylor movie. Uh, mm-hmm. Tom Taylor Suicide Squad book. Uh, also, that that was just a regular daily outfit in the Birds of Prey movie that wasn't a costume, so it's fine that it wasn't the red and black. I wasn't complaining that it wasn't a costume. I was complaining that it looked horrible. I don't care what, what right. the context was. It looked terrible. It was meant to <laughs> represent chaos. Yeah, so. I understand anyway. that enough to know, but that's horrible. Anyway, uh, no, just a lot of King Shark, a lot of uh, a lot of Harley, and that, that's not a bad thing. Um, I just and it's Steve Agee as King Shark, which is going to be completely different than Ron Punch's mm-hmm. King Shark, but also kind of similar. Also, also so, Nathan Fellin as TDK, which by right. all accounts is actually Arm Fall Off Boy. Yeah, mm. which is perfect. But the initial standing for the Dark Knight is definitely intentional. Yeah, I think I made that joke already. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I think what what is that? It actually stands for. Um, I can't remember. It was it was to do with the limbs falling off. Was the joke that it's is what it stood for. Gotcha. Um, also, uh, Pete Davidson as uh, his character. Mm-hmm. Um, that that I wasn't expecting him as that that character. Um. So yeah, and again, Cena as Peacemaker, I brought it up earlier. Yeah. So like, believe it or not, we actually have one bit of news which was not I still think it was for fandom. Uh we got teasers for Endless Winter showing Batman and Wonder Woman in uh, some winter yeah. outfits. Uh this and week. they are really teasing it that it might have to do with Prometheus and the Endless Winter. You brought up last time we talked about this, mm-hmm. the, the last yeah. time they showed up. So hey, maybe if that's what's going on, I, I don't know. I but, mean yeah. We'll find out about this pretty soon because obviously it's well, going to be in the fandom. December solicits at the latest. So we'll probably find out about it at the fandom thing. Yeah, yeah which... I, I think the, the 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 comics all moving to the one that seems to be right bit around the solicits time for December is probably not an accident. No, because uh, I think solicits it's assuming I'm working it out properly should be on the fourteenth, fifteenth. Yeah, no, they come on the Friday now, don't they? Yeah. Uh, so it should be the. It'll either be they'll be coming out on the Friday the eleventh or Friday the eighteenth. Oh, but the one after. It has I'm to be. Suspecting they'll be holding them for the eighteenth. Yeah. Unless all uh, the announcements are for January. It's just possible. It's possible. It's... Maybe December's quite quiet, and then Dece- January's got all the big stuff, so they're just announcing them all early. Which they, they do sometimes for cons. They uh, do. Uh, it's not outside the realm of possibility for this uh, to do be doing that. Yeah. Um. I didn't realize that I like the idea of Batman wearing like ski goggles, but I'm into it. <laughs> it you know what though, it definitely feels like they're trying to sell us action figures. It does a little bit. The ice set, and, and I'm okay with that. Is some that grew up in the '90s where we had you know ice skate Batman from Batman and Robin, you know, and I, I'm okay with that. So, hmm. And one of them has got an axe, which I'm sure Matt's always a fan of. <laughs> yeah, always. Yeah. Who doesn't love people having big axes? There you go. All right, well, that's the other else, Connor, that you had that I missed. Uh, I, I didn't really no. love, to be honest, because I thought, that's eh, it's all fandom shit. <laughs> that's fair enough. Uh, there you go. Um, I did mention something that I wanted to bring up uh, on the show, mm-hmm. and that was the passing of Chadwick Boseman. Obviously not DC-related, but uh, nope. this was a sudden shock late last night. Uh, I, this... I woke up to it this morning, and uh, you know, I woke up at like, 7 a.m. and saw this and it was just like shit yeah i i was i was streaming uh last night and i was just playing a game and someone said in chat oh hey that, that news about chadwick boseman's pretty crazy and i said oh what is it and 
I, I kind of thought, what, is he in some sort of scandal? What's going on? What's, uh, you know, not, not expecting the, the, the reply to be, he's dead. I'm like, wait, what? Yeah, um, this, so. It's always weird for me when a celebrity dies, because, like, you don't know them personally, but they are a pretty big part as, as fans, like we are, of our life, or in our life. And so, like, this one hit me hard. And I can't really explain why. Besides, I just like. Well, I think part. I think it's the shock of it. Yeah, well, I think there's that. And I think the reason why I've it's so lo- sh- shocking, though, is because he was diagnosed four years ago, and Black Panther came out two years ago. He he was working heavily and starring in things up until very very recently. So it doesn't feel like. See if he's been... just finished another one uh, with you know weeks ago I think it was yeah, uh, with Viola Davis. If he had been missing for the last like two years, like from the public eye, it might not right. be as you might make someone Matt. Uh, it might not be as surprising, but because like he's like Black Panther, this cultural event happened two years ago. Mm-hmm. The the idea that he was filming these movies between surgeries and chemotherapy sessions yeah. is it's it's almost incomprehensible that someone yeah. does that. Right. And, and, and uh, just... I've seen in Twitter in the past, uh, you know, day that uh, you know he he was repeatedly visiting children's hospitals, and it's kind of this this sad but heroic irony that he was it, also it battling was... cancer at the same time. Mm-hmm. It was the sort of thing no no one thought twice about it at the time because a lot of celebrities, especially superhero celebrities, yeah, actors, just... do do this no, and they go but... up in a dress up in costume. And the... All of them that do that, they they're great for doing that. The the one that broke me and sent me into tears was he. There's an interview where he's talking about writing terminal kids that he knew might not get the letter back. And he was like, and just, you know, I, I know what that feeling is and you can't give into the hopeless. Right. And you're just thinking, Oh, he's just, he's talking from experience, like as an older person and trying to make these kids feel better. But no, he really it understood what it was. Cause he, what he was looking down the barrel of, and he never, there's like the other thing. And a lot of stuff comes out when a celebrity dies that, you know, people pour their hearts out, everyone across the board, it's all the same, like how much of a wonderful guy he was. And like Chris Evans has always said, there was always smiles to be found around him. And it's just, man, ugh, I don't like it. Uh, yeah, it's, it's something. And, you know, credit, I, I guess, to Mark, because I assume, Mark, I mean, even though he, this obviously wasn't public knowledge, this was something that mm-hmm. has circled and, you about. Any film he worked on will have known just for yeah. insurance reasons. Yeah. Uh, I, they would have had- so, so Marvel would have known. And the fact that Marvel didn't like second because because they could after civil war they could have said hey that's just mm-hmm. let's get someone else now because this is no they stuck by him and they they had him front this massive movie and it's kind of insane that his last appearance as far as i can remember anyway in the in the, in the marvel movies is going to be i mean he was at the funeral i mean otherwise to get spoilers i mean even though everyone's seen it but it's essentially yeah. the big return moment right he's one of the big faces when the portals oh. are opening and he's the golden lights on him and it's like hey the cavalry's here like you know, that's going to be one, and I, I just, it's so weird because it felt like his career was just hitting its prime where yeah. he, I was starting to expect him to pop up in lots of things. He and... Was, and He was so good in everything. I know you guys aren't baseball guys, and 42 isn't like the best movie, but him and Harrison Ford are so good in their roles as Jackie Robinson and Brent Ricky. Mm. Like, he was fantastic in everything I had seen him in. And so I started looking up his filmography and I realized, like, I've seen a lot of that he was in, like Pete was saying, he was just starting to take that, off. That's it. He wasn't actually in that much mm-hmm. yet. Like the first, if you look at his IMDb, like the first half are like, you know, TV episodes, TV ran, you know, random TV yeah. episodes here or there. Uh, it's only the past, you know, five, seven years or so that he's yeah, really been also, the leading man. 
and also like he's in a lot of sports movies because he was this big striking figure right like he's a big guy and draft day is not a good movie and i'm a football fan that movie is boring as shit he's easily the best part as as this player that's trying you know trying to make his stock go up and talking to kevin costner and just every time he's on screen it's the best part of the movie and like it just I mean- I, I don't so think I've ever said a bad word about his acting. Mm-hmm. You know? Like, you know, I, I mean, I'm on record as not loving Black Panther as much as other people. I mean, that, that's not exclusive to Black Panther, let's be fair. Uh, that's most Marvel movies from the past <laughs> it has half the it's, it's got the um, Marvel tag at the front there, <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Um, but I never once thought he was less than stellar in the role. Um, uh, to be fair, most of the cast in, in these movies are very good in their roles. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I have very little to complain about in most of the in that regard. Well, and, and but, then it yeah. makes me wonder too, because I remember they were going to fast track Black Panther 2 and then Coogler said that he wanted to take some time, work on some other things. So I'm wondering if Coogler, who must have known, right? He was a pretty big creative mm-hmm. in those, that he didn't want to rush Chadwick through this knowing what he was going I, through. I, I wonder if, if the reason that they wanted to rush it in the first place was we want to do it while we can. Right. And then that could be it. But yeah, maybe. On a human level, looking and going like, "No, my guy is yeah. going through a but, lot. But, let's let's give him but then some breathing when, room." When they announced the slate, it was it was much later than everyone expected. It yeah. was it was years later right. than people expected, and I, you know maybe that's because they knew and they were like saying, "Hopefully, obviously, we hope he pulls through this and it goes the other right. way." But um, you know, it is like I mean, who knows what they're going to do? But I, it's not really the time for that conversation. The oh, guy's not, just not passed all, away. But not, not important. Yeah. No, it's not, but Marvel handles legacy very well as of right now. So I trust them to do the right thing, and we don't need to talk about it, you know? Like, yeah. Uh, so it's just... What is it? Just him pulling that off while he was going through that is staggering. Because I'm sure, you know, we've all known people who've oh. died to, to cancer. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, my grandfather died from bowel and colon cancer. Uh, so, you yeah, very specific here. Uh, you know, I know what that was, you know, like, you know, watching him go through that at the end. I know what that was like. And you know, the idea of that some days he could barely get out of bed. Yeah. And, and the idea that, you know, this, you don't, you know, this, this guy, you know, maybe 20 odd years younger, don't get me wrong. But yeah, the he, idea that he could go out there and act to this degree and, you know, yeah. and all the award shows that he attended, uh, it wasn't just like a, and, he was in and out for a couple of months. He was, you know, all year he was always making appearances. Yeah. And always a smile, always. There was a Jimmy Fallon bit where he was having people that were really excited about Black Panther, you know, leave leave a message, like a video message for him, like how excited. And then he would pop out from behind like a mirror and the people would go out and like just the look on his face. You know what I mean? Just the smiles and to know he like he brought up he was going through all of this as he's also like being like, no, don't worry about me. Like, let's yeah. look at these other people lose their a- mind. You know? there, there was a someone posted an interview that you know that, that they did with him in like 2017 or 2018, oh. whatever it was. Uh, I think it was 2017. I think it was between Civil War and uh, Black Panther. Mm-hmm. And basically, you know, they said, "Hey, you, you've just done a you know a movie where you were Black Panther, and then you did some other movie. I don't remember which one. And then you were back as Black Panther. Did you have to like you know bulk up, slim down, and bulk up again?" And he was, he was just like, "Yeah, yeah, sure." Mm-hmm. He goes, "Oh, you know, you must have been you know through the ringer." Then he goes, "Oh, you got no idea." Yeah. yeah. Oh man. But yeah. Just, yeah. yeah imagine. Imagine like, oh, getting okay. into superhero shape, mm-hmm. uh, you know, in those conditions. Like I can't do it when, when I'm, you know, <laughs> at, at full health. 
Full health in quotes. <laughs> we, we, we can all we can all put through that in quotes. Yeah, it's well, yes, yes. Rel relatively yeah. speaking. Uh, <laughs> but I know I like well, I know like Chris Evans has said, like part of him misses being Captain America. He does not miss getting into shape to be Captain America because mm. it's a lot of work. I can respect that. Right? So like because uh, he always always throws shade at, at Again, none of us can do it. That's why <laughs> No. But like he always throws shade at Hemsworth. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, because Hemsworth is just naturally built like that because he's like he won the genetic lottery and it doesn't take that much for him to get into it. So they always poke at him. And then just the idea of how much work Chadwick Boseman was putting in. And it's always a physical role. Like, so now I have to track down the Netflix film Defy Bloods, which I know oh, Connor it's watched. Really it's been on my to-do list for and, a bit. And, and, you know, here's the thing. He, he has a very small role in that. Um, okay. I mean, I only suppose the the premise of the movie is he plays a character that's actually dead. Um, okay. Uh, who died in in the Vietnam War, you know, years but, ago. So, but it's a, it is a physical role, though, right? Like he's he is there, yeah. He, he shows yeah. up in flashbacks and well, stuff no. like that. What I mean by physical, he's playing a soldier. He's he charging is, yeah, he's, jungle. he's doing a bit. Um, it's, it's never the stage play adaptation movie that he's in, right? Like he's always, you know, a presence. But anyway. Yeah, yeah. No, I just, uh, it felt, it was shocking enough that it felt like we should bring it up. Um, it really, the, the only two words it boils down to are just fuck cancer. Yeah. Pretty much. Uh, um, also, DC put out a real nice thing on Twitter, too, to oh, it. I didn't see that. One that. Yeah, that one broke me, too. You know, they should, right? Yeah, well, well, yeah, but to see them put a thing out about you weren't our king, but you were still a king, you know, like... Yeah. Uh, oh, you know, I think the, yesterday the the data was uh, I believe Jackie Robinson Day because they moved yeah, it because of, of everything. Baseball, yeah. And also it was Jack Kirby's birthday, who was of course the creator of Black Panther. The creator of Black Panther, yeah. And it was also the uh, a uh, anniversary of a march on Washington that that he I think in the the movie Thurgood he had also had a part in in the movie. Um, Big day then. Yeah, in, like in big, history. Big yeah, and then now he's, you know, he's with the ancestors now, like in, in Black Panther. So, twenty twenty yeah. sucks. Yeah, just when you think twenty twenty, yeah. I, I, I think the joke I made is that twenty twenty can't go a week without no uh, something. It, just when you think it's settling into just normal scene, yeah. be like, oh, okay, things things can only get better from here. Something else happens. Yeah, I did. I did warn Ash. I go when Harrison Ford finally does go, I'm gonna be a wreck. Just warning you, you mm. know. So I get it. Yeah. Uh, all right. Okay. Well, with the, with all that said, uh, we can get on to comic books for the week. Batman Three Jokers Issue One. Jeff Johns writing with Jason Fabic on the art. Uh, Brian Anderson colorist as well. Which I'm noting just because Brian Anderson's very good and he helps yeah. make this. Despite the fact that it's not Gary Frank, I was getting so many Doomsday Clock vibes from the art in this. It's it's very Doomsday Clock down to the Nine what panels. the hell's the continuity. Oh, yeah, too. <laughs> you know what yeah, I mean? Um, and then, yeah, just the way that Fabric, so Fabric's very clean in the same way that Frank is. Mm. Um, so, yeah, so like the inking and the coloring gave it that vibe, which, you know, but Fabric's also just that good. Oh, he's so, great. I mean, the name panel yeah. grid, the, the coloring, the ink, all that stuff made it feel very Doomsday Clock esque, which is not a complaint because Doomsday no. Clock's are one of the best comics of the last decade. Yeah. Uh, so here we are. Uh, Carter's been oddly silent, which means Carter's about to come in and 
kill everyone's buzz with. You know, I I post on Twitter. I read this on Tuesday because I, I knew there were spoilers around, and I was like, I'll, I won't get until right. Saturday without I, seeing. I did the same thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, you know, I posted. Just said, I, I didn't know how I felt about it, and I, I needed time to to process mm. the, the thoughts. And I don't, I don't think I like it. I don't think it's a very good comic. I, I think the art is fantastic. I think Fablet kills it, and, and and Anderson's colors are phenomenal. There's there's a lot of ideas being thrown around, and I think it's a really good first issue. <clears throat> However, if we don't start getting, if the story kind of just stays in the same kind of vibe that it's in. Uh, it could be problematic. I think for me, there are story elements I just don't really like. With the, mm-hmm. But that's a complaint I can get past because that's right. my hangups. That's not their storytelling. Mm-hmm. However, I do think there are entire sequences in this that shouldn't be here. I think this has an ending about uh, halfway to two thirds through that should have been the end of the first issue. I mean, I'll give you uh, the Waynes being killed as something we could have cut out. Uh, that was like four <laughs> pages of trash. We, I mean, my whole thing well is like rendered trash, but trash. Yes, and then maybe Fabric wanted to draw that, right? He wants that for his portfolio. And I, I didn't need the four pages of this is how he got all these scars. Uh, uh, well, th- that's uh. <laughs> this this worked through. This this is one of these big books that we're going to work through. Don't worry, I can bundle sections of it t- together pretty quickly though. Because the opening, I do like the atmospheric stuff where there's no dialogue for a while. Uh, we just mm-hmm. get you know shots of the cave, uh, all that stuff. And as you know, Batman Alfred's like patching up his scars, and we get kind of like multiple variations of different scars that he's got from various uh villains, ending with three different Joker attacks, which obviously three Jokers, right? Yeah, the whole point. Yeah. Uh. I did groan when it went to the flashback when he's he's thinking about uh, his parents and the night they were shot. Um, it, it's just it's one of these things where, and it's not even that long. Like, see when you get to it, it's like one and a half pages. That's all it mm-hmm. is. It's not a lot, but I could have done without it. <laughs> it's the, you know, the problem is it's spaced over three separate pages. Yeah. Even though it's just the the bottom row on the first yeah. page and the top row of panels on the uh, top row and one panel on the second third page uh, for that second page uh-huh. with the middle because it's over uh-huh. three pages, it feels like so much. Joy- coming after that sequence of all the the stars it's- as well, it felt like okay, this is what like six seven pages it's- here of just stuff. yeah, it's, it's it's about what sixteen fifteen panels. Yeah, I don't have a whole. Total. I don't have a big problem with the scar stuff, though. To be honest, I thought that was fine. No, me neither. It's it's oh. very cinematic. Yeah, yeah, I can tell. With, with I, I didn't John's need three full for. pages of it. It went on I, too long. I I got to the point where I saw the Waynes again, and I wanted to throw my iPad across the room. Here's the, the thing. Room. I think you want this moment where, like, you know, he's looking intently, and you you want to show that he's thinking about the Waynes. I am okay with a single panel of the image, mm-hmm. and then move on to your next point. Or just just the pearls, or yeah, the whatever. theater. Whatever. Something like yeah, stylistic. There's um, something to show that that's what he's thinking about. We don't have to actually see the beats play out because you know what? We've seen them a yeah. hundred million times. Uh, yeah. We're good. Uh, and then it sets up the idea of these three crimes that happen. We go, we go to Babs. She's uh, mm-hmm. exercising on a treadmill, yep. and we hear about this comedian who's been killed. Um, and it kind of gives us like names to like sort of refer to the Joker's as, uh, and, and uh-huh. the, uh, not even the narration. Yeah. It's just like a chapter it's, heading. Uh, the criminal, the criminal, the comedian, yeah, and the, the clown, the psych, the clown. Yeah. So the criminal is the one that we already heard about, which is uh, 
yeah, this this crime family has been been taken down, mm-hmm. and then we have this comedian that's been killed, uh, which is the one that Babs yeah. has seen on the news, and uh, and again some of the art with her I thought was good. It's, it's one of those things where it starts flashing back to Killing Joke, yeah. kind of like the Wayans is something we see a lot. I mean, at least I with... wish it wasn't her only defining thing. Oh, I agree right? with that. We we've gotten past so far with Barbara, and like if you wanted it to be like. If instead of focusing on the killing joke, we focused on her rehab, you know, also, I think is the pro- it possible to just break a treadmill like this. Oh, I, I mean, the, the, <laughs> the point is, it's very, very, very difficult. Yeah. Yeah. So but that's... they're like, she broke another one. I'm like, yeah. I think how, the... how fast is she going on this treadmill? I think the problem with the complaint that you don't want her to be fine by killing joke, I agree with that. The problem mm-hmm. is, though, is that I don't think you can get away from it. Let's, let's say that this was a problem in comics in general or with Batgirl books in general, I don't think you can get away with it, or get get away from it, I should say, in this book. Mm-hmm. Because it's about the three Jokers, because one of them's supposed to be I... tied to the one that shot her, I don't think you can get away from it. No, I get it too, but I don't know. I Putting four panels on it, I know it seems like a, a nitpick, but I don't know. I just, I'm kind of past the point. Like, after the Heroes in Crisis stuff with it, and this is not that same level where it felt creepy. That's fair. I, I guess what I would say is, I would just take out the flashback pal. See if it was just focused on the bullet wound. I think that would yeah. say enough without. That's yeah. and that, that's yeah. what I'm talking about. Like it, it's who she was, right? Like, why do we fall from from Batman Begins? We can pick ourselves back up, right? For the fact that she's picked herself up. That's that's isn't it? That's the problem. We've seen her get over this. Yeah. Or you know, work through it. I mean, not get over it entirely is is quite fair, but we've seen her get past this moment and and not let it be her defining moment. God knows how many times now. Uh, you know, we, we've seen it in various runs. We've seen it, I mean, it, most recently I know Gail Simone's New 52 Batgirl stuff mm-hmm. had a lot of that. Um, and that was obviously quite a few years ago now where it feels like, no, we've healthily moved past this stage. We don't have to keep being on this stage. Right. Yeah. But like Pete's saying, I get why it's here because it is a Joker book. Yeah. And, and it's, it's, it's her, yeah. her defining moment with Joker. It's the same in the next uh, scene with Jason as well, where he flashes back to the crowbar. Like, yeah, it yeah, makes sense. Yeah, secretly you loved watching him get beat <laughs> with the crowbar beat. Just admit it. Joe, you know concerns me about this, though, is that obviously Batman flashes back to his parents being killed, and then Babs right. and Jason flash back to these two moments. It's almost like it's setting up that the killer of his parents might be a Joker. And I don't if, like if that's that. that's the case, I am going to be very upset. Yeah, I don't like that at all. Yeah, it's it, it's one place. of the big things in the Burton movies I do not like. Is is that one? Is that Joe Chill? One of is the joke. <laughs> one of yeah. one of one of it already implies there are more problems, Pete. You didn't need to yeah. pull that off. If he said it was the only problem, yeah, that I mean, you could have Batman pulled. also just dropping dudes off of roofs. Not a good look. Um, yes, but the way he said it implied that it was a few problems. It's one of the few, not one of. I mean, it is. It's a handful Many. of problems, really. Anyway. Um, Numerous. Yeah. Um, again, Jason is going to Jason, I guess. Yeah. Um, so, honestly, most of my problems come from all this flashback stuff in the first, like, third of the mm-hmm. book. I think once it gets on to, okay, we've got this crime scene at Ace Chemicals, which is where the third Joker's is struck, and Jokerize like, these three like people who they can't identify, much like the Joker himself. Um. Once we get to this and we get Batgirl showing up to help, and then of course Jason ends up being in the ambulance with the the one who's alive still. Uh, it, I th- I think from here it kind of picks up for me. Yeah, the the scene with the ambulance really reminded me of Halloween. Yeah, it does. Uh, yeah, Halloween four. Right. 
The return yeah, of Michael yeah, Myers, yes. Yeah, so, and I was like, wait a minute, is one of them, like, legit a lot? And then I was like, oh, no. It's uh, Red Hood's just as a paramedic. <laughs> uh, okay, cool. Is. Yeah. Uh, I'm digging the uh, the Batgirl suit, by the way, on this. The uh, yeah, classic gray with the yellow. Gray and yellow. I, I wasn't a fan of her first panel in it. I, sure. don't, I don't like the way she's crouched on the it's, bar. Like, as, like, it is a weird proportional thing. Mm-hmm. Like, it's it's proportion. It's just the, the way she's balanced. It doesn't feel like a natural way to stand there for no, what she seems to be leaning... quite some time. She looks like she's doing squats at the gym, and doing squats on a pole like that would be impossible. Unless she's taking a dump, let's be honest. Just as cold as. <laughs> well, that's, yeah. And yeah. it's the sort of thing where if this was a pose where she was just, if it was just that bottom of that page mm-hmm. where she jumps off down, uh, right. you know, and floats over the acid vat. Uh, if it was just that, I'd go, oh, she's just got up there, and but, it's, I mean, just, it's lingering there for a moment. But it's but, the way it's it's there, she's watching from that position. Yeah, basically, you're expecting one leg to be stretched out for balance, or uh, a hand on the pole as well for balance, or something, you know, something right. else. Yeah, it looks like she's got an invisible chair that she's sitting yeah. on. However, if this was Decreason doing this, I'd be like, oh, he's an acrobat. Of course Do, he can hey, do that. If you, th- if you think this is, I just wait until we start talking about action comics, because I've got some takes. I've got some hot takes. Yeah, well, it's because you have eyes. You thought a scene in this reminded you of Halloween. I've got a really weird movie reference for some of the art in the action comics. I don't right. know if I want to hear this. Uh, okay. Uh, so, no, I, I like uh, all this. I, do you want a little touch? I like, I like Batman asking Babs if uh, Gordon knows who she is because mm-hmm. of a look that he gave her at one point. I, I like kind of that, that later questioning. Uh, but, yeah, so... it, it wasn't so much the look. There was an actual line of dialogue that Gordon said that was like, oh, he mm-hmm. definitely knows. Um, so it felt weird that they didn't mention that and just went with the look. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, so... Yeah, Jason wakes up. Uh, fun little action sequence of Batman like, going into the ambulance. Uh, Babs is trying to like disable the, the ambulance so it's not running into people. Um, ours very good. We also have one of the Jokers uh, in a semi uh, who kills a raccoon. <laughs> no, do? Uh, he, he doesn't. The raccoon gets across the road because he swerves. You know, Joker swerves for small animals. Doesn't he, doesn't he walk into it in the next, uh, the next scene saying he's got dinner? He's all holding roadkill up. Wasn't that the very next scene? Hold on, no, I said the. No, I'm 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 looking at the next scene. I'm just going ahead. Have I forgotten something? I could have sworn there's a thing where he holds up some. Mm. Hold on a second. No, because you see the S curve that looks like the the swerve of the. He swerved out of the way. No, I I, I, okay. I I do agree. He swerves and he's like trailing this, you know, the green stuff behind yeah. him. Which they, they talked about how they stole some chemicals from Ace yeah, Chemicals. Mace. Yeah, yeah. Fine. I could have sworn there was a scene where he holds up like a carcass and says, "I've got dinner" or something like that. No, so you imagine that? Yeah, I I, I don't know what he's you're saying. Maybe I did. Hat, yeah, the one that. The... Maybe I did. I. Where? <laughs> Look, I'll admit, I was very sleep deprived when I read the silly, okay? I clearly inserted an extra panel in somewhere. <laughs> you just decided. That, that made me hate Joker roast even roast more because you leave I, that raccoon alone. I, I did enjoy this, this scene, though. And if you if you talk about the ambulance, reminding me of uh, Halloween 4. Uh, this also reminded me of something. It reminded me of the start of Resident Evil 2. Uh, there was a truck okay. stuff at the start of that. Uh, very reminiscent. There's a lot, lot, lot of things that reminded me of things in this book, uh, which isn't a bad thing necessarily. Uh, so we got a trucker joker who walks into killing joke joker. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, 
So the way I was reading this is that these two are the ones who you know attack Babs and Jason, and then the sort of the leader yeah. one they go to speak to, who's sort of behind the desk, is kind of the, the more classic Joker. Is that? He's yeah, the original. He, yeah, he looks like yeah, he looks like that. Um, you know, with the the hairline, uh, the uh, Danny O'Neill, and um, help me out on art. I'm drawing a blank. Um, Who did he always? Neil Adams. The old grumpy, grumpy guy. He did Man vs. Muhammad Ali. God damn it! I'm losing nerd cred. Yeah, Neil Adams. There you go. You're making me second guess it because I was like, is it not him? No, and, and, I, and I missed what you had said, and then it, it landed. Anyways, it looks like the Joker from Five Way Revenge. Right? Sure, like, sure, yeah. Like that, that one. That was a long way to go for that. But yeah, um, him sitting there that sinister. So this is. This is the criminal Joker, right? That's who they. Yes. And then the comedian, and then the clown is the the one that beat up. The clown uh, is the the one who drove here in the truck. Right. Okay. And the comedian is killing Joker. Right. Um, they all are very different in that way. Um, whereas the 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 comedian one has the wide brim hat, right? And very killing joke esque. Almost like they're figments of the imagination because they're almost spot on, right? Mm. Like, yeah. Um, well, part... this this uh this page here where they all come in and you've got the the, the criminal saying, "Yeah, oh, we need to make a better Joker." Yeah. That's, that's the end of the, the issue for me. That's what that's why that's the point where that yeah. should be the end of an issue. Well, if it was a six issue book instead of three super sized issues, right. then fair enough. But I just think in terms of pacing, uh, even even so, that should be the yeah. the final beat. No, I, I I get what you're saying. If anything, I thought it might have been ending there, and then I turned the page and went, "Oh no, it's not ended." Um, that's quite a lot after it. So essentially, what they've done here is they've taken a six issue mini and turned it into three super sized okay. issues. And I think in in some ways they haven't restructured it for the format, which is a bit of a, a pacing problem because it feels like two two halves and not in a good way. Uh, I guess that's fair. Um, I'm not super mad about that, though. Uh, like, I mean, I, I thought this was a pretty enjoyable read. Like I said, I had a problem with the flashback stuff early on, but once it got going after that, I was kind of into the... And I'm not really sure where they're going with the ending of this, because part of me is like, are they going to like somehow twist this into, nah, there's really only one Joker, although that doesn't really add up with the whole Mobius chair saying which one, but, you know. No, but I also, I do feel, and people, I'm going to catch up for this, though, Oh. I like the idea that Joker is something that happens to you in Gotham, right? That Gotham turns out Jokers. Okay. And that it's much easier to become a Joker than a than a member of the Bat family, right? Mm. And so the fact that Gotham breeds them, like, Joker could have only happened in Gotham. Yeah, I mean, you know? what, what if the story ends with all... Because, I mean, just to, not, not to mention, we'll talk about it properly in a second, but uh, one of them does seemingly die in this issue what if we get yeah. to the end of the story and all three of them die and at the last te- the page is a tease of the, the newest joker kind of emerging right. from Gotham and, that, and, that, and to me that fits in with the joker and why he's so different and you know and I was talking to some people on twitter after I read this and they were talking about you know Grant Morrison's take on the joker and that is he changes his personality every couple years you know and that's what explains the changes over the course of years for a character like that. And that's fine in the meta context, but for the sake of a story like this, that might be right up a step outside of normal DC continuity. Yeah. I, I like the idea that Joker is almost a title. I don't, and it does kind of play in with what 
Snyder was kind of doing with the Joker's always been in Gotham and he's like this long secret evil, although that ended up spoiler for uh, well, Scott Snyder. I, 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 I hate that because I don't like the idea that there was a Joker before Batman. I, I like the idea that Joker no. only becomes Joker because After. Batman exists. Right, but this also that's also John's playing with that idea, right? Like, you know, Joker comes from Gotham and Gotham I, I don't, they go one the same, just like Batman. You I don't hate I, mean? I don't hate this idea. I, I it's, it's kind of give and take though, because it does lose a lot of things I like about the Joker. Like the idea of Joker's obsession with Batman, I think is yeah. diluted if multiple people who have taken the moniker have this same obsession. I you know, it kind of waters that down for me. Uh yeah. so but it definitely does. Um but at the same time, that could be this criminal Joker that has the obsession, you know? Um, and, but yeah, I don't know. Again, it's a very... I don't want to judge the rest of it based off of the first issue, but if the other two issues are kind of like this, where it leaves a lot up... I mean, I have a little bit more trust in John's, though, to tell a solid story. I mean, yeah, we, we, we have no idea how ambiguous this is going to be by the time we finish issue yeah. three. We have no idea. Yeah. Uh, I mean... This could be metaverse, you know, multiverse shenanigans at play for all we know, you know, like the mm. refolding of the reality is because of crisis or whatever led to three Jokers inhabiting Gotham at the same time. Yeah, it's worth mentioning that these, these events with these two extra Jokers uh, both mm. happened after crisis. Yeah, the so, crisis. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, maybe they'll do something with that. Who, who knows? With, with John's, anything's at play, right? Because he's the, all the stuff that he's done for DC over his tenure. It could be any of these things, but um, you guys brought up how fabric starts a little bit, Gary Frank. Mm -hmm. And now I'm just realizing this kind of feels like a Batman earth one. I thought that was, I was the, out, the outfit it, feels the very earth one. The, especially outfit. having the, the oval. I don't think it helps with that. Yeah. And that it's reminiscent of Frank. It's set in this Gotham. That's a little bit different than what we're used to. Right. Um, was this a black label designate? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Well, then that makes sense. I think originally so, this was going to be part of John's own label, right. whatever that was going to be called. Um, uh, hmm. Yeah. We we did have a name for it at some point, uh, but I think that is just going to be abandoned. I may be a horrible person for thinking this, but I kind of love Joker Shark. Yeah. Also, <laughs> as a biology nerd, um, you can't keep great white sharks in captivity. So, bullshit, Johns. I don't care how great Gotham is. <laughs> He's right. They can't. They swim. They swim too much. Right? They just, they just they die because they can't they, they can't handle it. No, they tried at the Monterey Bay Aquarium, which is like the best aquarium in the world. They could not keep the Great White alive. I think the best they managed was like two years or something. Um, not even not even that. It was a couple was, months. Was it that? You know, yeah, 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 yeah. I, I knew it wasn't long because it was just like, I mean, even in in terms of a Great White's lifespan, two years mm -hmm. is still pretty short. Uh, yeah. But they just they can't handle the, the captivity no. and they just give up. However, I, don't, I, don't I understand really... the irony of that being my nitpick in a comic where it's uh, also Joker eyes. Yeah, I, I get it. <laughs> I I don't really care. I just like the, the image yes, I know. of it. Um, <laughs> I also, couldn't give a uh, shit. Gaggy. Gaggy's a character from from continuity, right? Yeah, I mean, they, this... they talk about how John... it's it's been a long time since they've used them because uh, presumably it's the original Joker who used them a long time ago. Um, I can't say I I've unfamiliar with this character because i mean no yeah, but you know sometimes know. john's pulls these tricks where he's like oh yeah that's a character from way back when and turns out it's really not yeah there there he is gagsworth a gagsworthy that's a terrible name <laughs> <laughs> that's a name from the 40s if ever there was one 
Yeah, well, I'm, I'm gonna look yeah, him up yeah. real quick. I should have done this before, but I forgot about him until now. Uh, very reminiscent of Toad from the X Men comics, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I can see that. Uh, so doing a little sidekick. Yep. Yeah. Of course, uh, the gang shows up, and there's a lot of shooting, uh, which ends up with the, a wonderful page of the shark uh, coming out of the, the tank and eating uh, the little dude. So uh, I love that page. I thought that was a really fun page. I think. <laughs> Joe, Joe, I liked about some of this fish stuff is that it felt like Batman the Animated Series sort of Joker episode yeah. kind of mm-hmm. style of stuff, and I was really into the tone and the vibe of it. Uh, and maybe this is something we can play with, is that this goes with this Joker, this stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, you know, the next Joker will have something that feels a bit more unique to that Joker. So, for for every nitpick I had for the Joker shark, the Joker piranhas is the opposite. And I was like, yes, I need to see <laughs> <laughs> If any fish deserves to be Joker eyes, it's, it's a piranha. Yeah. So... Actually, a bit of art here that I really liked in terms of the sequencing. There's a moment when Joker shows up and he's like, he's got the fishbowl and he's trying to do whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, the page is like a, it's not a, it's like an eight panel grid, but the bottom three are just one wide panel. Um, yeah. so I guess it's a seven panel grid. But you know what I mean. Um, there's a three page sequence in the middle of that where Batman punches the Joker back, and then the Joker falls back, and Batgirl sort of grabs him, uh, sort of as he's falling back and puts him through a window. I just want to say how good the motion of those three panels yeah. are, where I completely understand how Joker's fallen into the right place for her to sort of just put her arm around. It's actually a really interesting paneling sequence because he gets punched, uh, you know, in that direction. And then Batgirl, when she throws him, throws him to the right into the next panel, essentially. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then when she kicks uh, kicks him out of the window, whatever it is, uh, he actually crashes out of the panel as the window breaks. So, you know, the, the window mm. was the panel, essentially. Yeah. yeah. The fabric's really good. Oh, it's really fantastic. <laughs> that, it's, I felt this really stuck out to me because I, I thought just the actual motion between the two moves was so specific that if the art didn't sell me on it, I'd be like, how did that work? But I never, I was never confused. It made sense to me. No. The motion completely yeah. made sense between the, the, the double team, as it were. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, the, so the cops have got another Joker surrounded uh, mm-hmm. uh, elsewhere. Uh, Batman goes off. Uh, Jason and Babs are left to, to babysit the other Joker. There's this first one. And Jason, you know, unsurprisingly, is like... Can't yeah, handle it. I know, we should, <laughs> let's just kill him. Yeah. And it becomes this moral conflict uh, between Jason and Babs. Oh. And and the Joker goads him. Oh, of know, course, like yeah. He's, he's setting him up. It's not like... Jason started up from the start, like, I'm not going and, to. And this, and this is where, you know, I, I didn't like the flashback stuff earlier, but Joker's saying, hey, I remember what you said to me when you were begging for your life. I remember you saying, I'll do anything. I'll be your Robin. And look at you now. You're so violent and you're willing to kill people. You are my Robin. Ha 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 ha. Yeah, you, you took know? my moniker, you know? Like yeah, the red hood, yeah. Red thing and, and stuff. Yeah, and then the, you see Jason crying. Right, like it, I also was getting uh, flash flashes of uh, Return of the Joker mm-hmm. from that sequence um, from Batman Beyond, but yeah, and then we get Fabric doing the representation of that famous bloodied Jason uh, from Death yeah. and the Family. Not to mention the uh, the the moment sort of standing still as we get multiple panels of the Joker falling as he's been shot in the head. Uh, yeah, a, there's a weird line that maybe maybe questions some continuity here. Uh, Joker says, "Yeah, I wanted to leave you alive. I didn't want, you know, if I killed you, there's no opportunity to to to, to hurt you or whatever." All right? Is this trying to tell me this version of Jason didn't die? 
I think that was just more of the, to me, I read that as a meta thing of the, the call to kill Jason, mm. right? Is technically Joker didn't kill Jason. The fans killed Jason. I mean, te- technically it was the the explosion after but Joker being they, a crowbar. Uh, right. They do say that he did die here and that he came back. So I mean, I don't think it's yeah. actually suggesting that he didn't die. He said that he didn't want to kill him, but he didn't. You know, he didn't. But he, you know, okay. He went too far or whatever. Uh, he, he got into the moment. He got excited. Uh, I, I do like the moment afterwards though, because Batgirl tried to stop him, of course, and Jason's like, "Hey, when was the last time you missed?" And we see the batarang just kind of like you know in the wall, yeah. and she's that, um, just as an art critique. When she was actually throwing it, it didn't feel like she missed because you see it hit his hand, blood comes off it. It felt like it had knocked it off target to me. Right. And then, I mean, mm-hmm. like you, you can see the, the the connection, the blood. It felt like she hit, and then it's like you missed. I was like, wait, what? I think it's missing in the same way that like, you know, if you graze a shoulder instead of hitting someone in the mm-hmm. face, that's a miss. Yeah, she she could have hit him square in the hand. Yeah, and it would have. Sure. But deep down, she didn't want to. Yeah, I don't really like this. Know. To be honest, I mean, <laughs> I, I just don't like that choice. That that doesn't it, feel like Babs at all to me. Well, I, I, I well that, that's the point though. It's, it's not. It's, yeah, it's not a choice. It's just like that's why when when he points it out and she sort of looks down I, and and then she's then she's crying and says screw you Jason yeah, and storms I, I, off. When I said choice, I didn't mean Bab's choice. I meant John's choice as a writer, as okay. a storytelling choice. Because even I subconsciously, that doesn't feel like a uh, like, like the right decision for me. I don't know. High time, high pressure situation and whatnot. Um... I don't know. I mean, I, just, I want I Babs to think, be the best of us. But... For me, after after all this, sorry, after all the stuff we've had with Babs in the past, and I'm, I'm like stuff dealing with her brother, for example, where she didn't kill him, she kept him alive through everything. Like, mm-hmm. and then, then now this, no right, it's, but the the idea the that that was so personal, it pushed her to the limits more than anything, even more than the Joker did, and still, like, no, she she didn't, you know. She was on Batman's side of the argument here, so to speak. Uh, this here, even subconsciously, that she wasn't anymore. I, I, I just don't really like that. I mean, I, I can see where you're coming from. I mean, it still works for me, just for the, with her because of that, because of the like, screw you, Jason. Like... Oh. Okay. Everything All good. Right. Yeah, just start your sentence again, Matt. Um, um yeah. Um, no, it's just it's like she didn't realize that she meant to miss. You know. Yeah, like, I... she was trying, but it's it's her subconscious, and now she has to deal with that. And if we now if we get it and it gets revealed, she was like, no, yeah, I wanted you to kill the Joker. Then sure. Yeah, because um, I I don't think the point of this is that she she does she did want him to kill the Joker per se. It, it's it's more of course even Batman is admitted deep down yeah of course he's thought about it he he thinks about it and thinks of all the good it would do if he did just kill him mm-hmm. um that this is kind of uh you know what if I just don't stop him in time kind of thing but mm-hmm. without without even the thought process part just just the right. you know that this kind of instinctual thing also um, don't forget Jason's a bit of a villain himself so him putting that into Babs's head you know, how many times do you miss. Yeah, I mean, that's you the know? thing, yeah, like, is this even genuine, or is he just putting a doubt in her head, and now she's upset yeah. because she's to... believing that maybe she did that right, on purpose? Because, because he has he has no qualms about killing people, we know that. Yeah, I, know? I, I always say this, like, I, I don't necessarily even mind a story where Batman accidentally 
or is put in a position we can do it too often obviously but if it happens where someone ends up dying because of batman i'm okay as long as the reaction from batman makes sense and it's a, it's a story that we deal with and go through and bab's reaction to this even been accused of this mm-hmm. you know it's, it clearly hits her and if, if even if it is intentional and she admits that later and then there's guilt over thinking that and thinking that she's failed herself or, th- or something like there's as long as it treats it with the right tact and the right character development from it then i i can get on board with it like i i, I can yeah. see the, the value in it nothing about this so far is raising like huge red flags for me Mm-mm. so no, like I said, it's it's a good first issue, and if some of my issues keep happening, right? If stuff doesn't get resolved in the next two, then sure. But again, I'm gonna wait for that yeah. to happen because I do trust in Johns. It'll be the third one before Athens resolved, though. Of course, I, I don't suspect there's going to be. Well, that, that's what I mean. Yeah. But like again, if if Babs comes up and and she has a discussion with Bruce and she's like, "No, Jason's right. I did want him to kill the Joker." Then I'm gonna be like, "All right, Johns, that's that's weak sauce." Come on, man. Um, now I said it. Now it's going to happen. Now I'm upset with myself. Well, it depends on how she says it. It depends, like, you know, what if deep down I did want to, you know, what if she's questioning it or... or yeah, you know, if it's th- a question, yeah. Th- there's lots of ways that you, you tackle this. Um, I feel like this is the type of story because everyone's sort of, like, sitting with their arms fully going, all right, John's impressed me because this this yeah. idea, this concept from the start is something that a lot of us have been against or, or whatever. Um. I think if you're not a fan of the Joker or Joker stories, this is definitely not for you. If you if you don't like Jeff Johns writing, this is definitely not for you. Like, that's just out of the way, right? Just get that out of the way. That that's just a fact for as far as this comic goes. So so you say that, and I'm not a big Joker person, yes. but I mostly enjoyed this still. You know, I think you like said, to pretend I, you're not a big Joker guy. <laughs> I, I I'm not a big Joker guy. Like, well, yeah, yeah. I'll say that. Like, we we all know this. I, Find him very overrated and in Batman's Rogues Gallery. There's better for my money. Like I feel Two Face is a better villain than Joker. Um, Joker just gets all the playoff money. You know what I mean? So sure. I don't know. I just think uh, for me, I I like Joker stories. I, I've not all of them, obviously. There are good and bad ones, but you know, I'm very open to Joker stories. I've enjoyed a lot mm-hmm. of them. I've liked pretty much everything from John's before so I, I think it's safe to say i'm definitely a john's fan i think that's not exactly news mm-hmm. um but i just didn't enjoy reading this 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 issue um uh, despite those things my my counterpoint to that i mean obviously we've went through it and talked about the various choices that have been made and obviously how good they are is but is i guess just the outside of the flashback stuff at the start i did enjoy reading that and i was into the story i was into the the intrigue of what's going on with these three and uh the characters kind of realize it i guess the only question i was having as a, as i was reading it was well, presumably this is set after Batman asked the question in the chair. You know, what, how in continuity is now is, you know, another question, but clearly mm-hmm. that set this up. So, it, it, you know, as Babs is starting to question, you know, what if there's more than one, I I, yeah, I was expecting Batman to turn around and say, well, here's the thing. <laughs> I kind of asked the Morbius chair and it might have implied that there was three of them. So, right. uh, well, and also, uh, Fabic was that was his last regular gig, right? Was that Justice League? Yeah, Dark Side War. I think it might yeah, have been. Yeah. So, so I mean, it, it, it follows the art and artist, artist and writer tree, right? So, who knows? All right, Jason with his mask off, just with the little, you know, the little black eye mask, he's giving me some serious Winter Soldier vibes, uh, the way he's yeah. drawn at the end of this. Which, 
it's always hilarious to me that Bucky came back and Jason came back that way around the same time. Yeah, kind of. And they were independent of each other. It's not like Winnick and Brubaker knew what the other was doing. It was just like that point in the mid two thousands. We're like, we're gonna bring back the two sidekicks that have always been dead. You know, and yeah. Although that said, Jason did show up earlier in uh, Hush, but that wasn't that. that, Spoiler alert! It's not really. I mean, (laughs) yeah, spoilers for Hush. (laughs) <laughs> at this point. Uh, who'd have guessed that things that that characters aren't what they seem in Hush yeah. of, of all stories um, but that, that was first and obviously it wasn't Jason but I, I assume that set the seeds of but what if you know the idea you know I don't know if it was Winnick's choice to run with that or if it was mm-hmm. editorial kind of going yeah. hey there was a, a good response to that maybe we should Maybe we should bring him back. I, I don't know which way around it came, but I I'm just, assuming it was the reaction. Or I remember, I remember when it happened, and I, I just like the idea of him becoming DC's Punisher. Just he he has an antagonistic relationship with Bruce, and Bruce is going to try to stop him, you know, Daredevil Punisher style, um, and whatnot. And, and I like that, but it's just it's been so corrupted by a certain writer over the course. Because <laughs> that's been the one writer that's been allowed. Because I do feel like when Tom Taylor used him in, in Unkillables, it was kind of that perfect. Of course, he's going to be the one that survives something hey, like that with zero qualms. Don't worry. But, I'm sure Connor, when he gets to read the new writer on Red Hood, will tell us how it is and how it progresses. And if that's true, that's if that's fine, that's fine. Because like, I liked when Tynan wrote uh, Jason for those few issues of Red Hood and the Outlaws that I read back in the New 52. You know? Um Yeah. Uh, so, given that this one kind of like dealt with the obviously the, the crowbar joker, uh, for lack of a better yeah. term, uh, clearly the next one, I assume, because I, I assume we're saving the classic one for last, and the next one will be Babsy's maybe more direct focus mm-hmm. with the uh, comedian. comedian one, yeah. So, yeah, I like how Pete called it the crowbar joker for lack of a better term, where it gave us a better term in the issue. In the I can't remember, I can't remember which one's I, which. I don't. I don't like the clown as that though, because to me he's not a clown; he's a psycho. So they could have called him a psychopath. I just uh, he's, he's, sure. reading one issue is not enough to c- cement in my head which one is which. I, I couldn't remember, right? <laughs> uh, so, but yes, so he he ran with him dead. Jason's looking down at him, and that's the end of the issue. So, um. You know, I, I, I do think uh, the art's wonderful. It feels like a prestige book. Uh, I do think, you know, the page count and the, the quality of the, the art and all that does kind of justify the, the, the... Maybe not as much of a price tag as it has, but definitely bigger than normal. Um, yeah, I, I don't feel like I got ripped off for the for the money. You yeah, know what I, mean? I, no, I, I like, feel similar. And it's Fabric... Oh, man, I'm so happy to see Fabric back because, like, yeah. it's been... What, has it been the button? It was the last regular work that we got from Fabric? Say regular work that was like what two issues, two issues, yeah. yeah. But that's what I mean. I mean, he's been working on this and other things. I think he does work as like a like as a concept artist as well. Um, hmm. I think that's what he told us when we saw him at that con. Uh, he does things like Reminder does too. Um, so I, I don't know, or if he's just been at hard at work on this, but I'm I'm here for it. I, I like Fabric a lot, yeah. Um, don't get me wrong, it's kind of like a Doomsday Clock light for me, where I'm getting a mm-hmm. lot of the sort of intrigue and storytelling that that kind of had and the mystery that I had, but it's not as good, obviously, and I, I definitely have some problems with the flashback stuff early on. Um, and I'm definitely, you know, like, the I, I don't know if I'm going to be satisfied with how it wraps up its story, but it does feel like it's building to something, uh, maybe something meta, maybe something 
about how Joker split into three or how there's these are from other Earths or so. I don't know, but we'll we'll see uh, where it where it goes. Uh, so Matt, what are you giving Batman Three Jokers issue one? It might seem a little bit high, but the art is really doing. But I'm gonna give this an eight. Uh, I no, I think that's a perfectly fair score. Uh, I. I'm tempted to nudge it a lot bit higher, but I'm actually just going to agree with Matt and go with a straight eight. Uh, art's fantastic. I'm digging the the mystery for now, and uh, like I say, and you know, my complaints were were made earlier. Connor, what are you giving it? It's a tough question. The art is great, and it's definitely worth you know a good few points on its own. Um, but you know, pacing problems <laughs> I didn't like, some dialogue, some choices, just concepts. Five point five. Good lord. Uh, the degrader strikes again as uh, some yeah, of our. I, I, you know what? I, I'm so disappointed by this. I, I wanted to love this book. I thought I was going to. I was excited to read this Tuesday. I was like, I got to get this plus spoilers. Uh, and and now I'm like, eh, I, I guess I'll read the next one. All right, Mister Miserable over here. Uh, <laughs> Wonder Woman. Oh. Se- <laughs> what? That's a shirt, Mister oh, Miserable. Oh, I was going to say, well, one before the last time this week. <laughs> Well, yeah, but that's fine. All right. Wonder Woman 761, Mariko Tamaki writing with Carlo Barberi on the art. Um, so this is, you know, we had a cliffhanger last time. Matt wasn't here for the last issue. I assume you liked the, the ending of the last issue because it was great. I, I did. Yeah. It was fantastic. Yeah. So we had Wonder Woman wake up, or, or she attacked a bunch of what she thought was parademons and then woke up and realized, wait, these are all just soldiers. What, <laughs> what have I done? Right. And this issue deals with that directly. And really brings into the question that she can't trust what she's seeing. Because there's a point where she starts seeing Cheetah and she's like, but she's having to stop and go, wait a minute. I can't mm-hmm. trust this. I don't know if Cheetah's right. really standing there. Uh, which then pays off in a great way because Maxwell Lord actually is there. She's like, nah, are you really here? And it's like, mm-hmm. yeah, he's really here. <laughs> he's going to help us. Uh, yeah, I, I did like that uh, she she's the one that has to deal with truth, right? That's like her thing. Mm-hmm. And now she can't trust her own self. Yeah. And I, I, I love that combo. Um, yeah, I, I think that too. In the story. Uh, I, I think that um, the whole idea of it not being Lord behind everything, his text being used, because even she like uses the lasso on him and he's making him like sort of say all this stuff and he's being honest about it. He's like, hey, yes, I created all this stuff, but I'm not the one doing this. You know, the I... stuff's been used. More on Suicide Squad later. Um, oh, yeah. The fact that we're getting a, a double turn with these characters <laughs> not lost on me. Yeah. Um, it, it does uh, solidify some continuity stuff. Because we mentioned, I think we mentioned when he first showed up, you know, the last couple of times we saw him yeah. was in No Justice and Just League mm-hmm. Suicide Squad. And it actually directly references that here where uh, basically he made a choice to stop trying to uh, control people. Because he basically, he's, he's, you know, through No Justice and the breaking of the source wall, he right. saw it was futile. So he just right. gave up. However, he still tried to... OMAC is still continuity, and he still oh, yeah. tried to weaponize individuals to kill superheroes. So, I don't trust you, Max Lord. He's, ah. he's still Max Lord, is what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. I'm not saying he's squeaky clean. That's not, that's no, not pretend no, no, otherwise. But, but still, him thinking that it's futile, I was like, mm-hmm, sure you do. At one point, she sees him with like, Ares' helmet on and you know all sorts. It was... It was a pretty cool sh- like uh, uh, showcase for the artist to to deal with a bunch of different one woman villains. Yeah, which is always cool. Uh, Barbary was on uh, Super Sun, some Super Sun stuff 
at some mm-hmm. at one point. That's where I can remember this art from. Um, it's not as good as Yannin, I don't think. Uh, well, yeah. You know, I I do think it's pretty good though. I do think the art is good, although mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not a fan. You're not a fan. I do oh, think yeah. occasionally, I think the full page early on where one of the women's face is like most of the page. I do think her face looks a little bit like it's also a narrow one in the middle. There's a, a there's bit. a lot of that squashed face syndrome in this yeah. uh, that I don't really like. Um, honestly, uh, you know, a big part of this is uh, okay, uh, but just on the background, double shipping is terrible right now for artists, mm-hmm. and, and it, it kills com- it completely kills the flow of stories. Um, it's fine when I'm swapping artists art by art. I can kind of live with that, but. You know, we got two issues of, of Janet, and then we're on to something else in the middle of the story. I, I just, I, I'm struggling. I'm struggling with this as a, as a, as a way of getting into the story. It's kind of taking me out. And and Barbara here, it's it's not terrible, um, but it hasn't got. It's it's lost all of the impact in the the, the pacing that that Janin mm-hmm. had. Uh, there's no there's no really strong layouts. There's no border work. There's there's nothing. It's lost all of the art flair that made this book what it was. And I still like the writing. I think the the ideas are still solid and the dialogue solid, uh, but it's it's lost all of that presentation flair that that made this book so enjoyable for me for the first two issues, and and uh, you know it's, it's left me quite disappointed by this one. I'm just uh, smirking to myself a little bit that you know we sp- yeah, I spoke for a couple of minutes that setting up what the book was, and the first thing Cutter said was a little rant about the thing he doesn't like. <laughs> I, I mean, it's quite a big thing when it's it's not just I'm not nitpicking a moment here. I'm talking about as a whole. Oh, no, I I, I get it. I get it. I just, I just, I almost want to start keeping track of how many, how often, like, we'll go into a book and I'll set it up with kind of a positive. Here's what the book is, and it does these things well, and it's just good. And then, is it over to Connor for the negative spin? <laughs> I'm just, I am disappointed. This is a, <laughs> mean, a disappointing week for me so far. It's, it's not, it's not, it's not as good as Jan's are. I, I completely agree. I think some of the pages look good though. I love her flying with the the plane and all that yeah. stuff towards the end. But now that Connor mentioned the squash face thing, I'm kind of like, damn it! Now that's all I can see. So thanks for ruining it. No, I, I right. always, I always saw that, but I, I, it was kind of thing where I, I do think the art overall looks pretty good. Uh, you know, it's a bit cartoonier than than what yeah, yeah. I was doing for sure. But I, I love this. It's, 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 you know, it's like, it's, it's not even just the style that I can get past. It's the the pacing and the layout of it, and that, all, all the little flair that it, that it had. It's gone. It feels like this one. That's supposed to be like an action match. Jesus Christ. Uh, <laughs> uh, so there's a subplot throughout the issue, though, with this uh, this general or whoever it is. Uh, Formerly retired Marine. Yeah. I think it was. He's basically being he con- he's being controlled like the other characters have been controlled. Mm-hmm. And he's basically going in and it's, you know, he's going to launch. Was it was it a nuke or something in, uh, in Arizona? Yeah. He's, he's, you know, uh, so one of the women in that race off towards the end, they've figured out that it's a phone app that's actually doing this. Like, so someone takes a selfie or whatever with this app, mm-hmm. then and that's the, the, the back door. Uh, the end of this issue does reveal who is behind everything. And it's a villain that was spoiled. Uh, mm. not, exactly, not exactly who she is. Well, maybe that was in Solicits and I just didn't read it. But yeah. uh, no. the fact that there was a villain was spoiled yes. uh, beforehand. Uh, Connor brought it up in the last issue, but it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's we, the neighbor. Yeah, it was all in solicits as to who she was. Um, was it? So yeah. I never just saw who she was. So I actually, uh, the, the fact that she is Maxwell Lord's daughter was a genuine surprise to me here. Me too. This. Me too. Uh, and I'm surprised that I am not upset at, uh, I will say. No. I like it more than just random person next door is a villain. 
No, and I like it that it's almost inverse of Kale. Mm. That Kale had was the was the main enemy, yet Diana wanted to do good by her daughter and you know, through the ruckus stuff. And now the daughter's the villain and Diana's gonna want to do good by Max Lord, despite, you know, everything that he's done. So I kinda like that little wrinkle in this. Yeah. Uh but yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think I kind of spoke about it last issue. I, I like that addition of of her being the door and that that thematic link there. I'm just disappointed about you know not having the human supporting cast that, that I thought we were getting. We may still um, get that. Uh... I, I, you know, I was I was so excited about that in the first issue. If you go back and and listen, I'm, I'm sure that, that that was like one of the big things for me. I, I do think Tamaki so losing that is just disappointing. I do think Tamaki knows what she's doing, though, because there's a, there's a line earlier on uh, where Diana's like, oh, I was trying to find my neighbor to make sure she's okay. That mm-hmm. sets up the sting of this at the end a little bit, uh, which I think works well. So, You know, I complain about Max Lord and all the stuff and Diana, but Diana really is the most forgiving. Mm-hmm. Like, look at most of her villains, is that she ends up trying to be friends with them, whether it's Giganta, Veronica, yeah. uh, Silver Swan... I would cheetah. Yeah, like, you can't why not ca- add Max Lord to that. Well, you can't really count Lord in the shit because the entire time she's like, "I don't trust you. You're evil. It doesn't matter what he says." Yeah. <laughs> right, but I, but it's on brand for the character. It's not like hmm. Superman and Lex and Batman and all of his. Like, you know, she does. She is the. You know, she's a goddess, right? She tries to see the best in everybody, and it usually bites her in the butt. So, um, no, I just. Something that I thought I would complain about, but it actually, when you think about the grand scheme of the character, it checks out. Yeah. So no, I actually uh, the fact that it's the daughter is the villain and not just the just not just not a random neighbor. Uh, uh, it makes it a bit more compelling for me. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I will say, given that she's uh, you know her name is is Liar Liar um, is, is a villain name. I think um, so it says that at the bottom next. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Not the best name, I'll be honest with you. Um, but I like the idea of using the Odysseus branch of uh lord's company uh and that's the the brand because he is his odysseus his whole thing is he's a terrible liar and trickster like that's that's how mm-hmm. he does everything uh mm. so i kind of like that yeah yeah so yeah so nice yeah. Player there. yeah i, I mean that's the, i think that's issue was quite quick to talk about because a lot of it in the middle was maxwell lord explaining stuff and it's wonder woman seeing cheetah and doubting herself it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's kind of an excuse for the artist to go kind of nuts and draw a lot of big Wonder Woman and Justice League stuff. I will mm-hmm. say, in the page where it was doing the Justice League vs. Suicide Squad stuff, uh, seeing Jessica Cruz at the top made me like, oh, I want a Jessica Cruz in a book again. <laughs> hey, a good book. those Odyssey characters are going to be appearing in the Death Metal tie-in, so the, 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 by the end of that. The is, is basically dead, or soon to be, so yeah. it's, uh, it frees them up. So it's hopefully yeah. soon. Well, that's what I mean, though, is that, and we have Williamson writing that one for, for the death metal um, tie-in. So maybe by the end we'll all be back, because I, I want I want Corey back too. Yeah, so get, get, him a, much get him a Green Lantern book. Yep, yep, yep. Just a space book. Just give me all my space yeah. characters. One area. It's fine. Yeah. Uh, so Matt, what are you giving Wonder Woman seven six one? Uh, I'm gonna give this one a seven. That's fair, Carl. Uh, six from me. Uh, I'm also going to go with the seven. I do think it's the weakest issue so far. Uh, although I do think it's maybe paced a little bit better than issue two. I think issue two really benefited from that back, like sort of third, uh, that the big reveal really like elevating the whole issue. 
Mm. But obviously the art's not as good in this one. Uh, I like everything that's setting up, though. So uh, enjoying the run still. Uh, so I'll give it a... I'll also give it a 7. There you go. All right, so The Flash, 760, Joshua Wilson writing with Christian Deuce and Scott Collins on the art. Again, the art is separated by, uh, which we now know is the uh, the starting line, is where yep. Max Mercury and Jesse Quick are, uh, along with Barry, of course, right now, at the start of this issue. Um, Everything, Pete, I don't know if I'm just over-exaggerating. Uh-huh. All the BS that we went through, I feel Williamson is paying off in this arc, because here's another issue that I really loved, because it hits on all the beats of The Flash that I love. Um, including Jesse Quick and Max Mercury and Jay Garrick and uh, another character that shows up, but we'll get to him. Yeah, I don't know if I necessarily it makes it all worth it per se, but I can't deny that I, you know, I'm I'm not super into this stuff. I mean, I I pop for Jay's appearance. You know, his, the big cliffhanger last issue where Jay popped up yeah. at the end was it's fantastic. And the art in here is really good. Mm-hmm. A little uh, inside baseball here for people is that I read this issue right after Action Comics, so the art looked especially good. <laughs> uh, even like, I've seen people say that they're not a big fan of Scott Collins. It's just a, it comes down to taste. Mm-hmm. But I think even if you gave them Action and then this, mm-hmm. they'd be like, oh my God, Scott Collins is amazing. <laughs> I know. Um, that's <laughs> it, though. I do think uh, the Deuce stuff is the better of the two. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think that, that two-page layout early on with Jay and uh, Evil Barry or, or Thornberry, yeah. whatever you want to call him, uh, is it, pretty great. Uh, the issue boils down to the, the villains assembling at Nora Allen's grave. Um, mm-hmm. I think it's interesting how Thorn just openly talks about Barry Allen. Like, do all these villains know who he is now? Do they care? Like, what? <laughs> yeah. You know? uh, but, you know, they, they kind of get taken out. The Flash will show up to stop whatever's going on here. Uh, Trickster kind of betrays Thorn and uh thon sends him back to his own timeline uh and then i assume did you i, I assume you got something out of the bart kind of talking down his his evil father yeah that was that was nice is that the you know something happens with the tornado twins and that's why um iris raises him and he has to be raised in virtual reality so the fact that he was kind of like hey dad you know none of this is your <laughs> fault and it's okay i do like that it shows the, his forgiveness uh, and that, that goes a long way yeah. with, with Bart Allen. So I, I like that a lot. Yeah, and they, they fade away. Uh, you know, it's all very good stuff. Uh, inside the, the starting line, though, uh, Thaddeus uh, shows up. He's, he's in uh, there, too. His evil twin brother. Yeah. Uh, and I haven't seen Inertia since Rogue's Revenge, where the rogues uh, decide to kill Inertia because he is responsible for the death of Bart Allen and that the rogues don't kill. <clears throat> and uh oh man uh so seeing him pop up as an agent of thon in the starting line i was like okay williamson this is his like he's going all out now uh, yeah so he, yeah like, well we've been waiting so know. long for these flash family sort of like mm-hmm. you know pages of them all stand together yep. you know barry basically is able to think his way out and he brings max and, and jesse with him so we get yeah we get that that top half of that page where now i did laugh here a little bit though uh and this is the tv show's fault because uh, the, mm-hmm. the page is fantastic yeah. right the page is fantastic you got jay barry uh avery wallace i mean, I mean you got jesse max and you know bart the only person missing is wally of course for mm-hmm. you know annoying reasons yeah uh but 
Barry's line on this page, he's like, this is the mistake you've always made, Thon, is we're the Flash. And that's really funny because the TV show had a whole thing for a season where Iris and Barry kept saying, we're the Flash. You know, it's, it's not just Barry, mm-hmm. it's, just a, it's a marriage thing, we are the Flash. Um, and then it didn't pay it off in the episode where the powers get swapped and she had the powers. Like, there, there was such an obvious joke right. to do there where he's like, we're the right. Flash though, right? And she's like, nah, suck it, I've got the powers. Now. I'm the Flash. <laughs> I'm the Flash. Yeah, I'm the Flash. <laughs> but never did. Yeah, but no, seeing, seeing them all there, in, and it's not just the, it's, it's the additions of Wallace and Avery too. Mm-hmm. Um, like really, it's Wally and his family the only thing that that are missing, and that hurts. It's just a teensy bit, you know. Um, yeah, I mean, but, Williamson, but they're all there. Williamson was teasing on Twitter this week that uh, Wally stuff is happening, uh, at least in Death Metal, if not more beyond. Well, the fact that he's one of the key storytellers in Death Metal, and the fact that he was sharing out what looked like panels from from his Flash. When he mm-hmm. told that part of the story, because that that wasn't from Rebirth, um, the one shot, it was the the other take of it. Yeah. That this is what it's been building to. So hopefully something, you know, he knows something. Um, but yeah. yeah, he's got something. Uh, but then Thon even the 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 you know the the playing field mm-hmm. runs off and collects his Legion of Zoom, which is you know all the Flash villains <laughs> basically. Yeah, <laughs> all of them. So, man, we got we got a bunch of them in here. I can name a um, decent amount of these characters. I don't know if I can name all. Of them. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah. Twister. You got um, who's the sniper guy over there? He's in the back. Uh, you Ragdoll. Got... Ragdoll. Tarpet. Uh. Um. What else we got in but there? They, they mostly seem familiar. Yeah. You know? Um. um a whole host of them. Obviously, the obvious ones that we don't feel the need to point out. Who's the big red yeah, at the back? Uh, the red at the back, that's Bloodwork. That was Williamson's own creation. Oh, right. I mean, I, I, remember, I, I remember Bloodwork. I just don't remember him specifically looking like that, but fair enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he was a big blood monster. Um, What I like, too, is that Razor's there, and I always bring up that the first comic I ever bought as a kid was an issue of The Flash, and I always forget what number. I want to say it's 68. Where it was Wally versus Razor, and <laughs> Razor's right there standing behind Abracadabra and the turtle. So uh, that was that was real cool to see him pop up right there. Um, no, I mean you get the sense that Williamson loves Flash history and Flash mythology. Mm-hmm. And he's trying to incorporate everything he can, um, and they're letting him go nuts here for his last arc, which is great. Uh, it's mm-hmm. a shame that obviously Wally's kind of left out, at least for now. Maybe I mean maybe he'll. Pull him into it by the end. Maybe, maybe he'll be the key. Yeah. He'll be the, the final piece yeah. of the puzzle. He is, he is the finish line. Yeah. We have, what, two more issues left? I think so. Yeah. Because this was part three. Two. So, oh, this is two? Mm. So then, yeah, part four would make more sense. But yeah, yeah no, it's it's really good. It's Again, I feel like the stuff that I trudged through and then I quit and then I came back. So yeah, maybe right. Paradox and year one, whatever. Yeah, well, maybe it wasn't that good. But however, um, this this makes me feel great as a Flash fan. So, year one was frustrating though because it was kind of rocky for a while, and we were hoping year mm-hmm. one would bring it back round, and it ended sure. up being worse than everything that had happened before. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, so that was a really awkward uh, thing. But hey, you know this was a solid enough issue. It didn't have. The, I think the cliffhanger from last issue was a more of a surprise and therefore more exciting. Uh, whereas yep. the cliffhanger, this one, you could see it, see it coming. You could see like all this stuff at the end coming a mile away. It was kind mm-hmm. of your typical setup for the big fight issue, uh, but it was a solid addition of it. So, 
Um, you know, it's another thing where I think if you're rating this in a purely objective obje- objective way, it's probably like a six or something like that because it's just kind of a serviceable mm-hmm. does the beats that it's supposed to do. But I think the love of the characters and the art being quite good kind of raises up a bit above that. So what are you rating them at? Uh, I'm going to give this a 7.5. Just, But I'm also a hack that loves the Flash, yeah. so I can't I, help it. I, I'm going to go with the straight 7, I think. Um, but good. You know, this is, this is mm-hmm. a, a really good 7 because everything it's doing is exciting and, and playing to our sensibilities. So, you know, happy days. Mm-hmm. There you go, that's the Flash. Suicide Squad, issue 8. Tom Taylor writing with Daniel Sampier on the art. And we have uh, mostly a flashback issue. It's kind of an origin story. Uh, for the Wink and Airy. Or the Airy and Wink. Airy and Wink, yeah. Um, setting up some context. Um, I obviously have some bookends with the other characters interacting with them. Because mm-hmm. they're telling them the story, basically. And yeah. explaining the the country and what Ted Cord might be trying to do is, is that's kind of the, the start of it. Is that Ted Cord's seemingly trying to get to the this this country, the oil reserve, um, yeah, Bandesia. Yeah, Bandesia. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, I think I'm kind of with Matt here actually, and that somehow Harleen's rejuvenated Harley for me. Maybe it's just because Tom Taylor's writing there, but I, I I kind of chuckled a little bit at her getting snacks uh, yeah. for the for the show and tell. Is is, yeah. is this the first step to Pete watching the Harley Quinn show? I don't know. I could watch him, like <clears throat> him hating it. Definitely. I would love to watch Pete watching that show. Yes, yeah. <laughs> that, that might that could be a Patreon thing, like you know. Uh, I, I mean. So, and, and, anyways. Yeah. Um. Yeah. <laughs> just let Tom Taylor do whatever. Like so, at this point, like. He's he's proven himself with you know established characters, and now you have this really sweet origin for for Wink and Airy. That man, I don't know, like it's it's almost too perfect. Like, yeah, well, I this, feel like there's a shoe about to drop with. One they of set them. this thing up where her country like discovered oil, right? And right. Deadshot says. Well, you just want it to be left alone. Why not just sell it all, and therefore you can be left alone and be rich? You're on a gold mine. In fact, no, you're on something more valuable than a gold mine. Was the <laughs> I love that line. Um, yeah, it's just like well, because you know we're an island and the sea levels keep rising. We didn't want to contribute to climate change, um, so no, we we morally stood our ground, and said no, we don't want that. Yeah, uh, right. Which I I space. Go ahead. No, no, carry on. Oh. Um, I, I spaced on the Airy being the the kid of the president. Like, I forgot about that because that happened mm. what first arc. It was like the second issue, maybe. Yeah, it was a while ago. Yeah, yeah, something like that. I I saw. I kind of forgot about that, but I do like how that you know <clears throat> plays into not just them joining the renegades and whatnot, but it, it's a personal. I'm doing this to protect my homeland. Revolutionaries. Yeah. Right, the revolutionaries. There you go. Yeah. Um, so basically, but... it's this story how the instead of like the, the, basically she got kidnapped, and her mother never gave in, and she was proud of hey, her mother for not giving up. Let's use the right right signifiers, Pete. Sorry, it's they for for the airy. Oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just that's Taylor's intent because uh, Wink Wink points it out numerous times. So uh... yeah. Yeah, Wing actually yeah, asks yeah. Uh, if that was correct in this issue. You know, right. there's a moment where you know, uses they and then you know looks at the area and is like, is, is that right? And they're like, yeah, they. 
Yeah, sorry, I didn't mean that. It was just yes, no. We know you didn't mean it, but still, I just wanted to because I know someone would point that out because it was in the book. So, um, but yeah, yeah, I, as you were. Yeah. So so, go kidnapped and basically because the ransom didn't work, it didn't you know the blackmail didn't work. It was like, well, we'll sell them off for basically meta human experiments and yeah something like, or other <laughs> they, they try to break the airy and they won't break because you know their mom i guess is a hardcore president right that you can train your kid to not break under oh, torture Matt, Mike. yes there's uh <laughs> very much we do not negotiate with terrorist vibe going on from the mother there. yeah 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 and so which is pretty badass given that this is <laughs> Her kid, right? <laughs> like that's right, a that's right, a pretty right. badass thing to do. It's like, no, right. I'm not negotiating like, with you. <laughs> oh man! And then so put them in this thing, put them in this this like meta gene thing. And so I, I did like that that their origin comes from this experimentation, basically to turn them into soldiers <clears throat> or whatever, um, and just. I like as well that it has a link to the Suicide Squad already, uh-huh. kind of in that that they recruit from here. Yeah. Uh, hey, the, well, yeah, we see off the Bucks training ground. We see Waller show up, yeah, eventually, and take uh, one of the TNTs as we as we. Yeah, um, which were they Teen Titans? Maybe I think believe so. Because at first when I saw them, I was like, oh, I know these, and I was like, they've not been in this book, right? And and then I think I think they were in the Teen Titans stuff when they got that big revamp around the thirties or so. Yeah, they are here is obviously very good, uh, but that that page where sh- where uh, the first takeoff with the wings, you know, the big blue wings and the, the sun's mm-hmm. behind them, and it's you know the coastline. That page is gorgeous. I mean, obviously you have the lens flare effect that's been added onto it to give it this effect, but it's actually it is very effective in what it's doing. Mm-hmm. Right, it, you know, it's got it's got this really great visual to it, but it's this kind of sad story, this kind of prison cellmate story where Wink is able to teleport in the room and forms this friendship, uh, which obviously develops more to the big kiss later on. And they see, you know, TNT being taken away and Wink basically says, look, we're going to get out of here and I'm going to trust you to fly because I can only, I can only teleport so far. Uh, we get the whole pizza joke where no one delivers pizza out here. So it's only the frozen one that the, the guards have. It mm-hmm. looks pretty good for a frozen one. Best I it can does, do. But it's not delivery, it's DiGiorno. I don't know if you guys got that there. That that's a local take takeaway pizza from the store and bake it, but it's so good it always looks like it's delivery. That that's what I thought it was. No, every every that's... store has their own. So okay. obviously they all have their own cheap frozen pizzas, but then most of them have a premium takeaway frozen mm-hmm. pizza. Some some are better than others. Okay, yeah, no, TNT, TNT was a revolutionary at the beginning. Is that one of the ones that died in the first issue? Yeah. Um so that's even him. That's Taylor going back. And yeah. Anyways, because I was like, why is that so familiar? Um, they were the Teen Teens. What was the one in Teen Titans that sounds familiar then? This made me remind me of that. I don't know. I'd have to go back and check. I have no mm-hmm. idea. So. No idea. But yeah, so the big great escape happens. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, we have the sad part actually, because Wink doesn't interfere when the when Waller's trying to take the kid and right. basically says that I don't want them to know I have my powers because once you have your powers and they know it works, they'll you know ship you off, they'll sell you to someone, they'll you know you're expected to like be a part of something. 
and you know doesn't want that so it's I, I thought there was a real sense of tragedy uh, speaking of beautiful art the sunset on the tree mm-hmm. with the, the bandage wing all that mm-hmm. stuff yep Looks yeah really croc oh man doing the stepping on the airy in you know just the wing like it's so heartbreaking vicious. yeah I, you know, I really, I think it's impressive to me that we have an issue of Suicide Squad where we focus on these two characters that are new to the book, and obviously you hope that books can do this and can introduce new characters and make you care, because if the writing's good, then you'll care about the new characters, and they'll be established, and they'll mean something, and he's probably going to kill at least one of these two characters off to make us, you know, cry by the end of this run. Yeah, that's why I'm worried. That's what I'm worried about. Cause... <laughs> but, like... So many books will try this, and it'll be like an annoying. It's like, oh, we're focused on these weird new characters. The writers try to like give these new characters their time, and it doesn't always work. But you get examples. In fact, one of the most annoying ones ever that was good was Scott Snyder's uh, Harper Row issue because I feel like Harper Row could just get abandoned. She's she's coming back in something. We'll see. She's she's <laughs> she's showing up in something soon. The, the, she was in the solicits. Um, we'll see. Well, and I feel like Taylor's really good at this too because you go back. We always bring up his all new Wolverine. And look what he did with Gabby. Oh, of course, yeah. All right, yeah. and Gabby is a brand new character that's now gone on, and yeah, I, I don't know where she stands with the Hickman stuff right now. It's all <laughs> real weird, but up to that point, it's a generous was... way of putting it. I'll, I'll, well, I'll yeah, just, but, yeah. I'll just add on to the, the the Harper Row thing is that having some occasional appearances is not the same as capitalizing because it felt like it was being set up, you know, she was being set up to be capitalized on in that run and then uh, i agree it just, felt like she was going to be the next robin figure yeah, essentially or right, something like that yeah the whole idea of bluebird right like different than the robin but so and then just kind of was left to wither i, I feel like snyder really wanted to set those up he didn't want to play with the toys himself but he wanted to leave them as options because mm-hmm. he did it with with duke as well to be fair for better or for worse he d- he did set him up and kind of bring yeah. him in um and you know like i said harper's boy I don't think he ever had a story to tell with them. I don't think he ever had ideas to play with them. He just wanted to leave something for other people to play with when he was done. Mm. That's, sadly, that's not enough people have. That's really frustrating, though, because to me, that's like... I don't know. It feels it feels weird to me uh, because it was such a good issue. It was one of his best issues, even, in that run. And to not actually do anything with it uh, just feels like a, a weird setup for no, with no payoff. Uh, to me, but uh, yes. I mean, if she gets used over the years and kind of becomes a thing, it, it won't matter in the long run. It'll just be like, oh, she was set up, forgotten about a bit, and you know, and and it, we brought by. It'll be it'll be no sure. different to any time Morrison grabbed the character and brought them back out yeah, of given, obscurity and became a thing. Given how many characters used to have their own books are now occasionally get obligatory little appearances to appease the fans who still love them. I'm not convinced that Harper Row is going to get a- any better treatment than those characters who had much bigger legacies. Maybe, maybe not. I mean, it's hard to say for sure. You just never know. You never know. It's unlikely, though. I mean, sure. The odds are stacked against her. That's all I'm saying. Anyways, her own creator. Her own creator would give her a proper follow-up story. Anyway, yes. Uh, so the big escape happens, big kiss. I like the awkward comedy of the of the the other TN team mm-hmm. being like, uh, "This is awkward." <laughs> uh, yeah, during the kiss, it, I, I don't blame him for that. No, not at all. Uh, so yeah, and Harley's reaction to it, hey, you know, it was a bit depressing in the middle, but what an ending! <laughs> um, what an ending! Yeah, yeah, all good stuff. Um, but of course, the big reveal here is that Ted Card, seemingly gone full evil, is going to use the TN team. 
uh, the one that they got, of course, uh, mm-hmm. who they've got in like a test tube. The big one. They're going to use the kid to blow up the country. Uh, blow up all the oil reserves. Yeah. Um, um, but then there's someone else in the in another tube that we don't get to see. That's true. Yeah, as a silhouette. Yeah, who who does speak says speak. someone will stop you. It's only a matter of time. So clearly, this is someone who's you know a, a hero or some kind. Right. Uh, well, it's a hero we know. I mean, it probably is because they're teasing who it is. I, I think the fact that they kept it in silhouette <clears throat> means it's someone we know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what should be Kate Man? With- Kate Man. It's Kate Man. I'm putting it down. my money's on the table. Oh, yeah. Um, here's here's my thing with with Ted. <laughs> look, look, Taylor. I, I get it. You you want to have your you know rich rich people can be real bad, even if they intend good. Actually, I get it. There was a lane in what? this. I they called the, him one of the, the news, most. It was one of the news reports early on. They said he was the last, like, uh, the only ethical billionaire. Ethical billionaire, and I actually sort of chuckled to myself and went, "Oh, I guess Bruce Wayne's keeping up the charade quite well then, if, yeah, they, if they think right. he's a scumbag." <laughs> maybe right. they just think he's a multimillionaire and, and not a billionaire. Oh, maybe. Right. Yeah. Also, hey. worth noting, he did just lose all his money, so uh, he's he's just. Nothing now. I mean, where do the books line up continuity? It's hard I, I, to I say. Don't I, just, I don't know. I don't think about it. Anyways. Yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah. So Joker's he... definitely not an ethical billionaire. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> There's a political joke in there, and I'm not going to make it. That is remarkable restraint for you, Matt. Thank, thank you. Yes. Um, I'll just say, it. He, he could run for office, and he'd probably get the nomination from a certain party. I'm just saying. <laughs> um, that, uh, Anyway, um, so he gets the military to to line up uh, nuclear subs around the island, mm-hmm. right? And and he wants his island for the oil reserves, and he goes on full on Heisenberg Breaking Bad here. Yet, I still want the reason. Maybe we're gonna get it, but to have Ted Cord, who is this beloved character, and to have it like this, the, the run's not I've, done I've yet. Enough, enough faith in Taylor that yeah, I do that, that, too. That, that there's a reason. There's something. He he wouldn't just be throwing because this would be infuriating. If this is just not take take an evil piece of shit now. I mean, no, uh, they, they, I no that. that's the thing though. They, that that can be the swerve though. The swerve can be that there is no actual swerve. Like they, they, if they if he plays it the right way, the the reveal can be that no, he is just this evil, and we'll get some sort of like, you know issue exploring how he became no. this evil no 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 pete you know you, you know you just saying there, like oh you know you, you'd hate them to you know leave harper behind there's all these characters that get the obligatory thing here or there because people like them mm-hmm. uh no, no no this is ted Cord just making him evil that that this would is, be like a complete character assassination this is yeah this is booster's best friend right he's he's you know one of Guy Gardner's friends, He's right? Spent decades on the goddamn Justice League, right? And like when you looked at Max Lord and Johns turned him for what they were doing with Infinite Crisis, it all made sense because he was always kind of like the sleazy business guy, right? And that was the cover. But Ted, man, Ted was almost the heart of the Justice League International. I, yeah, I, so... I almost want him to just be evil now, just to piss off Connor, right? That, that's I mean, that yeah, conversation he... is down to me. Fair enough. I, I don't want to be disappointed with an issue of this book of all books. I need I need the Bond monologue of him going, look, and, and basically turning him into Ra's al Ghul. Like, look, the Earth's dying. 
you gotta break an omelet. Just, or you gotta actually, make an omelet to break a few eggs, right? Can Wait, I just, can I just, just break, break egg to make the omelet? There you go. Let me speculate here. Have we ruled out hush? No. <laughs> uh, it's not. Come to find out the cords are also a close family friend of the Elliots and he was going after the wrong kid. <laughs> <laughs> He's secretly, Ted's secretly to be fair, been Tommy as, Elliot as, the whole time. As a hush motivation, uh, you know, he couldn't get Bruce. He, he tried, you mm -hmm. know, I don't know how in continuity the, the, that stuff is. He tried right. being Bruce and it didn't, it didn't pull it off that well. It just didn't work in the long run. Um, so now here, he took a different billionaire, mm -hmm. one that was less in the public eye, a little bit easier to get to. I mean, that would for, be an interesting story. Forgetting specifics, right? Your options here, if it's assuming Ted's just not somehow an evil, mm -hmm. is a master of disguise, which is like Hush, for example, right. uh, a shapeshifter of some kind. Uh -huh. uh, I don't know I think it's Clayface, but you know, that could be a possibility in normal circumstances. Um, a main control situation or control mm -hmm. of some kind. So that's lazy. I don't like that. Yeah. Um, given that he's doing this sort of evil talking in front of these characters, it mm -hmm. doesn't seem like he's just being forced to do it against his uh, will. No, I would say the fourth thing is context. If this yeah. isn't sure, you, we're seeing a lot of this. I mean, I know these scenes aren't from our character's point of view, but it's the book is filtered through these characters. It's there, you know, even even these scenes where he's being evil, it's kind of an uh, assumption of that mm -hmm. necessary if, evils. If, if, you're saying, yeah, yeah. If there, if there's some genuine logic to what he's doing you know if not just oh he thinks he's doing all right you know like no yeah. the, the know, plan works it makes sense to us as the reader that it's that, that we understand what he's doing here that's that's a good reason out. yeah mm. well i well i think what they're what he's doing and this is why uh, i'm gonna give tom taylor a lot of credit here is this is kind of watchman but he's taking Night Owl and turning him into Ozymandias, right? He's that character okay. that started off noble, and now he realizes, like, oh, Ozymandias kind of had a point that does, I got to manipulate things. There's something you know there. what I mean? Because I think the, correct me if I'm wrong, the revolutionaries, they suspect it's, it's about money, right? It's this yeah. is will make him richer. If that's the reason, genuinely the reason, I will hate yeah. it. Like there, there yeah. is no way of excusing that that I will not, mm. uh, barring you know, mind control or some something like that. Right, shifter or hush. If it's yeah. if this is Ted Cord doing this just to get richer, mm. I will hate. Yeah. Oh, me too. And that's why I think I have enough in him that it's it's about the bigger thing because that was his whole his whole death was about him uncovering this larger picture that no one was believing him on. Right, because they all have their hands busy doing something else, and so for for Ted to come full circle now is that he's running the same kind of thing, where it's for the greater good, ultimately. And from his point of view, this is the only ethical thing to do. Then I think it's fine. But as of this issue, him just Breaking Bad and evil monologuing to TNT and Rando in the tube, man, I don't like it. So, but I, I, I think that's the point. Hey, right? Ted, Ted Carr's been dead for me since the start of Infinite Crisis, so <laughs> everything they want to do with them now is very good. Just, uh, you know, just to say, a pretty wonderful issue, you know, and, and yeah. I don't want to diminish any of the, the origin stories. I've loved it all. No. That was good. However, we, we didn't mention the best thing in the issue because it comes uh, right at the start before mm -hmm. all of the, the, the flashback story. Mm -hmm. The name of the dog? Dog, dog shot. Dog shot, yeah. That yeah. is the best. Oh yeah, no, no, that... it's worth mentioning. Yeah, Deadshot's wife and kid are 
uh, with them. Yeah, yeah, I think we knew that from the last issue. I'm but, just you know, oh, keeping us up to date, and that's they're, they're, they're not hearing the story. They're outside playing with dog shot. Yes. I just realized what's going to happen. Deadshot, we, we all know he's dying. Right, oh, it, it literally says next the death of Deadshot. Yeah, yes, right? allegedly. <laughs> We're going to get a panel of Ted shooting Deadshot that's going to mimic Ted's death. And now Deadshot's going to be that rallying cry. Uh, Tom is, Taylor. Is Deadshot about to become a legacy character? I believe so. Oh, yeah, the kid's going to become... Uh, uh... She's good. She's she's Kate Bishop good with the narrow, so yeah. Uh, you know. Oh, what's what's a like a, a less lethal sounding version or dead shot that we could call her? Long shot. <laughs> I, don't know. I I almost said bullseye. Never really that guy. <laughs> Can't use that. Can't use that. You, you know that. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. There you go. De- yeah. Dead eye. Um. Trick, trick shot? Trick shot? Trick shot's not bad. Well, trick shot's also what, uh, Clint's brother. So okay, he can't have sure. that one. What was the name yeah. she took last issue? She had a name, didn't yeah. she? Oh, she did. Yeah, yeah. I don't remember what it was, but she did have one. Oh, I forgot. Yeah, it was. I remember it being that bad, actually. <laughs> uh, yeah, I remember I remember thinking it and I'm going, sure oh, it wasn't bad. I'm sure it'll come up. I'm sure it'll come up. Mm-hmm. Uh, if, if she does indeed don the costume and decides to go into this seriously, joins up with Teen Titans, whatever it may be. Uh, all right, it's a very good issue. We ended up debating yes. the, the the Ted Card stuff, but it is a very good issue. The origin that makes me really solidify who these two characters are, makes me like them, and possibly is going to mourn their death when they inevitably die. For the record, live shot. There you go, live shot. That's all right. Yeah, yeah, I'll do. All right, Matt, what are you giving Suicide Squad eight? I'm gonna give this an eight point five. Car? Uh, I'm gonna give it a nine. Ooh, Positive you. on this one. For, makes a change. Uh, I, I, I'll, I'm going to give it the 8.5 as well uh, to match Matt. So, I don't go. like Pete matching me this much. Matt, we're, soul, we're soulmates this week. Let's just accept it. <laughs> don't you say. Don't you dare. <laughs> well, it's the time we've all been waiting for. Action Comics 1024. Brian Michael Bendis Ryan with John Romita Jr. on the art. And there's a little asterisk here we have to mention because obviously it's normally me and Matt that talk about this. Uh, every month at patreon.com slash TV, a patron at a higher tier uh, $30 tier specifically can make either myself or Connor read a book uh, and we had a new one this month and when I said hey what do you want Connor to read you picked the, the Connor's Corner tier they said well this month Connor's reading Action Comics too." <laughs> so Connor's jumping in here mid-arc into the, the world of John Romita Jr. art uh, so this is going to be exciting so earlier on, I was indicating that there was like a movie reference that I wanted to make, and well, I'll point out specifically when we get to the page that it, 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 it struck me. There's, there's, obviously, it's bad art throughout because it's terrible. Um, but there's there's a panel in this book where somehow, instead of it looking like Superman's head is just on his shoulder, or shoulders, you know what I mean, right? It actually somehow looks like he's done like a full Exorcist 360, and his head, so instead of looking like he's, he's I think he's maybe, look, he's maybe looking at his left, right? But instead of looking at his left, it looks like his head's went all the way around the right to then land looking left. And I don't know how you achieve that just with a straight-on view in a comic book, but somehow John Romita Jr. has accomplished that feat. I'll point it out when we get uh, to it. 
you know, I was just skimming through to see if I could see it. Yeah. I think he's actually looking to his right. Well, there may be another round. I couldn't remember but, which round it was. But I, I think I know. I think I found it. Yes. Because if it's not that, then did it happen twice? <laughs> <laughs> the fact that you could, the fact that from my description you could recognize it. Oh, pretty easily. Yeah. It's saying something. So it's uh, it's yeah, it's not that far in. Yeah. So we have uh, what Mister Whisper, whatever he's called, who's uh like monitoring Superman mm-hmm. and Co. Uh, for Leon. Uh, so I actually posted on Twitter about some of the art here, particularly uh, Fire Chief Melody Moore, who looks nothing like she ever has before. She has spiky hair for some reason in this issue. Do you know what she looks like? Because, again, bear in mind, never read this character before. Yes. I don't know who she is. I assume this is what she looked like. She looks like something out of uh, like the Sandman books from the that's 90s. What, that's what I said on Twitter. I said, Sandman reject looking haircut was my okay. tweet. One, I did not see your tweet. Just want to make that clear. Sure. I had no idea. Um, so, so this... but it, it is, and, and it was fine in those books because that was of the time, and it was it suited the tone. So this, this up up to this point, this character has had shoulder length, flowing red hair. Yes, almost Lana Lang esque. All right. Oh, okay. When I tweeted this, someone responded with saying, "Wait, you say this might be this character," and posted some images from previous, mm-hmm. you know, issues. So I'm, I'm gonna I'm to gonna let you. Explain what goes on with Melody before I, I go off on my rant. Okay. So. What, the whole thing with Melody? Yeah. Because I'm very upset. Well, yes. This, 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 this is... <laughs> uh, uh, is this is sorry. my... Sh- you saw the, the, the old I, images. I've just seen the, the images, yeah. Yes. Yes. Uh, so I actually... If it wasn't for the fire hat, you know, the, the, the fireman's mm-hmm. hat that she's putting on the shelf, I would never have known this was her mm-hmm. uh, from that first panel. Um, So... Yeah, so this is essentially her final issue because the big shock thing here is that Red Cloud, in order to provoke Superman and co, kills her. And we get this big dramatic scene later on where Superman hears the the, the police radios or sirens or whatever in the distance and he flies off and the others follow him and he sees, we don't get to see it. And I think it's effective in not showing it it, as a a choice. Again, the art's all terrible, but the choice to not show the body, I think, is a good one. And Mm -hmm. I'm like... Her last appearance, she was unrecognizable in this I'd, horrible art. I'd like to say, I, I, I get where you're coming from, that it was the right choice to not show yeah. the body. However, I didn't realize she was dying in that first scene. You know, I didn't realize she was being mm-hmm. killed. It, uh, you know, I was like, it wasn't until later that, you know, and not knowing who the characters were, I had to really put it together. I was like, oh, that yeah. was that character that died. So, so, yeah, so Red Cloud has been used as, as Leon's muscle, right? And anytime she needs someone wiped out. Yeah. That, that's who she goes so to, right? Contextually, the, for you guys, seeing the yeah. red smoke uh-huh. was enough. Okay. Yeah. Because for me, no, I, 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 didn't know she was, I didn't know she was for sure dead, but yeah, it definitely no. ends in a cliffhanger of she's in danger, you know? Just... And, and I was like, oh, they're, they're taking her to use his love. She's running for mayor, right? Yeah. And Leon's going to offer her a deal. You know, you're going to work for me. This is, or, you know, so. but Pete nailed it. My biggest issue with that is, you know, Bendis created this character, right? She was someone that really looked up to Superman and what he stood for, and that gets so inspired that she's going to run for mayor. So for Leon to make one of her big moves by taking her out, yeah, narratively, that's great. But you're going to have the last time she's on screen, on panel, look like this? Let's try. I, I was laughing while you were talking, I don't know if it was anything you said, because I went to the next page, and it's when the super family are arriving in the Daily Planet, and... Yeah. Uh, as John's head, his forehead. <laughs> you mean I don't, I, I don't, 
I don't know what which uh, crappy B movie villain he's reminding me of here. I'm getting like a Matt Dillon kind of esque. Mm, I, I would like to talk about a couple of things on this page. Yes. This 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 top half of the panel. Uh, John's pose along with his forehead. What, what is that? <laughs> and also Superman's head kind of tucked down into his yes. into his shoulder into his chest. Like what, what's going on there? I don't know. Why, why, you, why is you, Brainy deciding? No, I'm coming in upside down. Screw the rest of you. Even Brainiac's like. Like, the way his knees are bent are kind of weird. It's like he's about to springboard off the ceiling. Yes. Uh-huh. Like he's like a swimming start. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the FBI are raiding the Daily Planet. Uh, Chase is pissed at Lois because of the, the whole Leon connection. No and the, the, per- yeah. Perry's freaking out because they have no paper to publish and blah, blah, blah. Uh, there's some jokes here with Brainiac hugging the Daily Planet ball. and uh, Those are good. Like, yeah. those, him, him saying, look at the keyboard. Like, the story here, I have little issues oh the story's the story's good the story i mean obviously Kara wouldn't really get the context i have no idea what's going on with any it it isn't like bendis obviously but like you know the actual story beats are solid and i think the actual death is 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 well done from a writing perspective the art kills all of it (laughs) yeah i it's very upsetting um because uh, and then because and then then uh, you're gonna bring Kara into this in the first like well, uh, up until up until the moment where Superman flies off, it was kind of like a, just a whatever issue where things are going forward that like they have been, and then this beat where he just flies off without talking to anyone, sees the you know the the body and tells other people not to look. In fact, it's actually it's when the others arrive at the body, the page where he looks like he's he's done a full exorcist twist to look down the the Do one you side. Know what I think part of it is because I was trying to figure it out. Uh-huh. I think it's the way the cape comes round mm-hmm. over one shoulder, so it's like over over the front of him but not on the other side. It makes it look like that should be the back. So that's why he's turning that way. But yes. he's not. And it, and that's what makes it the neck look so wrong. And then you've got like lines on the, the back of the neck to show the turning, but it looks like because of the cape, it makes it look like it's going in the wrong direction. It's it's terrible still. It's, yeah, it's, yeah. It's... Uh, no, I'm not excusing it. I'm just trying to deconstruct what's actually causing that horrible effect. Even the next page, the way he's got his chest up in there, as he's because mm-hmm. he flies up to the sky so he can basically scream. scream. Yeah, and that's when Kara shows up. And do you know what? I'm so happy Supergirl's involved with the rest of the family again. Of course, again, the art just ruins a lot of it. <laughs> but yes, she looks like Gollum. Can I uh, <laughs> now, now that now that she's here? I want to bring up one of my yes. Bendis complaints. Bendis specific complaints. Um, you can go way back to when we first learned that Bendis was coming uh, to DC. And one of my biggest complaints that I have for Bendis, that I said on, on record, is all his characters sound the same. In this issue, three different characters say Great Scott, and I don't feel like any of them really should be saying that. One at a push. You've got Lois, Clark, and Kara all saying that. Clark is the only one at a push I can see saying that. Lois and Kara, absolutely not. And why are they all saying it in the same issue? Kara is only like a page after Clark says it. I, I could buy it from Lois and Clark, being that it's Lois and Clark. But yeah, why is Kara saying that? That bugged me too. Uh, I can get Clark feels like okay. I, I can see him maybe saying it. Lois, if you tell me that she's picked it up from him, maybe. Mm-hmm. But it's the way it's it's the first thing she says when she walks into the planet and the FBI are all there, and she goes, "Great yeah. Scott, like, what are you all doing here?" I'm like, what? What? It's not the first that, time that, she said that it, threw me off already. It's not the first time she said it in this run, so it didn't throw me off because it's at least been established that it's something she says. Okay, fair enough. It, it felt out of character to me coming in, like her just kind of yeah. throwing out there. And like I said, maybe I could buy she's picked it up from Clark, who I can buy saying it. But then Kara as well, all three of them in the same issue. Like, yeah. What? I think the way Kara acts is very in character, though. You know, the whole holding mm-hmm. Superman, all that. That's all fine. 
Uh, we do the round of, wait, who's this Connor idiot? <laughs> you know, uh, sequence here. Uh, where they try to explain. She's like, oh, yeah, I forgot John was all big now. Um, also, you... her, her saying, oh, oh, are we related? She's like, oh, I'm the clone of Superman and Lex Luthor. And she goes, so I'm going to say no. I'm like, well, no, 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 that means you are. Yeah, kind of, yeah I would say kind of related to her. Um, that, that, that kind of makes her I mean, an aunt, I guess. Again, I like the story beats here right. of this this murder essentially says makes Superman, like he's so driven to find Leon and, <laughs> and find the Invisible Mafia that he starts to look for where he can't see to try and find where right. they're hiding. And all the super family then start helping him. Mm-hmm. And we get, you know, th- these... And this is what was, was, was always so frustrating when the art's not good. Um, in fact, the best panel of the whole book is the page where Mr. Whisper says they've found him, and you get the two-page yep. spread. And the reason why it's the best panel is because most of it's just all in darkness, and you just see the, the red yeah, eyes. that's what I'm saying. <laughs> the proportions are still off because it's JRJR, but yeah. because there's not a lot of line work, it's fine. So, no. yeah. I, 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 so, but the actual story beats here, I love they're, they're looking for them. Uh, Leon's being cocky and thinking she'll never be found. Uh, uh, the, the scientist from Young Justice is there and complaining that she wants, you know, protection or whatever and no i mean the, the, the story beat moments are good that is the frustrating thing about this uh in fact Cora finally gets to see what i was talking about how red clouds supposed to be clouds and in the past she has been here she looks like red group because everything's all sharp mm-hmm. because of yeah. the way um, just it. a question on that that uh page you you like with the silhouette can any of you answer to comparatively, me like... comparatively comparatively <laughs> okay comparatively you know, relatively speaking, like yes. in the context of this book, I'll, I'll be fair. Yes. Can any of you explain to me why Superman's belt doesn't glow like everyone else's? Like everyone has their yellow belt glowing, or at least the symbol Kara has about the whole, you know, the, the yellow. Uh, John and Connor both have, uh, you know, the symbol or the or the belt. Superman's just nothing. And I don't understand why. Because he has the yellow belt, right? Yeah. You're, uh, you're spot on, there, Connor. Um. It felt noticeably absent because he was just there was nothing over his whole body until his feet, and then I'm like, I, I really felt the empty space more. Again, there's, there's pages of this issue where characters' heads don't look like they belong in the body. <laughs> the this missing from this silhouette page is really the least of my concerns, but I can see what you're saying. <laughs> Look, I'm, I'm not saying there aren't other problems. <laughs> there are lots of other problems. There's a long but, list, and this is like number 27 on it, so... <laughs> yeah, it doesn't excuse this, though. I want to call it out. It, look, if people are paying good money for, for me to read this shit, <laughs> I'm going to pull out all the critiques I can. You're, you're not wrong. I, I mean, yeah, that's this is what it is. Um, I, I get what you were saying about the, uh, the, the mist, whose name I've forgotten already. Red Clouds. Um, yeah. Red, cloud. Red Cloud, thank you. Um, uh, yeah, I, I wouldn't have guessed that was supposed to be fog, mist, or whatever it is, uh, yeah. gas. And other um, artists did draw it correctly. Like, other artists did draw it, mm-hmm. and it was clearly a, a vapor. Is it, is it the whole body is supposed to be vaporous, or yeah. just the tendrils coming off? Mm-hmm. Whole body. Okay. Uh, yeah, this, uh, this is just a wrong, then, I guess. Yeah. That didn't look that bad to me, because I got the frame of reference of yeah. what the design was supposed to be. But, okay, fair enough. I'm going to laugh when they are in the Daily Planet Globe. And that's where they're hiding. <laughs> yeah. oh, that'd be pretty funny, actually. Oh, uh, that would be terrible. Dear. 
No, I, uh, I mean, there's so, there's so much wrong with a lot of this that uh, even the second page where it's the two page layout of like the Whisperer, uh, Mr. Whisper talking to Leon about watching the, the supers and even Superman's face in that bottom sort of panel, the wide panel at the bottom. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, it's just like, what's going on there? Why is there all these lines and not all, even all over his face, just, just kind of in the corner of his jaw going to kind of the cheek. Yeah. I would also I would say on these first couple of pages, I feel like I personally should have been very grateful for these because they felt very recappy. Mm-hmm. And obviously I'm just jumping in here. Um, but I struggled to get through it without zoning out multiple times because there was just so much dialogue like that that all was just going on and on and on and on. Even even for me, there was a lot of of dialogue in this issue. Mm. But I don't know if I was just thinking about it more because I was like, oh Connor's gonna have to read this. I, I so, mean, I, I didn't have a problem with the dialogue after the first few pages. It was just the recappy stuff I, at the I start. Don't know, that was bad. That page where uh, Lois gets into the planet and they're all there is pretty terrible for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, like it, It's almost like Bendis knew there was a couple of silent pages coming up and was like, I need to cram more in. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, it, it's pretty overwhelming, especially in that first half of the book. Oh, well... Uh... I do like what the story does, though. I mean, just to, I just want to make that clear because this is yeah. this was always going to be a mostly negative discussion because of the art, but uh, I do actually like the story beats and the dramatic moments that it has. But unfortunately, the art does legitimately distract from them every single step of the way. Matt, what are you giving Action Comics? I'm going to give this a art mm, real bad. I'm going to give this a four point five. That's rough for Matt, Connor. Uh, it's a two from me. <laughs> this this is legitimately worse than some issues of Red Hood that I've read because at least those have art that makes it quick to get through and just yeah, oh, mm. I, I can sit and watch a, a a perfectly pretty looking fight scene for six pages. Yeah, I. Uh, this is so tough because I can't believe what the story's doing, but the art mm-hmm. does just tank it so much. Yeah, I might have to go with a four. I this hurts so much because like I like what the story's doing and have done for most of the the, the action comics run, uh, and this mm-hmm. art is just it it says a lot that I can come in and give this book a two and it's not like obscenely low compared yeah. to your scores. Honestly, like I'm someone as long as the art is like serviceable, it won't detract from the story if I like the story. If I like the if the writing's good, obviously great art will enhance it. But as long as it's serviceable art, this is like one of the few examples I can think of where the art is actively just tanking it. Like, not not just, yeah. like, you know, putting it down a point or two. Like, it's tanking it completely. Yeah. But it's that bad. It is that bad. Uh, so... It's Action Comics. I can rest my voice. Justice League Dark, issue 25, Ram V and Amanke Nahulpin, if I'm saying that remotely correctly, mm-hmm. probably not. Uh, take it away. Um, so Swamp Thing's overpowered as hell now. Huh? <laughs> That's one way um, I put it. Yeah. Yeah, so we, we have Diana and Zatanna. That's fun to say. Uh, in the Upside Down, the other realm. Um, and Zatanna, Zatara appears to them. That was at the end of the last issue, right? Yeah. Um, so we actually have a little flashback at flashback. the start of this. Of Zatanna learning that magic has a cost. Basically, you know, a rabbit's died or whatever, and she tries to bring it back to life with her magic. 
and mm-hmm. Zatara comes out and sees what she's done and is like, oh god. And he's like, you know, whatever whatever was going to happen to her, you know, I'll take it instead. It, you know, uses magic to take away the, the price mm-hmm. to him instead and then immediately starts like bleeding from the mouth like he's been punched in the jaw or something mm-hmm. uh, is what it looks like, like magically. And it, it, this is her understanding, no, 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 you can't just bring shit back to life. There's a cost. And this was for something as small as a rabbit. So don't don't try this again. Uh, very important start, I think. Uh, to, yeah, you know, and it's with... it's something that I read because uh, I don't read magic stories that often, but it seems to be the well you go to that magic has a price. And that's always one of the rules that they add in because there was a whole all of Jason Aaron's uh, Doctor Strange run was magic has a price, and that then he he kept putting off that price for as long, and it just caused every issue that he was having. Um, so yeah, so and it makes sense that the that's what we're getting here is that it's almost as if Zatara paid the ultimate price to keep the other kind Could down. Be, yeah. Uh, also, yeah. just um, before we get into the rest of the issue proper, uh, I don't know if you follow Rambi on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Um, he kind of mentioned this week people were asking him questions about upcoming stories and such, um, and because we were speculating when the solicits came out if this was actually ending or not, uh, it wasn't mm-hmm. clear. Uh, I, I'm leaning towards not now, based on what he said, because right. he talked about how, uh, at the minute, he's just wrapping up the stories that Tynan is, uh, you know, established. Right. And he'll be moving on to his own stuff after. Now, whether or not mm. that means his own stuff in another book is technically, I guess there's enough right. wiggle room there where you could get away with that. But it felt like to me that, no, 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 he's got stuff planned to start after he's dealt with the, the yeah. other kind, which I'm looking forward to. Yeah, so... We get them, and you know the upside down man's basically saying it was futile for you to come here because, you know, I am the the shadow of Hecate, and being that, like, I, I'm basically undefeated. Like, you know, yeah. once I'm unleashed, there's no putting me back in. And then we we cut over to what uh, Manbat and Swamp Thing have been up to, and that Manbat has been doing like tests on Swamp Thing and that because of this he's he is basically a swamp which I, I do like that I don't know if this is Tynan or, or Ram V but as you know he's more than just the green in the swamp right because think about what a swamp is mm-hmm. that's all these organisms living in harmony um, and that's what Swamp Thing is now right he has little pieces of the red and the black and all these other parliaments and he's more than just Alec Holland ever was and just as, as an agent of the green um and, and the idea and, that wherever the green is he can be and and that he can go beyond in you know so okay he, he starts on this world and he's tethered the this world to the green a specific spot mm-hmm. and then he can get right. into the green from there but from there he can go beyond into other realities any anywhere there is life essentially he can get right he can travel via the multiverse now multiverses through the green which is that's something that's new it's you know? cool as shit and there's a page of him kind of falling all the world space and universes um yeah. with like all these vines going through it and you know like melting planets essentially yeah. and it's a it, gorgeous page and it, it, when you think about it this book's always been about magic and horror right and this one it's almost kind of like the wonder of life right that this is what yeah. he's capable of because he's become more than just the green um, and he's almost ascended. And uh, so he <laughs> barges on in on Diana and Zatanna. And, and 
kind of takes care of the upside down man for the moment, which is yeah, really shocking. I, I love this sequence. Uh, just to rewind a little bit to Zatanna, she's kind of mm -hmm. realizing her magic, specifically her backwards magic, is particularly right. strong in this place because it's the upside oh, down, right? right? So it's it's all mm -hmm. backwards. And she's like, oh, I, I, she thinks Zatara has kind of actually been training her for this without realizing. Mm -hmm. um, she does some cool stuff. She does a, a pew pew with a with a gun fingers. Yeah. And yeah, it's it's Takes it's awesome. Chunks of it, so damn, man. Yeah, it's awesome. Um, but just as Swamp Thing's coming in, because obviously we, the last season he's traveling through realities, you know, the, the, these vines going through the multiverse, as we see, the the page literally shatters. He breaks the world to get in. Um, mm -hmm. it, it completely shatters these panels. It's really effective because it's it cuts like you know characters into pieces and kind of forms them at different angles. They're not just you know shattered in bits. They you know some of turned inward some some are turned out and it still tries to present the image neat it doesn't you know split up into separate bits it, it presents the image still as if it was one panel and then fractured afterwards and it's mm -hmm. really interesting effect and that's when something comes in and just you know grabs him and you know it while it's still shattered and then you get the the power bit. okay swamp things here the, the the universe kind of re resets but molds around him and you just have his hands coming in with the big red eyes. And oh my God, what a page that, that, that you turn onto this giant swamp thing grabbing him. It's got a big cocoon sound effect as his hands come together. Uh, fantastic moment. Yeah, it's, I'm, I'm going back over these. Um, yeah, no, 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 it's really cool. Uh, but yeah, but he's still super powerful because he's in the other realm. And so, you know, Swamp Thing's even like, yeah, as powerful as I am, I only bought it some time. And yeah. it's time, for time what? for the rest of us to find our own answers. And he, when he was talking to Mamba earlier, he, he hinted that, you know, Bobo's on a mission. He'll, mm -hmm. he'll, be, he'll, he'll get back to us soon and he'll find what he's looking for. Uh, and he says it's not like he sent Bobo on the mission, just this cryptically, like, he knows shit mm -hmm. now. Um, and that, that's where we end. We, we end with, with Bobo, you know, coming to a pub in London. Should be there, but John Constantine, uh, in a precarious situation, shall we say, he's, he's hanging upside so, down in midair with a bunch of tarot cards. Right, and other stuff in the bar, bar stools, are are hovering in his mouth, the silence with the full card, which is a nice touch. I thought so too. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, but yeah, um, Ramsey's taken over quite nicely, even if these are tiny threads. Um, he's kind of doing his own thing with them. I feel like. He really likes the whole idea of the parliaments working together with Swamp Thing and just how powerful Swamp Thing is. Yeah, I, I think it's, it's worth noting that while the first few issues still had Tynan listed as a uh, mm -hmm. the plots or you know vaguely um, co-writer, mm -hmm. whatever whatever credit he was specifically given, that's gone now. This is well, maybe it's going with ideas and things that that Tynan's up threads. This is not mm -hmm. what Tynan would have done. This is not the story he was building to necessarily. This isn't the ending he had planned. Ramvi isn't working off Tynan's ideas. He's just taking the the threads that Tynan left and established and finishing them in a way that he thinks makes sense. Mm -hmm. And, and it, to, to that point, he's doing a great job of it because it feels really natural. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't feel like, you know, this has come out of nowhere. It feels like, no, really satisfying conclusion. I mean, we're not quite there mm -hmm. yet, but so far. And... Uh, I think that there's something to that, to being able to pick up those threads, build on it, and still feel like it's his work uh, while being a conclusion to what came before, even if it's a 
different conclusion, I'm sure, to what Tynan would have done. Yeah. Yeah. And but it's all it's all well. He's juggling all the characters really well. It's good to see Man Bat back being his, you know, mad scientist self and being all excited over these discoveries, because I feel like that character was kind of missing for a little bit when, when all the chaos was going on. Yeah, you know, it feels he, like Ramby maybe didn't quite have an idea of what to do with him straight away. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's getting there now. Um, yeah. I'm intrigued. It's actually left me quite excited to see what he does on Catwoman, because that's starting... I think he has Soon. a story in 25. I don't know if he takes mm-hmm. over with 26 in proper, or if it's slightly after. But mm-hmm. uh, I'm, I'm actually quite excited for that now, based off of reading what he's done with uh, mm-hmm. Justice League Dark. Because, again, this is a, a sleeper hit of a book. Um, kind of like this and Hawkman have been those two yeah. pillars of conveniently the two books that Pete hasn't been reading that, that me and Matt no. have been loving every but, month and month out these have been consistently like top tier books yeah and it's not just that it, they're the books that I look forward to like on those weeks like this is the one I was really there's, there's something like, okay, for. like uh, I'm, I'm sure I'm always going to enjoy a Batman book like whatever Batman book it is at the time uh, mm-hmm. I'm sure it'll be there. You know, Wonder Woman, whatever. Yeah, okay, sure. I'm not excited to read that because it's, it's those tentpole characters. There's always going to be a mm-hmm. book for me to read. If even if it's not the brand new one, there's untold, you know, untapped amount of stories that that they have that I haven't read yet that I know a good mm-hmm. quality that I can get to. But stuff like this, where I get accepted these side things because oh, I don't have tons of these characters. This this particular permutation in this case, because obviously these characters all have various runs of their own for the most part. But mm-hmm. this specific permutation this team i don't have this or, or much of it so it's, no. it's exciting to know that i've got this and it's going to be good quality well and and the fact that you get diana and zatanna playing off of each other really well like Such they are great pairing that has not been explored that much i feel like out of the mm-hmm. trinity zatanna is often paired with with batman or mm-hmm. you do you do so occasionally right. do see him paired with superman because of his lack of magic skills right uh right. but i think those two have well, you know, this, this rapport throughout comics history at this point whereas diana i can't think of a lot of examples of the two of them no well i also like too that that, that clark knew zatara somehow you know yeah. and there's that respect there you know so he feels like he can and, reach out to zatanna and, and i do um, like this uh i think i think it's from tynan's detective stuff the the bruce mm-hmm. training with zatara for a bit to understand yep. magic so so he knows how right. to fight it um right so they've got this history as well. You know, I, I like all that stuff. And I like that we're, okay, now we've got something with Diana as well um, to, to really round her into the into the Trinity. Yeah, it makes sense. So yeah, so what's your rating it? Uh, I'm giving this a nine. This is a great issue. Uh, some fantastic art that uh, kind of does what I was saying I was missing on Wonder Woman almost, where the, the art kind of just felt routine and, uh, you know, it was lacking some of the flair. This has flair in abundance with what it does with its layouts. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna give it eight point five. Um, still, still really good, but you know, mm. I can't follow up Connor describing all the art like that. He can't. I mean, I don't know. Don't slip in a banana peel and fall on your face. I mean, you, you probably did the right job. Okay, well, yeah, as long as you believe in me. <laughs> I do, Matt. I do believe in you. Hey, thanks. <laughs> I believe in you almost as much as I don't believe in Connor. Uh... Yeah. That's a lot. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, next up, Batman Superman issue 11, Joshua Elmson writing with Clayton Henry on the art. Uh, rounding out this, uh, was this been three parts in total? This so, uh, yeah. Ultra Humanite story? Mm-hmm. 
uh, which is, yeah, fun little three-par, uh, which I think we've all enjoyed. At least we enjoyed the first two. We'll find out if we all enjoyed this one. It's safe to say at this point, I think this is a solid B-tier book. And by that, I don't mean yeah. that the stories are bad. No, I not mean, at all. It's telling these stories that aren't super important. They're just kind of fun romps. And I've got room for that when they're this good, mm-hmm. when, they're, when they're enjoyable. I mean, I'll, say, I'll say what I said last time. This is a better done example as to what Justice League's been kind of trying to do since a Snyder's run ended. Yeah. Uh, and it's been doing a better job of I it. Think, I think Justice League maybe had some individual issues, which I liked more than maybe any issue of this. Uh, but as a whole, in terms of, okay, the two to four issue story arcs that this has been doing since it got over its murky early days, uh, this has been very consistent. It's just because that first arc was a tie-in to whatever was yeah, going on yeah, at the time. I'm, I'm not holding that against it. Yeah, so... Yeah, Batman's being controlled by Ultra Humanite. Uh, he's got that sort of atomic skull kind of effect uh, on his on his cool. It's pretty cool. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, Superman shows up and demands that he fix it. He's like, nah, Batman's going to blow. Uh, Superman seemingly has to kill Batman so he won't blow up with his heat vision. Uh, yeah, you know. So I like that. <laughs> Even though Matt, any other conversation now, Superman shouldn't kill except when it's Batman. No, I like that. That was good stuff. That's What's really bad is the only thing I could think of is I don't know if you've seen the the, the trailer for season two of the boys yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a new character they're introducing this uh, this female superhero slash villain mm-hmm. um, who who and, and one of the lines she says to Homelander is laser my effing tits. And, and that's all I could think <laughs> too much, just blasting into Batman's face. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I liked a lot of the stuff with Ultra Humanite here in that, you know, we thought it was nanotechnology at play and whatnot, and then in a in a nice, fun turn, it turns out Ultra Humanite's brain, from so many times of being downloaded and put into different things, is just kind of a mess, and it's hooked up into this network. And it was such a fun-looking... Um, a fun-looking sci-fi image. I like and the purple also, Yeah, the purple tent, because of the atomic skull's fire, apparently almost has, because of the radiation, has like a healing property, where it would phase off really fun later. Um, yeah. And I do like this. This felt like, as, as someone that was growing on the atomic skull in Superwoman, uh, for what they were doing, and uh, making him part of the uh, Metropolis Science Police, and whatnot. Um... I, I like that this seemed that Williamson's like, no, I'm going to honor Atomic Skull. And I'm going to have Bruce and, and Clark talk about him. And he was trying to become a good man. And Ultra Humanite got in the way of that and ruined everything. So I, I love all the stuff that he put into that here. Yeah, Joe, um, honestly, my, on, my only thought I was having during uh, this otherwise having fun, I, I like that both of them are saying he, he went out a better person and he went out a hero yeah. all that. But my only thought I was having on this is like, yeah, this is kind of a rompy B-level book, and uh, it's a shame that a character seems to have went out in a, mm-hmm. a story like this, and now he's just gone. And so when I got to the ending, <laughs> and it was like, ah, oh, no, he's fine. He, he literally gets yeah. out of his grave. Well, once <laughs> once they establish, yeah, once they establish that he that this fire has the healing kind of radiation property to it, I was like, oh, all right, he's fine now. It's been enough time. And then, yeah, zombie style gets up out of the grave, and like Carter said, I need a drink. And he goes off. So yeah, hopefully there is hope for him becoming a... a... Go ahead. There's a, there's a couple of bits that reference stuff that's happened in Teen Titans. Mm-hmm. And it's about a, a mysterious jailer and Batman's like, we need yeah. to hunt this down. Uh, yeah. Robin. 
Uh, it says, yeah, that's okay. Was was that the implication that Damien was the jailer? Yeah, well, actually, seemed in that. I, I have panel. I have uh, some insight on this. Uh, David, one of our, our loyal patrons, mm-hmm. uh, told me how Teen Titans ended this week. Yes, uh, David, the bastard that he is. Yes, maybe it's got to read Uh So it, that's basically said. Batman says, "Oh, I, we have to put a stop to this," and it says, "You'll see Teen Titans Annual Two. I think it is uh, mm-hmm. for the for the story, uh, which I think was the one that was out this week. Uh, apparently, the end of the issue of Teen Titans this week." Uh, Damien and Batman get into a fight, and Damien rips off his R, uh, basically disowning the uh, the Robin mantle. No, Robin no more. Yeah, Robin no more. Yes. So, uh, so he's that never seen that happen. So, so so dramatic. So hey, he's a teenager now, Matt. We got to go through this for for context sake and other books that that might come up that he's not like full on Robin okay. anymore. So we'll see. I, I'm glad because. Because there was the clear implication that Robin was the jailer yeah. in that first panel. And I went, oh, okay, cool. Well, and then it got to the end that this was a mystery and they were like, oh, we're going to hunt this person down. To, to be fair, though... Like, Is it? Or was that a misleading panel? To be fair, though, I'm pretty sure on the one issue we read of that run before we decided we didn't want to anymore, I think they even set up in that first issue that they were going to start jailing uh, I villains. I don't think I read that issue. I think you, I left that uh, to you, Max. I didn't want to put myself through it. But I, I think they actually said that. I think that's been that entire run has been about the idea of them just jailing the, the criminals they don't think should be out there, you know, without the justice system. Uh, so fair enough. So it's in keeping with that run, at least. If, yeah. Whether or not that run is to our taste is a different matter, but at least it's consistent. Yeah. So mm-hmm. it seems like a fairly nice little bit of continuity. Yeah. And that says ultra. And, uh, Ultra Human X body gets destroyed, but his brain's still okay, and they've got it. Yeah. yeah, and I'm glad that we've got... Okay, we can do more Atomic Skull stuff soon. Oh yeah, I'm glad about uh, that too. I, I, I do quite like Atomic Skull. Uh, you know, all the stuff that we've done with him in the in the past, in, in, in agencies and such, is, has been fun. You know you're a DC shell when you, with a, with a completely straight face, say Atomic Skull is better than Ghost Rider. It's true, about it. isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to go that far. I, I genuinely genuinely believe that and i'm not saying that ghost rider is bad or that there aren't good ghost rider stories just that i haven't read them the best ghost rider story i've read was the uh the the the, the uh the punisher ghost rider killing thanos mini series from donny cates that was mm. that was great all right well uh, it says next the brainiac files return with a old you know computer you know like mock-up of brainiac's image so uh Again, I'm, I'm getting a sense of fun from this. Where they're, they're going to like play into the the computer angle of it. Uh, yeah, I'd expect fun things. I think we, we should obviously mention the art. Obviously, we, it's Clayne Henry again. We've had him for the past couple of issues. Mm-hmm. Um, and his pacing's really solid. I think his uh, facial expression is really, uh, really good. There's a two-page layout in the middle. It's when Superman like sort of flies into Ultra Humanite and sort of does a, like, a punch to the chest. Uh, I thought that looked quite good. Yeah, I actually really like the the bottom half of that where Ultra Human just kind of goes across panels and like you know he's punching Superman out of the panel essentially uh, with the effect that it has. That's really strong. Uh, of course, there's still the occasional long forehead, um, uh, indicative of, yeah. of Henry's work at this point. I think that's just a stylistic that's thing. The, yeah, that's the worst thing about his art, I think. But uh... yeah, but it, it it fills in the the B style, you know, almost like it's a B movie. You know, it's a little bit larger than Very, life. Uh... Expressive, cartoony, like I say a little mm-hmm. over exaggerated in a good way. Um, for some reason, for some reason, I thought Matt was going to say it fills in the rest of the piles too much open space, so he makes the, the foreheads bigger so that the heads will yeah. take up more space. You say that, but there has That's been true. a lot of discourse on Twitter this week about backgrounds in comics, <laughs> so it wouldn't have been off topic. 
Uh, so they, are we giving it, Matt? Uh, I'm gonna give this one an eight. Yeah, you give it, Connor? Uh, it's a seven point five for me, but I did really enjoy it. Yeah, solid seven for me, I think. Yeah, I had fun. That was good. Uh, like Atomic Skull. Yeah, looking forward to more. So that's Batman, Superman, issue eleven. Legion of Superheroes, issue 8, Brian Michael Bendis, and 20 artists, who <laughs> I'm not going and to name. And one I didn't have to read. Yes. Um, confession time, I didn't read this either. So... Ah, <laughs> son of a bitch. <laughs> you a-hole. <laughs> it finally happened. It broke. Uh, Look, I, I had nine books included in this. Two of them were really long, because uh, Three Jokers and The Question were both, you know, biggies. And... I didn't get a lot of sleep last night. I got like three hours sleep. I, w- I was up watching the original Evil Dead on stream because I had to do that for streams this weekend. And I ended up waking up after not a lot of sleep and I had all my books to read. And I was getting towards the last few and I was like, you know what? This stupid one artist per page Legion issue that I've not been looking forward to. So this, I think I can skip it for this, now. <laughs> sure. So I'll just give the quick hits version of it. This isn't what I thought it was going to be with the... You know, the, where they said they were going to give little origins of the Legion characters with the artist. Mm-hmm. It is a, a story, and this is the trial of the Legion of Superheroes. And it's got um, the the president of the United Planets and talking with Chameleon Boy. Um, and it intercuts with what the main Legion is doing. And over the course, each page is a different person. Uh, and mixed into there are origin-esque stories of, you know, them going into, like, who some of these characters are and showing how how and why they would be on the Legion of Superheroes. Which was, which was cool, because, you know, you hear that it's almost going to be this one artist per page origins, that it was going to be very, you know, we're going to take a break from what's going on in the story, and that didn't happen at all, which is a nice surprise. Um, but yeah, you, you get a lot of Good art, some, you know, for me, hit or miss. Like, it's not all the I mean, best. It's 20 but... different artists. You're not going to like all of them, I'm assuming. No. I mean, you got Lemire, who, you know, Lemire's art's hit or miss, and I don't really think it fits some of the Legion I, characters, because it makes I think some... Lemire's art fits Lemire's writing phenomenally yes. well. Like, if he's doing his own indie stories, his right. art is probably the best of those stories that you could possibly right. get doesn't necessarily fit superhero work. No. So the first couple, you have the, you know, the the origin of Element Lad, and, you know, he's auditioning, and he shows off his powers and explains, oh, the Horaz, who are these, you know, space pirates that were stealing the Trident, took advantage of his people because they can transmute elements. And so he wants to fight against that happening to other people. You know, he wants to wave the, the Legion standard that lets people know that you're not going to be taken advantage of. And then you get Dustin Wynn doing a thing with Dream Girl, and she appears, and she's this, this sparkling, um, like, sparkling golden figure that wanders in and says, you know, tells them about the precogni- or precognition that I can see just enough to know that, like, this is going to be chaos, but we're going to do ultimate good. Um, and they're all kind of dumbfounded with her, um, and they call her Dream Girl, and she's like, "Girl, sure, you know." So almost like her people don't really have that thought that she, you know, Dream Girl's just who she is, you know. Uh, and you have who is this? This was Princess Projecta, who can give out 
her whole power set is making illusions. So they go to recruit her, and she's like, oh, yeah, I'm a princess on my planet. I want to pay for the Legion of Superheroes. And the, the main core three are like, wait, no, we're, we're, we have a charter. We don't need to be paying. We, we want you on the team because of your power. Um, and, you you know, we don't, we're not going to respond to your authority. Um, we have to be a part of the team. And uh, it shows what she can do. So the room that they're in that looks like this big, palatial thing is just almost like a, a prison cell almost so it adds layers but then you get into you know the oming but that was um the cat woman girl john thank you um uh and then this is where you start to get into the chameleon boy stuff which is him going back and forth with his mom about what's been going on and it's michael uh avon oming you get a really cool liam sharp page about Rimbor and the um, Ultra Ultra Boy and his whole thing with his dad and and whatnot. Um, but yeah, so the overall story after this point now is they took down the the Crab General and that in doing so has created an inter, basically interplanetary incident and the president's having none of it. Um, and so you get to see some stuff where, like, the Rimborians come and they try to, like, they get uh, Wildfire, who's the guy that's a suit. Like, he's an energy being. They pull him out of a suit to contain him into, like, a trap. And um, they go take him away. And it's just, it's chaos. Monel tries to fight the, the Crab General, ends up getting beat up. And anytime John shows up around him to help him, he, like, distances himself. Come to find out that he's a great, 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 great grandson of of John, and that he shouldn't be interacting with him because he doesn't want this to change the past. So he's just trying to stay away. Um, you get a really good page of of uh, Saturn Girl by David Mack in his watercolor style of her reaching out to the rest of the the legion of their plan um and stuff but yeah so again it's it's a little bit frustrating to jump from one page artist because you get used to a thing um just and as then you get used jump, to it changes yeah but you get a lot of fun character beats like with colossal boy where they pull from from the the wade legion that he is naturally that big and his powers to shrink so his name shouldn't be colossal boy it should be like you know shrinky dink or Microblad, not Colossal Boy. And they're like, you know, just not now. You you can have this when we're not in a fight. Um, so, but, but yeah. The big question is, are you looking forward to a whole other issue doing this? I mean, as long as the story keeps going that way. So it ends with Pharaoh Lad, who, when he becomes his iron form, he loses vitals. And so they think they have lost a member, but he's just gone into his mode. And he goes to knock out um, the Crab General and ends up causing this massive explosion that ends up, you know, causing chaos. And, of course, the, the Legion doesn't like that, so now they're going to be on trial. Or the Legion, the United Planets don't like that, so the Legion goes on trial. So that's now with the next issue. So I'm pretty sure the next issue is going to be more what I thought, where we'll get insight on these certain characters, uh, but it'll still have the overarching... 
Like it's a bold thing to do. And I mean, when you hear this lineup of, of artists, you know, you have Shayner on the first page, which is John. Yeah, I know. Shayna started it, and Gerard is doing the final page of the, yeah. the next issue because they were making the point. It's the, the Strange Adventures team starting and ending this. Yeah. Yeah, but then you got uh, Lemire, you got Nguyen, you got Jones, you got Oming, you have Sharp, um, Sanford Green's in there, Coley Hamner, Yannick Paquette, David Mack, Dan Jurgens, Bilkis Evley, Fabio Moon, Ryan Sook, Alex Maleev, which Maleev was page 20. The hell? I didn't even right, notice yeah. that one until right now. Which makes sense. Let me see. Yep. So, you know. It's an all-star um, line. Yeah. There's no getting around Yeah, that. yeah, yeah. Um, and they, there's some teases for stuff going on forward. But, uh, you know, not that I want to say it's a mess, but it is a weird, it's a bold thing to try, especially with the Legion, because you're trying to establish some of these characters and when you keep moving, you know, it, it's hard to get your attention. So, um, but Pete should have definitely read it. It was. It I mean, wasn't a Bendis read. That's kind of that, my. You know, my last quick. question is: Is Pete, do you plan on getting this read before the next issue, or are you just kind of done with the book now? Uh it kind of depends. Basically, it was the victim this week of like I had a lot to read, and it was kind of the bottom of the the pile. Arguably, I mean, maybe. I mean, technically, Action Comics should be the one that's at the bottom, but because it's tied into things and it's been a long going story, it doesn't get that. Mm-hmm. you know slot so if it keeps being on week fours where week fours are really busy then i don't know maybe it could be the the but if it ends up in a quieter week next month then i'll be like, yeah sure i'll read the other one and catch up mm, fair enough but so yeah we'll see. but so i'm i'm excited to see who the other arts from in the next one because again this was an all-star you know thing but some of the art so like you have paquette and he just kind of does an altercation between john and monel and you're kind of like, well, wait, Paquette's really good at these layouts with weird stuff on there, and this is what you had him draw? Like, Kind of feels underutilized. Yeah, but then you have Oming, and just his style fits in with Chameleon Boy because it's so, you know, so curvy, and you see him shifting into different forms when he's talking to his mom and, and whatnot. So, yeah, again, I don't want to call it a mess because it's really not, but there are some elements to it that kind of like why... So ra- rating it, I'm gonna I'm gonna give it a seven point five. Okay, there we go. The question: The deaths of Vic Sage, issue four, Jeff Lemire and Dennis Cohen, on the art. So, yeah, uh, probably the biggest uh, issue facing this book is just the time between issues. Now, obviously, it wasn't its fault that we had the the, the shutdown uh, in the middle of the run and all all that jazz. Uh, obviously a lot of it you get from context anyway I think in this final issue but there's that de- I feel like there was definitely some small things that when I read it again and I actually remember that the story beats of all the previous issues it'll play better yeah I don't think this one was as bad as the the break between two and three where I struggled yeah. a lot more oh, for sure, I think yeah. three refreshed me enough that I managed with this one alright yeah um, the <laughs> imagine reading this book and then the state of the world happens as it does. I, I and know. It would seem that Lemire was looking into a uh, a future machine. Because right. when, when was issue one? Was issue one even this year? No, no I don't think I don't so. so. Uh, but I have to I have to question which parts Ooh. of this issue were written 
how recently because there are some specific lines of dialogue that feel yeah. very sure but the, the yeah. setup for the the, the, the the police murder of of the innocent yep. man that that was something that i assume was an issue one it was mentioned in issue one yeah it had to have been because yeah. uh, right. it's just there I'm so. some some of the imagery that gets here some of the stuff that that uh he says that charlie says or victor whatever whatever version of himself's in hub city right now um <laughs> Is, is very apparent for, for now. So if this had come out like it was supposed to, that you know, and, and, and I get what Lemire's saying. Lemire is just saying, of course, stuff repeats because we're not, we're not fixing the problem. We're fixing the symptoms. Yeah, I mean, and the, the, it's the, going to keep happening regardless. It's kind of, it's, the, the unless really we fix ourselves. Is, is, is the bit where he, he kind of says, you know, I know what you're saying. You know, it's not just one cop. It's not just one man. Right. There's no point. I'm like, yeah, God, right. 2020 shit. I mean, it's kind of, yep. in, in many ways, obviously in this modern context, but it, it, in many ways it's doing a lot of what the Wonder Woman movie was kind of doing, and then we were hoping mm-hmm. it would go further with it, but it kind of copped out by actually having the big villain to fight. Yeah. This kind of does the thing where the villain's there to fight, but then afterwards the problem's still it, it there. Didn't, it didn't yeah. fix yeah. it, yeah. And it makes, the, I mean, it makes that point very clear at the end, where no, the, the battle goes ever on, the question doesn't rest, because, I mean, he just, you know, he, the last page is him walking into the, the, the riot crowd to, like, help with the fight and saying uh you know i'm the question and there will be answers you know the idea that people will answer for the things that have happened yeah so yeah maybe that villain was exacerbating things maybe he yeah. was mm-hmm. physically making things worse but he, he wasn't the root cause well, it's how do you how do you fight an abstract concept like evil right and that that's ultimately what this is because evil has many faces while good typically only has one or no face, right? Like in this case. And uh, the one thing that, that stood out to me was that page towards the end where he says he's he's got the full, you know, question face on, but he's in his typical, his suit, right? He's not in the full garb. So he's kind of halfway there. And he says, evil has to try. It has to manipulate and has to plan a plot. But good, good just has to be. And you're like, oh man, okay. There's some hope in this. And then it, the dude shoots sure. himself, it all hell breaks <laughs> and you're kind of like, oh man, like yeah. maybe that's not Oh, it definitely, point. yeah, it, it definitely gets start. Oh, just on a point that Matt said there about good having one face or no face, is I think that kind of, part, part of the irony of the question, or part of the, the intent of the question, at least as I'm reading it from that comment, mm-hmm. is that I think evil equally has kind of no face. The idea that, okay, the, in this case there is a face that you can go to, but it still exists, so it's kind of faceless in the larger context. Mm-hmm. So the idea that the question is kind of intentionally the good version of that where, no, I am going to be good without a face so that I am mm-hmm. just as omnipotent as evil is. Right. Which yeah. seems to go in counter to what he does with Tot, though, because we're, he puts on the question face mm-hmm. to show everybody, right? That he's got nothing. Like, this is who I am. So he puts a face on the question, I, the question has we're, a face. We're making like, moves... We're making movie references today. Uh, I'll say it's the end of the howling where she turns into a werewolf on national TV. That's what this is, except he's putting on his question oh, mask. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so I like that. I do like that, it, that Lemire sets up the hope, right? That, oh, he's defeated evil. Yet evil will continue to exist, so it's a never-ending fight. And then he goes out and is like, well, no, Tot was right. It's more than just a bad cop and a bad mayor. And it's society itself. And unless we fix society itself this stuff's going to keep happening like it has to Charlie from the old West and, and the problems of society then to, you know, the gangster era 
you know, the 40s era version of him. Same kind of deal. And then now. And, uh, yeah, man, it's, it's Lemire working at his, you know, when he does superhero stuff like this, I feel it's at his highest. It's a bit grimier. Um, yeah, there's a yeah. there's a creepy flashback where uh, the the villain shows up to mm-hmm. Vic as a kid, and yeah. basically, so, oh, do you remember me? Or you will. Yeah, basically, mm-hmm. kind of threatens oh. him very ominously, sort of like. Well, and he appears in in the form of a priest, right? Yeah, yeah. Or is this a guy in a suit? Yeah, okay. It's, no, it's a priest. He's got the collar. Yeah, yeah, and and so again, I think that's Lemire going on that. That it can come from anywhere, even people that you're supposed to trust, you know. Uh, but yeah, no. And it, if you it's were, really good, man. If you were, also I've enjoyed the question. If you were confused that this was a black label, but not all is there f bombs and stuff. But at one point, mm-hmm. there's, you know, the, the villain straight up, straight up punches a woman in the face, and it's, it feels quite brutal yeah. when it happens. It was like, whoa, it okay, does, yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. So you know, it does have that sort of dark uh, vibe to it, and there's a lot of it straight up fakes like a. a you know, an army of SWAT at one point. So there's a lot of action in this one compared to the previous issues. It, I think what really makes this work, and I can see this working as a sort of like special episode of a TV show or even a movie mm-hmm. where you have all this set up in the first, which is why I think this is going to read very well on trade, is you have a lot of this present day set up in issue one and in issues two and three, there's almost a sort of vision quest into the past, sort of contextualizing. Showing how it's a cycle. Yeah. And then he comes back in the final issue, the final part of the story. So the actual story plays out in this sort of bookend, and the middle's kind of its you know own sort of character journey, in- individual stories yeah. almost. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so you can kind of see how this this works as a movie where he eventually comes back at the end to actually take on the villain. There's not actually a lot of development for the villain in the sense that there's a lot of stuff he's doing in present day. Like we set up a status quo, and then he just has to be dealt with. Like it's it's that, it's that simple mm-hmm. because that's how the structure allows it. But uh, I liked all this. But like you say, yeah, it's really dark where uh, the the guy who shoots himself in the head, the brother after. Yeah. yeah. I Honestly, I really only have two critiques of this issue, and only one of them's a proper critique. One of them's a little nitpick that I just mm-hmm. hated. No, I hate it's even a strong word. Uh, the main one is, I think, this issue I actually felt being a little bit long. I, I didn't feel it on any of the other issues, because obviously they've, they've all been the same length, this 50-odd pages, whatever it is. This one I felt like it just meandered a little bit much here or there. Just not even like, tons just like every so often i felt scenes going on a page or two pages longer than they should have done just felt like i wanted to tighten up by a handful of pages here or there yeah uh, i would say that i mean you know i said there's a lot of fighting that could have been trimmed down a little bit uh, maybe the tote argument of like what you should do was maybe just a little touch long yeah there's a couple of beats like yeah. that yeah and then the other one that's not this is very much a me complaint and people hate mm-hmm. this uh tip for top Oh, I hated that. <laughs> I hated changing it to that. And, oh, no. And I know his name's Top, but oh, just... Mm. Yeah, no, I get that. Um, <laughs> that, that really just grinded me. Yeah. I, I also love... No, no, what, uh... no, what should have happened is that Vic should have responded, well, in that case, I bet a Top for Tat then. He should have flipped yeah. it. He should have flipped it. Yeah. Terrible. Um, no, you're making it worse. I, I love Top also yelling at him. He goes, oh, you were seeing that acid head. Richard Dragon again, weren't you? I told you you can't go hang out with him. <laughs> like a disappointed dad. Like, I, I love that beat right there. Yeah, that was kind of good. Yeah. 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 So, uh, so, but no, this is... I, I understand why the questions become such a cult character. And, you know, I, I... With all the problems that Rorschach presents, right, in modern society and, and you know, kind of how he was used in the movie versus 
the original Watchmen comic and then the TV show. I'm glad to read the original version of that character in the whole black and white shades of gray type mentality. And I feel like Lemire really ran with that. Yeah, in fact, there's, a, there's a tribute page at the end uh, to, mm-hmm. to Denny O'Neill. And I think, you know, obviously this is one of these things where when he started writing this book, Denny O'Neill hadn't passed away, unless, unless I'm forgetting no, when that no, happened. No, I think it was... Yeah. No. I think, I think it was the week that we actually read the last issue of this. Ah, there you go. So, uh, this is just, you know, it's one of those things where that happened while this book was coming out, and uh, he was able to put in this, this uh, you know, personal statement at the end, talking about how he'd never, you know, he would never have written a question book if, if Daniel hadn't done what he'd done on the character. So, uh, no, really, really nice. Uh, so... Uh, no, it was a really good issue, and I, I'm excited to read it again at some point as one big thing. Um, obviously, yeah. the big delay in the middle, which wasn't its own fault, obviously, uh, kind of hurt yeah, the pacing. I think it was intended, always intended to be every other month. I think there was, between issues one and two, an extra month anyway, uh, yeah. accidentally, which was an unintentional delay, obviously. Um, and then it had the big problem, with along with every other comic in the world. Yeah, uh, so it had, it had like what three months between two and three, maybe even. I think it was longer. Yeah, maybe before. Uh, so yeah, that that hurt just because it was hard to remember what happened in the previous but issues. You gotta, you know, really not hold it against the book nah. when it when it does that. I I think uh, you know, as a two hundred page trade or graphic novel, you want to call it. Uh, this will be a fine. <laughs> I mean, thing to give to that's someone. A, that's a, something worth noting is a lot of other companies are experimenting with straight to graphic novels now and obviously dc are kind of dipping it here or there they got the stag shot one coming up we know that i could see stories like this some of these black label stories going straight to graphic novel in the future and and mm-hmm. seeing how they sell oh, oh, might, might, might. Make. um seeing how they sell that way because i think this feels like the perfect sort of one to just hand out as a as a you know straight as a as an ogn uh it kind of does it makes it a nightmare for us to cover uh, it does if yes. they do that because we can't really fit in full trades in a week with other comics that said though if they if they do trim down the line enough maybe, maybe we can if we, only, if we only get three comics a week maybe we can do a trade in three comics but uh it doesn't seem like it's going that way uh quite yeah. yet so not just yet no uh but hey no nah, it's a solid issue uh, art's fantastic it was several pages yep. the page of him running on the rooftop at one point or I like the pages where he's kind of like walking through the street and we're getting the three different time periods behind yeah. him as he's walking. That's really cool. I like yeah. that. I, uh, I love the colours on this book as well. I think they really make it pop. Mm-hmm. Uh, they yeah. just the, really make it feel of its time. Mm-hmm. All right, Matt, what are you giving it? Um, I think it's 8.5. Connor? Uh, it's a straight 8 from me. Yeah, I'll go with straight 8 on this one, I think. Uh, but it's the one sort of thing that when I read it all again together, it, it may actually veer up a little bit. Uh, but that is the question, the deaths of Vic Sage, issue four. Plunge, issue six, Joe Hill and Stuart Eminent on the art. The final issue of this Carpenter mashup that mm-hmm. never was. Yep. Uh, so, you know, it, it plays out kind of as you'd expect. The the, the baby, <laughs> they're calling. It is born. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so she gets down there. Um, she opens up the hatch and they all the little worms swim in there. And um, the Russians show up, and even though you don't have to translate it, I I translated it with Google oh, Translate. Oh, you did. Did you type it all in? No. Um, Google Translate does a camera thing. Ah. And you get it more or less. Yeah. yeah so um, it's just hilarious because 
you didn't have to. You get the vibe from the art because Eminence that good. But they're just like, they're basically going, what the shit's going on? What did we hit? <laughs> it's all that kind of stuff. And then when you That's get <laughs> with the when the sub surfaces and they're talking to the Americans. And they're trying they to speak them, English. Yeah. yeah. Yo, homies, how's it going? <laughs> and I was just like, okay, good, good for, for Hill for keeping the humor yeah, as good. it's getting super dark. Because then right after they say that, the creature uh, that starts tearing apart reality just picks up the sub and tears it apart. Oh, yeah. yeah. Actually, before we get to that, though, I want to talk about some of the art here. Uh, yeah. Where all, all the parasites and the the dead guys all kind of leave because they they like, hey, we, yeah. we're we're, all, we're keeping our word we're all leaving they mm-hmm. all swim to the submarine that's about to give birth to the thing and I mm-hmm. couldn't help but notice the intentional uh, similarity to uh, sperm swimming uh, yeah. as it's going into the the the, the hatch uh, mm-hmm. and then of course it's literally going to give give birth so yeah, there's a yeah. lot, lot of very intentional imagery there uh, and if it, it makes you go wait if if these parasites that are you know like a, a, the yay big if that's like a single yeah. sperm then how big is this creature going to be if you think about how big we are compared yeah. to human sperm uh, think about it right now everyone everyone think about it right now no don't think about that so <laughs> they uh so so they go in there and then the things hatch and before they leave they they tell the crew that's still lashed to the to the things that oh we apologize because when the baby's gonna be born it's gonna have an appetite and that's kind of mm. your first hint and then this is where it gets really into Lovecraft, where type things, where it starts tripping apart reality, but... Well, first of all, just to explain what it, what it looks like, it's like, this big, it's like a yeah. giant tree, essentially. Like yeah, a mutated, tentacle tree. Yeah, a mutated tentacle tree with, like, bulbous things on it. Um, okay. Clark, the uh, the brother of the captain, uh, they can't quite save him, they can't quite untie him uh, before he drowns. Uh, so he goes. So Captain Carpenter is going to go on a suicide mission. He's going mm-hmm. to use a couple of things to, uh he's going to trick the the big thing into wanting the ingot right the, yep. the thing that makes them obsessed well he he puts together well first he ch- he tries to blame himself and the the scientist lady she's like and i know i should know her name but you know um she's like no you're you're doing everything you want you know this you wouldn't want to be anywhere else but here you know you're you're doing what you should you're you're salvaging basically she tells him She's salvaging humanity for the, the, you know, lack of a better term. And that um, you, your brothers would want, you know, don't do not do this and stuff. And he puts together that, no, the crew, the Durlith, basically these gifts that they gave him was so they could save the day, right? That deep down, the, the crew of the Durlith knew how to stop these things. Yeah, it was like they it, were kind of still... It's like they were still in the coding and they were intentionally yeah. trying to like make sure the tools for how to destroy this thing. Right. Because basically, Which, this thing is going to destroy the world. It is, it's opening right. a portal to hell or something in the sky. Or something, which I like because in the art, it starts to look like old school, like stuff from tapestry, you know, like medieval mm. underneath. And it's just, it, it was so weird to see. And it stands out in that way, which is real cool. But yeah, so he puts together, you know, that that his brother was able to go deep enough to figure all this out and um that that nothing can you know because they didn't have eyes as those creatures that's why the ingot didn't affect them well this creature clearly has eyes because he's going to use it to attract it back and then blow it to hell um yeah it's basically you know it's a suicide mission she's not happy he's doing it so the the one survivor who's you know the one who's missing the eye uh, yeah grabs her so he can go on this mission 
And you know, he's like, hey, like this is on me. My entire crew died, so I'm going. And there's no way I'm walking away from this. I'm going to go kill this yep. thing. And we get this gorgeous art of him swimming with a flare under the water. So you got this red flare in the yep. blue dark water as this is chasing him. Uh, gorgeous panels. And then, of course, this giant water explosion, which honestly isn't entirely, un, you know, dissimilar to the uh, yeah. the explosion from uh, that happened a couple of weeks ago. Uh, yeah. the, you know, it, True. The, the, there's a big wall of water coming up like that. that yeah. You know, made me think of that. No, true. He also sees his brothers as he's going down. You know. Yeah, that's a nice so moment. Yeah. They'll, they'll be reunited. That was that was real nice. And so our, uh, our t- also Captain our- Carpenter takes the the. The guy that had the ingot mm-hmm. to get it back from him basically starts to beat the ever living piss out of him, um, and they basically leave him for dead. Which then he's left by himself on this island. You're like, oh no, what's going to happen? With his jar with the one specimen of the yeah. parasite. Yeah. Uh-oh. Uh oh. So so the ending is basically that he's still on like, the old derelict ship with right. uh, this parasite in him. So there's still one left. There's still one of these right. things out there. Uh. But you know the, the the two survivors go away in the boat and they're looking for civilization. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, no. Yeah. Real, real, real fitting ending. It's. If I think it, it stuck. The, it stuck the ending better, I think, than than Basket did. If we're comparing the Joe Hill books. I think that's fair. Uh, um, so I, I, they both feel like movies to me. Both of them feel like they're they paced do. and function like a movie. Uh, they and, do. Yeah, I'd happily watch the adaptation of this. So if, if anyone oh, wants to get on it, feel free. For sure. Feel for free. Sure. Whoever, whoever, because he has a deal. I mean, Lock and Key was what Hulu that I came out on. Oh, Netflix. Netflix. Was that Netflix? Okay, I remember there was a Hulu one in production, um, and they were vastly different. So whoever, yeah, whoever wants to get on this one, if it's HBO Max or because it is DC, mm-hmm. um, that would that would be nice. So. Uh, there you Fine. go. Uh, that's plunge issue six, Matt. What are you giving it? I'm giving this eight point five. Uh, probably straight eight for me. So mm-hmm. there you go. Yeah. Uh, that's the books. Uh, so that takes out the part of the show. Uh, this is it's been awesome. We had this many books. This is going to be tougher than uh it's been recently. So this is part of the show where we pick our favorites of the week, favorite panel slash moment, favorite art, favorite cover, and top five books. So Matt, why don't you start us off with your favorite panel slash moment? There, there's quite a couple. I could pull some from Action Comics that did the opposite <laughs> and made me really angry. Um, but uh, I think I'll pull from Suicide Squad. And um, let's switch. There's a lot of good stuff in here. Um, I'm going to go with when, when Wink presents the pizza because I think that's a fun moment. Uh, just a little bit of lightheartedness in an otherwise dark section. Uh, yeah. It's real nice. Connor? Uh, Zatanna's PQ. Yeah, I figured. As it, soon as I read that, I knew that was going to be Connor's. It, it gave me a big grin. It looked great. I'm for yeah. it. Uh, yeah, I'm going with the uh, Joker shark eating the little guy. <laughs> yeah, poor Gaggy. <laughs> that is his name. I, got, I keep wanting to call him Giggles. Yeah. Gaggy. Gaggy. He was Gaggy. All right. Uh, all right. So, uh, favorite cover. Um, I was I was looking a little bit ago. Uh, the Flash variant's very nice. Although the thing about the Flash variants right now is that they're all basically the same, just with different poses. So they're all very high quality, yeah. but it's not particularly notable. Uh, a, a lot of the the, the you know the, the the three Joker's covers are are high quality. Mm-hmm. Oh, all uh, nine of them. 
Yeah, but yeah. Oh. I will say that uh, I think I'm going to go with the variant for Suicide Squad, uh, which is a gorgeous uh, digital painting uh, of so, Arian Wink. It's very nice. That That's actually my fourth choice this week, uh, yeah, that, which says a lot about that there's some really good covers this week. That's Jeremy Roberts who did the variant cover on that. Um, the regular cover is actually quite good too, but uh, I went with the variant. So, um, Kyle, what's yours? Well, there's three that really stand out to me after that one is uh the batman superman variant by jay lee i think is very nice okay the uh the middleton wonder woman mm-hmm. always good um but the the one that really yeah it takes it i think ultimately is the justice league dark variant by uh Bermeo. holy shit that is good yep 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 that was that that was mine but in, in to be different i'm also a big fan of the plunge regular cover mm. With the red design, mm-hmm. it's almost a movie poster, you know. Um, yeah, that looks uh, pretty good. Yeah, I don't know if you look at like the the books you're not reading. To see I what the Covers are like, but uh, I'm looking. I'm just. Look. I'm going to look at dark just now. Both, yeah, both Justice League gorgeous. dark books or covers are pretty good. That's yeah, pretty that nice. Yeah, so the regular too. one's Paquette, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, but mm. that variant. Oh boy. Yeah, Connor's thirst for Zatanna is clearly not playing a factor in this one at all, is it? Uh... <laughs> I mean. It's really not. Alright. Uh, it's a very nice cover. I'm just I'm a, I'm a mark for Bameo. Uh, I, I love his stuff. I'll, I'll start with my pick, but it's a very nice cover. Uh, so there you go. Uh, so then we have uh, Best Art of the Week. I, ooh, ooh. Yeah, this is a tough one this week, because there's a lot. Yeah, Carl, you can go first. <laughs> and well, why was it JRJR? <laughs> hey, uh, honestly, we spoke about that art more than any other book. I'll just well, there's know, a, reasons, there's only really three in contention for me: uh, Suicide Squad, mm-hmm. uh, Justice League Dark, mm-hmm. and then Three Jokers, mm-hmm. which I think Travis probably takes it, despite all my problems with the the, the pacing and the the, the, the writing mm. and the ideas in that book. I have very little to fault about the art outside of a small handful of panels out of a you know double-sized issue so yeah yeah for me it's down to suicide squad three jokers plunge and the question yeah i think as much as my my picks uh uh I mean, I, I said three jokers uh reminded me a lot of doomsday clock and that would you know that that gives you it this is tough. There's a lot of good art this week. There's a lot of good art this week. Uh, there's obviously some notably bad art, but a lot of good art. I... I'm going to go Suicide Squad. I'm going to go Suicide Squad. But it's close. It's damn close. Matt. i got to go with Havoc. It's just, All right. uh, you cool. know, as much as I want to do with the other ones, I can't help myself. Yeah, that's, that's, that's fair. All right, top five books of the week, Matt. All right, so I'm trying to remember because it was so long ago when we started the show. Then we go Suicide Squad number one, Three Jokers number two, Plunge three, Flash four, no, Justly Dark four, Flash five. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Car? Uh, Justly Dark one, Suicide Squad two, Question three, Batman Superman four. Or and I guess that leaves Wonder Woman at five. Yeah, sure. I think so, sure. Um, 
I'm trying to remember what I said about Boot. Alright, I think I'll put the Suicide Squad at number one. I'll put Three Jokers at number two. I'll put... The Question at number three. Plunge at number four. And then at number five, I'll put... Mm. <laughs> uh, I'll go with throw a dart, damn it! Wonder Woman. There you go. That's number five. Okay. Oh, they're in the end. Good job. It's tough. It's a tough week because there was a few books there that I was left with that were all about a seven-ish. So I was just trying to think which one was taking the spot. All right. Uh, but there you go. That is uh, that is our picks of the week. Uh, so, yeah, I'll tell you what's coming next week, as we often do at this point. Say often, it's it's always. I'm sorry that I jazzed up the speech a little bit. Uh, not let you embellish it at all. Connor has to have direct facts every time, uh, which is why he's the boring one. So, oh, let me take Wonder Comics as well, for what he'd be leaving off. The one book you'd, that... You'd be, you'd be missing Young Justice, I believe. Yeah. is That's under Wonder Comics, right? Yeah. Uh, so next week we got Batman 98, Justice League 52, Strange Adventures issue 5, Shazam 14, uh, which is the end of the John's run. Uh, oversized ending, I believe. Yeah. Uh, Deceased Dead Planet number 3, Young Justice 18, Batman The Adventures Continues issue 4, Hellblazer Rise and Fall issue 1. Am I reading the Hellblazer book next week? I guess I am. It's, it's Tom Taylor, so you're damn right you are. Uh... The Dreaming Waking Hours issue 2, uh, and that's basically it. So, um, yeah, it's not as quiet as I thought it was, actually. I think we've got about six or seven books between us. Yeah, I'm reading seven books next week. It's not that quiet. Uh, but a couple of a couple of them are oversight. Hellblazer's double, uh, Dead Planet. I think, is that a little bit oversight? Is that normal? I might get... be normal, but... Maybe slightly uh, bigger, but... I don't... Shazam's oversized. I think Strange that's Adventures is slightly over, right? Uh, just slightly. Yeah. Um, that's fine. That's fine. Okay. That's, that's the books next week. Yeah, it says something that I'm looking at that, and Young Justice is probably the one that I'm looking forward to the least, even though I quite like the last issue mm-hmm. on its own merits. It's a pretty good job. It's cancelled then. Uh, I don't think you had a choice. <laughs> like, you know. They just went, what, what was the lowest review book Pete was going to give yeah. this week? We'll cancel yeah. that one. Yeah, I, I think they're listening to me. I, th- I think they've, they've got the sense to use me as a barometer for the world. All right, then then use that to get JRJR off of Action Comics, <laughs> all right? Please do something nice with your life. I'll make some calls, Matt. I'll all right, there you calls. go. Thank you. I'll make some calls. Uh, my problem is, is that my inside man was dead to you, and now he's been he's been shafted out of the company. Well, so. shoot. <laughs> Which we all know is not true. If I if I had if I had Didio's number, then the amount of abuse he'd get for the treatment of Dick and Wally would be off the charts. Uh, so there you go. I uh, will take this time to thank our Patreon producers for the month of August. Uh, and this is the last episode of August, so is it? Yeah, it is, yeah. yeah. Uh, so thank you to Alison M. Fordyce, Tyler Hess, Cindy Palisades, David Short, Bornow, Zammer Jammer, Al Tribesman, Christopher Moy, and Brett Williams. Uh, they are all Patreon producers, me and they are $20 or above patrons, but you can of course support us at patreon.com slash TV for as little as $1 per month and get some bonuses for your trouble. At the $5 tier you get early access to all the episodes uh, by one day. 
and occasionally you get to vote in a book for previously. Not all the time, it's just whenever we're replacing uh, one of those last two slots, uh, we'll, we'll do that. Uh, so go and have a look and see if you're interested in keeping the content coming and, you know, getting some bonuses mm -hmm. for your trouble. You can, of course, also support us by hitting the like button on the YouTube. Uh, really important. It uh, helps more people find us. Uh, same idea with rating the podcast and Apple Podcasts, wherever you get podcasts from, gives five stars and a, a little review. Uh, you know, it helps spread the word a little bit. And you can literally just spread the word by tweeting us out or uh, sharing us amongst your, your Facebook friends, your Tumblr, uh, to. No one uses Tumblr anymore. Just move on. What's the word we're going to T that means friends? Is there a, have we got one? Teammates. Yeah, yeah, your Tumblr teammates. Thank you, Matt. Uh, <laughs> or your uh, Instagram. And I got nothing. And cells. I don't know. Uh... No. No. <laughs> yeah, please don't. Uh, so yes. We'll do all that. Uh, you guys on Twitter at DC Comics Podcast, of course, uh, for updates and all that jazz. Uh, but that is about it. Uh, that is us. So uh, thank you very much once again for watching and listening. Hopefully you enjoyed this extra length episode with all the news and all the books. And we'll see you for a more normal length one next week. Uh, it's been a pleasure. Keep reading DC Comics, guys. We'll see you next time. And remember to never get lost in the Speech Force. Wakanda forever. Thank you.